warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned pop thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 359. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And you're the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're, we're the leftovers. leftovers. Yeah. Yeah, we are not alone this week, Jake. We are not alone. This is a big one. This is a big show. We are not alone. We are joined by Handy Greg. Welcome back, Handy Greg. Thank you for having me, as always. Appreciate it. I literally have to call you Handy Greg. It's a little embarrassing. I know. <laughs> can, you, can you fucking be an adult? You know what you I mean? You can say my real name. It's okay. No. <laughs> it's not going to bother you. Do you want to hear my social security? We're joined by librarian. We're joined by librarian Steve. <laughs> Here's construction worker Tommy. Accountant Bob. While they're at it, they can text me if they like the show. Oh my gosh! I don't know. You take the you take the show to this weird level with this handy Greg shit. It is it is a little weird, but I hope that's okay. I mean, it's not like the show hasn't gone to a weird place before. Let's be honest. That's true. Uh, we're also joined by uh, it's been a while, Eric Marable from Brute Force and Ignorance, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast, and he's also on the Leftover Army Monsters All Out Stop, Drop, and Roll, and the Emancipation of One Harley Quinn podcast. Welcome. <laughs> I don't know the fucking name of that podcast. It's fucking the longest thing ever. It's like fucking IKEA instructions trying to read that fucking name of that podcast. Eric, welcome. Hey, thanks. I think it's that long because someone's compensating, but. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that, that podcast title is going through a midlife crisis. I'm telling <laughs> you, Jesus. I saw it driving around in a Corvette the other day. Anyway. Um, yeah, people, people excited, excited this week, Jake, to hear us talk about all the, uh, Marvel and Star Wars news coming out of the, uh, Disney Investor Day 2020. Jake, I don't know about you. Uh, did you think, did you think it was going to be as big as it was? I did not. I did not think it was going to be four plus hours of content with fifty plus announcements. I didn't either. What do you think, Greg? Greg, what do you think? Were you blown away by the uh, by the presentation? 
Yeah, I, I apologize at once for the crude analogy, but it was kind of like, uh, you know, if you're in a, uh, having a, an encounter with somebody that you think is going to just be some hugs and maybe some kissing and some light petting, and it just quickly goes to a blowjob. That's uh, how I would describe that. Yeah, yeah, went the, that 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 analogy went very quickly too. You took apologies us, for that. No, you took us, <laughs> took us from something very sweet and innocent to just <laughs> someone's mouth on your penis. Um, Eric. Eric, I mean, you just, you, Eric, you just kind of got caught up, thrown into all this shit today. Were you blown away by all the shit that uh, that came out? Yeah, after the heavy petting stopped, I was the one that was getting blown away. Oh but my no, god! I was Here surprised. we go. I, it's just going to be, it's going like, to be perv central this episode. It's like people, <laughs> it's, it, we might as well, yeah, honestly, we might as well just talk about all the announcements at Pornhub Investors Day because that's all. <laughs> this episode is just going to get super fucking pervy. They are really building out their glory hole section, and I can't wait. Oh my god! Here we go. Here we no. What are you saying, Eric? No, there was so much coming out of here. I was like, this can't all be real. You know what I mean? I thought a lot of it was fake. There was so much shit coming yeah. out. Yeah, I know. I know. It's it's insane. I, I thought the Lando series was fake. Like, I must have missed that in the announcements. And I'm like, I'm like why they, they announced the Lando series? Shut the fuck up. I, I was thinking it was all fake. I was like, oh, that's one of those. That's that fucking Porkins joke that they're making a Porkins series. Not doing Lando. Yeah, they're doing Lando. And it's not like they haven't talked about doing a Lando before, but Jesus Christ, all these announcements just kind of blew me the fuck away. What if, what if people tuned in this week, Jake, and they're getting ready to hear all these announcements and we got to none of it. We just sang that Chili's Baby Back Ribs song the entire, like, we did it for like three hours. That's all we did. Oh, man, you're kind of, that, that kind of sounds like a good time, actually. We got four of us. We could do a good harmony. Yeah, just fucking getting super drunk. You know what I mean? Like, and then like, so you're listening to it and it's going on for like five minutes and, and you're like, ah, <laughs> real funny, Brian. All right. When you, when you get to the, when are you going to get to the news? Fast forward. Fast forward like 15 minutes, 37 minutes. And they hear Bobby Gusalls. It's like, it's still going on. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what? Are they going to talk about Disney investors day? At all, they're just gonna sing this chilly baby back rib song all the fucking time. Drive them crazy. <laughs> Drive our listeners crazy if we did that, Jake. They're already driving, they're already fucking annoyed that I'm talking about this shit and not getting to the news. Yeah, it, it, it's easy to make them annoyed. It's not hard. Oh, I know. I know, and we hear about it. Can I get some timestamps, please? Can I get some timestamps, Brian, on the, uh, on the announcement? No. Not getting any timestamps. Anyway, uh, yeah, we're going to be jumping into all the uh, Disney Investor Day shit here in a moment. Uh, we're going to be bypassing all the good pop, bad pop this week. I don't know if we're going to get the good pop, bad pop this week. I mean, I had another guest lined up this week. Guest had to drop out last moment. And so, I mean... I brought on, I brought on Greg and Eric and thank you guys so much for joining us this episode. But like you have no idea what the good pop, bad pop is this week and you didn't have a chance to watch it. So I mean, I don't, I, I, Jake, it'd just be me rattling off a bunch of shit and then you watched a few things. So I don't know if we're going to be doing good pop, bad pop this week. So if that's what you came here to listen for, uh, you might not hear it. You might have to wait till next week. I don't think we're going to disappoint too many people there. I think most people came for the, uh, Disney announcements. I do too. I do too. Uh, let's see here. I want to thank, uh, one of, oh, I forgot to thank this guy. Kyle Browski, thank you so much for the, 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 I can't even talk, the donation that you sent. 
I really appreciate that. That helps keep us going. And I want to thank all the uh, Patreon patrons. Uh, we did a uh, episode of the cut. It was a cutting room floor episode. It's all the shit that I can't fit into a regular episode. Did that last week with Joe Stark and Billy Blinks from the scene from the scene invaders podcast. And I think it went over well, Jake. There, there was a, there was at first a lack of response until I fucking dragged it out of people. So from Stark and Billy Blanks, you had to kind of no, no, drag from, the no from the fucking people listening to the goddamn podcast. Those guys, ah. those guys contributed just fine. Did a fantastic job on the podcast. It was after I released it. I didn't. I heard dick. Nothing. <laughs> I didn't fucking hear shit. So it's like you put something out in the world and you don't fucking hear anything about it. And then, and then, it, so I finally heard back from a couple people saying that they enjoyed it. So thank you to the two to three people that enjoyed it. It's like the first ten episodes of PCL. Very true. Drinking, I'm drinking the wine tonight, gentlemen. I got the uh, ah, nice. Carlo Rossi jug of wine. Drinking what the year. It's uh, oh fuck this 2020. Jeez. <laughs> What do you think? I'm Frazier Crane over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, went down to the old wine cellar. Hey, look at the fuck. I'm drinking a fucking Moscato Sangria. It's in a jug, Greg. It's in a goddamn a lot of jug. Good wine comes from a jug. What's that? Don't be hating on jugs. A lot of good wine comes from a jug. Wow. I don't get. I didn't know you're gonna get so defensive about jugs. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Italian. I like jug wine. Okay. All I'm right. Well, I, sir, I, I'm partaking in this goddamn jug wine, and I, from now on, I will respect the hell out of it, Greg. Hey, <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will respect the hell out of it, handy Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Greg's like dropping clues about what his last name could be here, too. I know. Knows. Now I've, I've shared my ethnicity, so mm -hmm. <laughs> one step closer. We're getting closer. One step closer to being on someone's people to kill list. One step closer <laughs> to Greg being a big boy on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we do have a, yeah, but I'm recording episode two of, uh, Cutting Room Floor tomorrow. And Cutting Room Floor is all the stuff that I can't fit into the regular episode. And so all those news stories that we're not going to be able to get to this week on this podcast, I'm going to put it on the Patreon one. So yeah, if you're a Patreon, it's only fucking six bucks a month and you get extra episodes. And then I'm also doing another episode this month. I'm going to be reviewing, I think we're going to be reviewing the Goonies. So look forward to that one. Um, I got an email here from Paul Fratroso. He's fucking man enough to give me his last name. Jesus Christ. Mm, he's not, a lot of balls. He's, he's, he's not, he's not handy Paul or whatever the fuck, you know? <laughs> Goes on to say, hi, Brian. Just wanted to reach out and say how much I love you guys and the show. More than happy to be a patron and support in any way that I can. The bonus pods are just icing on the cake. You helped save me through some tough times these past few years, and your openness has really meant a lot to me, and I'm sure many others. This past year has been strange to say the least, with terminally ill family members and having two small kids, one starting his first year of school during a pandemic. It's amazing how much comfort the, the weekly regularity of PCL has brought me. So again, thank you. Uh, I'm hoping one day to start a podcast of my own, and maybe even be lucky enough to find a guest spot on an episode of PCL. Keep up the amazing work. I look forward to listening to you every week. And that comes from Paul Petroso. Thank you, sir. Nice. We should have called that guy instead of Eric. <laughs> yeah, no shit. He sounds like he's fucking ready to record. Yeah, he does. Probably would have done a way better job just typing it out rather than me talking. Oh, man. 
Yeah, M- more proof. Thank you, Eric. Um, <laughs> kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm happy to have both you and Handy Greg on this week. <laughs> you can just, I mean, if it makes you more comfortable, you can just call me Greg. <laughs> no, I, I, I like to kind of mildly berate you. Um, <laughs> I want to just call him Handy and leave out the Greg. We can do that. No, I like I like Handy Greg. It just goes hand in hand. Um, let's see here. Let's go over. We had last week announced a contest for uh, the movie Wander. Uh, Wander starring Aaron Eckhart and Tommy Lee Jones. After getting hired to probe a suspicious death in the small town of Wander, a mentally unstable private investigator becomes convinced the case is linked to the same conspiracy cover-up that caused the death of his daughter. And we have five digital copies that we're giving away this week for uh, this movie, Wander. So let's find out who our winners are. First winner, I gotta gotta click the old, got him in the old random name picker here. Click that, and we're gonna find out who's the first winner. First digital copy, Alfredo Tostado. It sounds like doesn't that sound like a mashup between an Italian and a Mexican dish? does i'll take the alfredo tostado is that a real name yeah man it's his fucking name dude why would i just say alfredo tostado just for that joke that shitty joke that barely landed maybe he submitted a fake name why would it okay all right all right we got a guy on the show calling himself handy, handy i know it's fucking possible yeah okay here we go pasta pasta taco one fucking this fucking first winner. There you go. Pasta taco. All right. Second, second winner. Let's see here. Second one. William Dixon. William Dixon, you want a digital copy of Wonder. I'll get these sent out tomorrow to everybody. The codes. There we go. Number three. Number three. Third winner. Monica Garola, the granola. <laughs> Fucking hippies. Let's see here. And number four. It's exciting. Me reading off names. Jeremy Hill. Jeremy, you think that's a fake name, Jake? No, no, he's real. I've he, seen him on Facebook. Grew up on Jeremy Hill. <laughs> Let's see here. I've found my thrill. On Jeremy Hill. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he blew me. Anyway, let's see here. (laughs) We got got one more final. Connor Petrie. Connor Petrie from CRPWrites.com. Connor Petrie, you're a winner of Wander on digital. So I'll get those all sent out to all of our winners tomorrow. Thank you, everyone who participated. All right. Okay, guys, are you ready to jump in? That's all I got. Unless you guys wanted to talk about the guy that invented pumpkin spice bologna. That's a thing. Fuck. Yeah. There's a guy, a guy makes sandwiches, I guess, and he made a pumpkin spice bologna. It's a reality now. Is it popular? I don't know. This guy made it. I don't know what he's planning on doing with it. Gross. That's horrible. I don't know. I like bologna. I like pumpkin spice. Maybe I'd like pumpkin spice bologna. Broaden your horizons. Oh, I hate pumpkin flavored everything. Oh, I love pumpkin pie. 
I like uh, I like anything pumpkin really pumpkin uh, pumpkin nog the pumpkin nog that comes out. Oh yeah, I saw a ton of that shit. You ever notice that when you carve a jack o' lantern though, it smells like farts for a while? Yeah, I've never like noticed I, that. That turns me off the pumpkins in general. You get? Do you guys carve jack o' lanterns? I don't know if you're into that kind of. I thing. do. Yeah, yeah. It smells like farts. Not not my farts. I don't know what you're eating, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see a doctor. I want to see a nutritionist or something. <laughs> Greg's like like a like a raccoon just eating out of dumpsters and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I start calling him nasty, Greg. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right, let's jump on into Disney Investor Day 2020 and all the big news that came out of this. First off, this is news from Slashfilm. Disney Plus is introducing its first price increase since the Disney streaming platform launched in November 2019. Disney Plus is raising its monthly subscription price from $6.99 to $7.99 a month. Fuck them, I'm out, I'm out. Effective March 2021, (laughs) the inevitable happened. Disney Plus is raising its prices, but only at a dollar. They've also raised their bundles, it looks like. A uh, dollar increase with that Disney Plus Hulu and ESPN Plus bundle. That increases to thirteen ninety nine a month. I I actually, I, I'm grandfathered into that. I don't know if I'm grandfathered into it, but I got the first three years. I did that three-year deal where typically I think three years would cost you 210 bucks, and I got the two years for uh, – three years for 140 bucks. This is pre-launch. And so I'm basically – I'm getting Disney Plus for $3.89 a month. That's going to be the deal of the century. Yeah, that deal's looking smarter and smarter. I believe with the new bundle, though, you get the uh, Hulu with no ads now, where before you got the commercial Hulu. Oh, I like the ads, man. I need that. I need that little timeout, man. That little timeout. I just need it. I need that little timeout. Get on my phone. You know, go fucking take a piss or whatever. All this instant fucking bullshit. I need that little timeout. I, I, I don't no, mind I, the I'm ads. the same way. I do the Black Friday Hulu deal every year, so I always have the ads anyway, and it never bothers me. I'm never like, God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a buck ninety nine this year. I, I didn't do it this year because it, I put in, I switched back to another email address and it fucking, it wouldn't let me do it. So I was like, ah, eh, fuck it. I'll just pay the five ninety nine. It's fucking five ninety nine. It gives a shit. Yeah. Yeah. I always just switch email addresses every year. That's what I did. I did it, but it was, and then I switched it to my old email address that they had on file from before. They didn't let me do that. And then, so I used my email address from popcultureleftovers.com and they wouldn't let me do it. You think you're using your your IP address or something like that? Yeah, they're on to you. (laughs) It might be. from IT to help clear this up. It might be. It might just be my name too popping up in the system. You know, they might have flagged me or something. Couldn't tell you. Star Wars. Let's talk about Star Wars announcements that came out. Uh, Patty Jenkins is doing a Rogue Squadron movie. This is what uh, Kathleen Kennedy had to say. I couldn't be more excited that our next Star Wars feature film will be directed by Patty Jenkins. Patty, director of the Wonder Woman franchise, will bring her inspired vision to Rogue Squadron. This story will introduce a new generation of starfighter pilots as they earn their wings and risk their lives in boundary-pushing, high-speed thrill ride. Uh, the Legend of Rogue Squadron has been long beloved by Star Wars fans and will move us into the future, into a future era of the galaxy. Rogue Squadron will be released in theaters, uh, Christmas of 2023. 
and they had a video of Patty Jenkins and basically talking about how her father uh, was a pilot in the armed forces and, uh, you know, he passed away and how she's always kind of like, this has been her dream to, to make something like this that, um, you know, dealt with, uh, with pilots. And so you guys excited for this one, Eric, you excited for a rogue squadron movie directed by Patty Jenkins? I, I guess. I mean, if, if, as long as it goes down the line of like top gun or something and it's a, the tone of it's a little bit different, I think it'd be pretty pretty exciting i don't want to see fucking wedge all over the place so it's of a new generation of starfighters i think it's uh so it's a pretty interesting concept yeah Way different than the mandalorian and you know th- this is what bums me out about this one is like with all the theaters probably going out of business and shit this is a movie you gotta see in the theater for the sound and the big screen and i mean this could be incredible if it if it's done correctly I mean, just fucking, uh, you know, space dogfights and shit like that. This could be awesome. And if, if they do go the Top Gun route, we better get space volleyball. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I want fucking, I want, and uh, you know, the net, I want the net to be fucking Kylo Ren's chest. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Greg, you excited for uh, Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron movie? You know, I wasn't excited until, and I have, maybe I'm a sucker for marketing, that video of Patty Jenkins talking about, the inspiration from her father, who unfortunately passed in a training exercise when she was very young, um, that that really did it for me. I mean, when I when I heard about the Rogue Squadron movie, I was like, yeah, you know, it, not that I didn't want to see it, not that I want it, just somewhere kind of in the middle. But that that video really worked to get me kind of interested in what her vision's going to be. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this. And had the exact same idea, Brian, about this is a, a I would bet this is a movie you really have to see in the theater. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, same with like the new Top Gun Maverick movie. Jesus, I want to mm-hmm. see, I mean, these are movies you have to see in the theater. Like, I went, I remember going to see Red Tails in the theater, the George Lucas movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can say whatever you want to about that movie, you know, like there's a, there's a, there's a connection here, um, in central Illinois with the Tuskegee Airmen. Champagne's the home of the Tuskegee Airmen. And I mean, it's just, I saw the movie and I was just like, you know, a lot of people didn't like it, but, I love, I just fucking, there's something about movies and the sounds of these, these fucking jets and, and these airplanes and shit like that that just gets me going. And the same thing goes for like TIE fighters and X-Wings, man. There's something about that sound. It's just incredible. You know, I fucking love it. Jake, are you looking forward to this one? Yeah, I'm very excited for this. I, one of my favorite things from all the Star Wars mu- movies are the spaceship battles. And I think they've kind of been woefully few and far between the last five or six Star Wars movies. You know, just yeah. even like little glimpses and moments of starship battles just get me really excited. It's some of the best sound effects in Star Wars and just some of the best action in Star Wars. And a whole movie where you're guaranteed to have more than 10 minutes of starship battles really, really excites me. I think this is fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, we got like glimpses here and there. See, here's the thing. You get an amazing pilot like Poe Dameron and you only give him like literally two. I felt like two amazing scenes where he's piloting. Yeah, Agreed. You know, I think in um, the rise of Skywalker, the beginning of that movie was pretty fucking awesome. And then, um, you know, in, in The Force Awakens, that was pretty awesome when, when Finn is cheering him on from the ground. I thought that was pretty awesome. But, it, but that didn't happen in space. That happened within a fucking atmosphere. And so this, hopefully, I, I want to see a lot of it happen out in space because I fucking love that. Some of my favorite shit was uh, in, uh, in the prequels. And I know, mm-hmm. you know, with fucking uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and uh, the Slave One going at it. That shit was dope. 
Yeah, but anytime I get any kind of a new audio setup in my house, that's the scene I test it with. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's an absolutely, that's a really good one. So it's funny, I do the same. Sorry, go ahead, Eric. I was going to say, I do the same thing, but I do the Millennium Falcon going through the asteroid field. Yeah, another great one, too. Yeah. What you're saying, do we Greg? know when this? I w- do we know when this is said exactly? Like when this story takes place? No, a long time ago, in a galaxy yeah. far, far away. <laughs> I I thought like I'm not a huge expanded universe guy, but I thought that Rogue Squadron was founded by Luke. Uh, like um, so, I and I presume we're not going to see young Luke Skywalker. In the is that all legends though? Now, but I, th- I think it is legends now. I think you're right. I mean, I, I, I thought Rogue Squadron already existed before Luke even knew what any of it was. Like Luke was fucking doing converter bullshit on Tashi Stadium or Station, and Rogue Squadron existed, right? I googled it, and what did you find? And at least at some point in Legends, it was founded by Luke. That must but be a I new one. Mean, yeah, new and improved Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron. Now with more Luke Skywalker. I don't know. Um, <laughs> this ain't your daddy's Rogue Squadron. Um, yeah. Uh, big announcement for the Taika Waititi movie. Still don't know anything about it. It's just, it's still, it's still happening. Is that a standalone? I, I don't, I, I think it is a standalone. I, I, I do think it is a standalone. I don't think that they've got him for like, you know, two movies or three movies. Um, I I can't imagine that they don't want him for two or three movies because they've been working with him, you know, in that first season of The Mandalorian. Was he supposed to come back and do a second episode this season? No, I think all along they knew he was going to have other stuff going on. Okay. And that he wasn't going to be able to do. I, I think that's why they killed off his character as well in the first season. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, you know, this is one of those where it's like, what, what is he going to be doing? When is it going to be set? We don't know. We have no idea. I just think it's very exciting that we're getting Taika Waititi, his kind of, I don't know, his, his signature stamp on the Star Wars universe. I think it's going to be fucking awesome. Do you have a dream pick for what Taika could do? Oh God. It, I, I was thinking that, um, I would like to see him do something with, God, and see, this sounds so lame. Bounty hunters, I think he would be fun with just like a group of bounty hunters. Well, it's not going to sound lamer than what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I want Tyke to fucking do a Jar Jar movie. Oh, God, fuck any- off. <laughs> Get out of here. If anyone can make Jar Jar popular and likable, I think it's Psycho Atiti. <sighs> Honestly, I'm, I'm here for it. I, uh, I would fucking lose my shit if that's what happens. I, uh, what a waste. What a- <laughs> no, that's what everyone would think at first until they saw it. Yeah. Oh, that's not what I want. That is not what I want. Are you guys just gonna groan? Or are you gonna fucking man up and say something? No, didn't didn't Kathleen Kennedy? I'm trying to think of the words she used, but I got the impression that they're really gonna lean into the fact that he has like a unique voice. You know that we might see a part of the universe we've never seen before, a time period we've never seen before. Maybe um, she said I, that this time, but I know I, I, I remember hearing that when it was kind of like first rumored that it's going to go somewhere in the Star Wars universe. We haven't gone before. I was like, are we going to go to like the, the unknown regions? You know, are we going to get introduced to characters there? I, I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if, you know, we won't, we won't, this will have nothing to do with the, 
rebellion, nothing to do with the Empire, the Jedi, the Sith, none of that. Absolutely nothing, nothing to do with, to do with Jar Jar Banks. Absolutely <laughs> zero. Like zero mention of the name at all. Oh, Jake. No. <laughs> you, you are, I'm being dead serious, too. I'm not doing I know this. you are. I know you are. <laughs> Uh, Every time it's a groan. I don't want, I don't want Jar Jar redeemed. Like that, that's not like, he's irredeemable. I got a Jar Jar figure hanging in my garage with a noose and everything. (laughs) I don't want a fucking Jar Jar show for sure. Thank you. Thank you. You Here's what, this is just my opinion. We're getting more Jar Jar at some point. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Because you have a generation of people who were kids when that movie came out that love Jar Jar. And, you know, over time, people's perceptions of this shit changes. And there's, I mean, fucking with Disney Plus, there's going to be a Jar Jar thing eventually. I hope that, if they do, I hope it's just a kid show that's just like the Jar Jar and the Gungans. Maybe it's a cartoon or something like that. Yeah, just but, a little cartoon. Yeah. In one of the aftermath of the novels, I think there was a reference to Jar Jar just being sad on a planet juggling balls or something like that. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I mean that's what and he's hated. He's hated by all the townspeople. It's pretty much what it said. It's like everyone walked by Jar Jar and was like, "You motherfucker!" Yeah, and he's just sitting there juggling, being an asshole. That's the end of his story. He's a fucking asshole. He fucked everything up. Yep, that's all I need but to he, know. He didn't have a mean bone in his body, though. That's the sad part. Oh, God. I would hate it if Taika Waititi pitched that fucking movie that he wants to do a Jar Jar movie. Like, this is – you get you get one shot at, at making a movie, and it's going to be a Jar Jar film. Oh, my God. I'd, I'd still go, though. I'd still – I'd still – <laughs> oh, I'd have to go – I'd have to go out of sheer curiosity. Exactly. Uh, we're getting uh, – Disney Plus is getting – Two Mandal. Was that all for movies? No, we're getting. Yeah, was that all for movies? Yeah, the two movies were the only two things announced. So no Ryan Johnson announcement. No. Do, do you think it's done I, with? Look, you know, I'm just. It's no mystery. I I did not like the Last Jedi, but I love Ryan Johnson's work outside of Star Wars. Yeah, there's been a lot of sort of buzz about this is the official the Ryan Johnson stuff ain't happening. This is the official signal, but. I do think we're going to see content that they had that they did not mention at all during this investor call. I just don't think it's going to be Ryan Johnson's trilogy. I don't think that's happening. I would guess that Ryan Johnson would eventually direct an episode of The Mandalorian or one of these upcoming spinoffs. Maybe, but if you're Ryan Johnson, do you really even have to put up with this shit anymore? Too, you know, is it just sort of like a, a better apart situation? Maybe. I mean, it's but it's like it's to, to what's nice about like these Mandalorian episodes is like we really don't know who directed them until like the end of the episode when it shows us right. the director. Right. Yep. And so like you would watch an episode and maybe you would be like, oh, my God, that was an incredible episode of the Mandalorian. I loved it so much. And then all of a sudden, all the last Jedi detractors <laughs> see that their episode that they just loved was directed by Ryan Johnson. And it would be kind of like, you know. It would be kind of like a cool fist-pumping moment for, you know, fans of Ryan Johnson. I love that. Directed by George Lucas. Just kidding. That was Ryan Johnson. (laughs) Right. Right. I love how how it's the swerve. It's the classic Ryan Johnson swerve. You think it's going to go one way. You think it's going to zig and he zags. Just fanboy rage right before we see the artwork from the show. (laughs) (laughs) I do think he is not. I do think it will still happen. He's very vocal 
about Star Wars on Twitter still. I mean, even last week, he's still answering questions and talking about Star Wars. And I think if he was completely out of the project, he would just be done talking about Star Wars. So maybe he's just, I mean, from what we heard originally, he was writing a whole new trilogy with all new characters and all new places. And that's not the kind of things that are going to get people excited, I think, in an investor's meeting. So maybe it's just on the back burner still. We'll see. I mean, it's, it's, it's bizarre, like all the different things that have like been brought up and have not come to fruition. Um, you know, the Boba Fett series, Boba Fett, possible Boba Fett movie from Josh Trank, which got scrapped. And then that all that kind of like Boba Fett material has kind of like bled into the Mandalorian. And then, you know, we didn't get the, the Game of Thrones guys doing their fucking trilogy. That's dead. And so who knows what's going on with Ryan Johnson right now? I think. He is just kind of like focusing probably on the Knives Out sequel and what other other things that he's going to do. And maybe they'll get back to him down the road. Who knows? But they never mentioned a Boba Fett spinoff. I have to think we're getting that. And it just for, and maybe soon because they've got the, they've got Tamara Morrison under contract. They've got a Slave One cockpit. They've got the costume. They've got everything. Why wouldn't they film that now? I don't think they are. I, I agree with what Brian said on last episode that Boba Fett's not going to be around much longer. Right. Yeah, I said that Boba Fett uh, could possibly die, and then and then Din Djarin takes over the uh, Slave One. That'll be his new ship. I've heard that theory, and I heard it, I heard it last week, obviously. We'll see. I don't think that's going to happen, but you've been right more often than you're wrong. I don't, but I, yeah, I don't know. I have no- By the way, I, I just bought the fucking Lego of the goddamn Razor Crest. Yeah. Three days later, it gets fucking blown up. Yeah, it'll be easier to build now. Exactly. I just have to throw it. To make it film accurate, I'm just going to throw it against the wall. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> no shit. No wait until my kids get home. I'm going to say, here's your fucking Razor Crest and just throw it against the goddamn wall. <laughs> Uh, that's brilliant. Uh, we're getting, uh, two Mandalorian, uh, spinoff shows coming to Disney Plus. Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka. Both of these shows will be executive produced by Dave Filoni and Jon Favreau. Both shows will cross over with future seasons of The Mandalorian and then culminate in a climactic story event. Oh man, this is, is this too much for them to fucking handle? Are they going to be able to do this? I don't know. Is, does this have defenders written all over it? I mean, Rosario Dawson is set to reprise her role as the live action Ahsoka Tano for Ahsoka, which the company describes as a limited series that will be written by Filoni himself. So, but yeah, there's, uh, I mean, now we're not, now we're not just dealing with, uh, the Mandalorian series. It's going to, I mean, they're, they're expanding this and it feels like in order to understand maybe the Mandalorian going forward, you might have to watch, um, Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka. And I mean, I would happen, I would happen to think that like they're all going to culminate in a climactic story event. Is that going to be a brand new series that they, that that comes out with a whole new title, or would that be like you know Mandalorian season four or five, where it all kind of comes together, or a film? I would guess it would be a titled new series, like a three to five episode event series. Would be my guess. Greg, you bring up a good point. A film. I don't think it's likely, but I think it's possible. Uh, John Favreau's not counted out doing a film. 
It's not in the works now, he says, but he's not counted it out either. No, and we've spoke before. I I really do think that Mando will hit the big screen at some point. Oh, 100%. I don't think that. Yeah, I mean, the money's there. I mean, right now, it's like the Mandalorian's paying for all these Disney Plus subscriptions. I mean, (laughs) I mean, I cannot see them not wanting to do. Eric, are you are are you watching the Mandalorian week to week? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. My my only curiosity is if they launch this into a movie, you see the Mandalorian being able to bounce back and forth from series to movie. And once it hits the movies, that's probably where it's going to stay, right? With all these new series coming in to to kind of fill its spot. I don't. I mean, I don't know. We've seen. I, we've seen other series make movies and then go back to. I don't know if this is the best example, but we've seen it with the X Files. Um, I think that's a great example because they did it like they continued a season finale with the movie, yeah, and then came back with the premiere, and it was all canon, like it was big canon. Yeah, yeah, and we're seeing a lot more of like the threads, the connectivity. Uh, with the Marvel stuff in the movies, we, we haven't seen it yet, but we know it's happening. We know it's happening. We've got Kevin Feige coming out and saying, this is connected to this, and this will tie into that. And I mean, I think it's all, I think Disney's trying to sell us all one big package here. And whether that means that the Mandalorian is in the, in movies and then goes back to a series, I mean, it's all, it's possible. Yeah, I think. I think Disney is probably, you know, we'll get to Marvel later, but he made, uh, Kevin Feige made very clear that Black Widow is going to be in theaters. Uh, he almost emphasized those yeah. few words. Yeah. That, that being said, it, it seems like Disney is really taking sort of a wait and see approach, uh, with anything that goes in theaters. They never said whether or not it would or wouldn't be on Disney Plus at the same time. Uh, if I were them, I would just wait and see what the COVID situation looks like and feels like. Uh, I, I love what HBO is doing. I also think it's kind of an interesting move to sort of show everybody your cards right now, given that the situation with this disease changes every couple of weeks. I mean, we have no idea what 2021 is going to look like. Maybe I, theaters will be viable. Yeah. Maybe they'll all be closed. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't say that I love what HBO, what Warner Brothers is doing. Um. Because it, I mean, you know, there's a lot of theaters, theater owners, private theater owners, family-owned theaters, and, and things like that. They're gonna, like, they they rely on these big movies hitting the theaters. Legendary's fucking suing Warner Brothers. It looks like they're gonna go into litigation here because of the they they, they were they were they found out about this whole deal with Dune going to HBO Max. Within an hour and a half to two hours of everybody finding out for themselves, like the the public, yeah. And now we right. it is sad. I mean, I'm very selfishly thinking about just getting content, which is you know we really haven't gotten this year in large part. And you know, being able to watch Suicide Squad at home, it's not how I'd want to watch it, but at least we're going to be able to watch it. You know. Mm-hmm. No, I get it, man. It's uh, it's fucked up. It's a fucked up situation. I mean, it's 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 it, we're we're in uncharted territory with this COVID and how we're going to handle the next year going into it. So, um, what Rangers of the New Republic? Any guesses as to what the series is going to be about? They didn't release any details. Mm-hmm. I was thinking a Dune show. Oh, maybe wonder if it originally it was called Cara Dune and they changed the title just to 
create distance from the controversy around Gina Carano. That did cross my mind. They changed it from Cara Dune because Legendary was going to sue them for that name as well. Like that legend. That's true? No, that's not true. <laughs> it's a Dune joke. It's a Dune joke. She couldn't carry a show though, really, right? No. I, every time I see her on screen, I'm like, you are not getting any better. Thank, thank you. I think I'm the only one on this podcast that that has ever said that. I think Gina Carano is like she's fine, I guess, as an actor, but she's not, dude. She's you can tell she's she's not spectacular at it. Like this is not like, you know, it's kind of like, um, what we've been seeing with what's her name. Um, the other MMA fighter turned actor, the, she took on the hot rod. What's her name? She was the MMA fighter that was big there for a while. Oh, Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey. It's she, she, I mean, she's not, she's nothing to like, you know, call home about either when it comes to acting. I don't know. I'm, I've never been, truly impressed i'm impressed by like her physical presence on the screen she does she she comes off like a badass but man her her, just her delivery of these lines sometimes i'm just not i'm not blown away by her acting ability she's definitely a bit stiff yeah i could go for her being on the show as a supporting character or part of an ensemble cast i mean honestly i'd give a show to ming na wen as fennec shand before i'd give one to Dina carano personally because we know that Ming Na Wen can handle it, and that yeah. was pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking once they said this title for this show, the first thing I thought of, like as they're side by side with Ahsoka, is it's got to be like Bo Katan, right? And it's going to marry the two and interlock and interweave Ahsoka's show with the Mandalorian and with Bo Katan, right? That's the first thing I thought of because it says Mandalorians in the title, so I was thinking it's we just saw the three of them on the screen. I don't know who the other two were, but um, that could be a really interesting show as she's going off trying to find. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. Is she even going after Gideon, or could she be doing some other? She thing wants. At this point? I don't. I don't know where. Where does she stand at the end of this season of The Mandalorian when it comes to the to the black, you know, to the uh, to the dark saber? Like yeah. we don't. We don't know. We don't know. Um, I mean, the Ahsoka series. I guess we can all kind of speculate that the Ahsoka series is going to be Ahsoka and Sabine Wren, you know, trying to track down Ezra. And, you know, last that we saw Ezra, he was, you know, uh, the, what is it? The, uh, those, he, he, the space wells opened like that kind of like that portal or whatever and sent them out into like, what do they call it? The unknown regions. And so we know at the end, when you watch the end of Rebels, we know that like you see, um, you see Ahsoka show up. She's dressed all in white and, when we see Ahsoka in the Mandalorian, she's still wearing the gray. And we know that Dave Filoni is a big fan of Lord of the Rings. And so there's a, there is an evolution between Ahsoka the gray and Ahsoka when she comes back and she's in the white. Something, there's, there's some time between that point. There's something that happens with Ahsoka to where she strips off the gray and she's now wearing the white. Maybe this explains that. Maybe that gets us to that point. But uh, that, that I've read a lot about that too. How the the rebel stuff could very much be after what we saw in Mandalorian. Yeah, because of that. Obviously, I think um, Thrawn will be a big focus in that show as well. I think that's initially who she's going to be going after, and then Ezra will kind of come from that. 
And Bo-Katan wants the Darksaber so that she can reclaim the throne of Mandalore, right? Correct. So yeah. I, I could see, like, at whatever point they defeat Moff Gideon, I, I have a feeling that ain't going to be next week. I think that's the long... Well, well, who knows? We've already had, well, Giancarlo Esposito has already come out with, with quotes saying like, you know, it sounds like his character is going to be around for like seasons three and four. Sign me up. I, I think he's fantastic in this role. But, yeah, you know, he's you, great. you could see, uh, you know, Din Djarin giving Bo-Katan the Darksaber and then that's a whole, I mean, the, the retaking of the throne of Mandalore is its own, it's gotta be its own thing. I mean, that's a, that's a big story. I don't think Bo-Katan is going to be part of the Rangers of the New Republic show. It's it's the New Republic of it all that makes me think she won't be a main character. Like, what does she give a fuck about the New Republic? This It almost sounds like a police force. Like, it's really leading into that Western concept. Yes. Mm. Where you have sort of regions to be tamed and former, you know, rebels. And I, I'd be curious, too. I mean, you've got probably some reformed Imperials, too, in this mix. Maybe Cobb or, Vanth will show up in that series. Uh, maybe. Exactly. And, and you know, they've got to sort of restore law and order. It's it really, I think, um, it's like Western on steroids, basically. Yeah. 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 I think of, of the three shows, that's the one where they'll be able to introduce new characters and new concepts more than the other two, which are, are very much kind of fan service-y. Not that that's a bad thing. But they're dealing with characters that are very much already established in concepts where they get, they have that one show where they can like have new creative outlets to kind of create some new fan favorite characters. Yeah, it's just that they are both considered Mandalorian spinoffs and they're all going to culminate in a climactic story event. So it's all going to be connected in some way. Yeah. To the question that you asked earlier, Brian, of course, <laughs> my mind did go immediately to the defenders. And yeah. oh, I, I don't too. I don't know if we need a connected universe on Disney Plus outside of sort of tangential stuff like setting up one with another. I I love the fact that the Mandalorian is self-contained and very satisfying. It just we sit down once a week, my family, we turn out the lights, we watch it. That's it. That's yeah. gonna change. That's changing, yeah. Greg. It yeah. ain't that ain't and that. It, yeah. it, I mean, it doesn't mean I don't I won't like it. It just means at the surface, I. It feels unnecessary. Disney Plus has seen like, oh man, what has the Mandalorian done for us? Look, look at what Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian has done for us. Oh, excuse me, Grogu. Look what it's done for us, man. And they are just like, they are just doubling down on the Mandalorian stuff. They're doubling down on Mandalorians, man. I, I don't even think that we're done after these two spinoffs. I think we're going to get more Mandalorian stuff to come on Disney Plus and in the movies. Agreed. I think, like, you know, I think right now Mandalorians are hotter than Jedi. For good reason. Yeah. Look at the toy marketing they can do with something like that, the, the Rangers of the Old Republic, or the Republic. Because, like, all the Mandalorian toys and stuff is just flying off the shelves. Like, that's a huge marketing ploy. Mm-hmm. I fucking want to, <laughs> I want a fucking Bill Burr action figure. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I want a oh, fucking yeah, awesome. I want a fucking Bilber Mayfeld action figure. I gotta have one. If they come out with one, I gotta have one. Uh let's jump into Star Wars uh Andor. This is the new Cassian Andor series. Um I'm gonna read this. This comes from IGN. In addition to Diego Luna reprising his role as the morally conflicted rebel agent and Alan Tudyk voicing his droid sidekick K2SO, Andor's cast also includes Stellan Skarsgard 
Adria Arjona, Fiona Shaw, Denise Goff, Kyle Soller, and Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma. Little else is known about the plot of Andor other than that it takes place before the events of Rogue One. VFX supervisor Neil Scanlon has also hinted that the series might repurpose unused characters, creatures from Star Wars past projects. That's not surprising they do that with every project. Uh, the series is, I mean, Rebels, the, the, the Inquisitors came from, you know, uh, uh, old uh, sketches of uh, what uh, Kylo Ren could have been at one time. Um, the series is confirmed to take place five years before the events of Rogue One and explore Cassian's role in the growing Rebel Alliance. It joins a growing list of Star Wars content at Disney, including, yeah, blah, 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 the, all that other stuff that we're going to be talking about. But we did get a sizzle reel at the end of the behind-the-scenes look. I was impressed by the uh, behind-the-scenes look. It looked like, you know, I mean, it looked like they're putting a lot into this for something that I really am not asking for, to be quite honest with you. I think they yeah, said. Yeah, I agree with that a lot. Yeah, sorry, Jake. I think they said 200 named characters. Um, did it look like they're filming this in that big LED circle thing? I saw. Yes, yeah, so I saw what looked like sets, like huge sets. You said you you think so, Jake? Yeah, during the sizzle, sizzle reel, they talked about that quite a lot. I thought the cinema screen, whatever they call it, it has a name. I forget. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it either. So I guess this is sort of Cassian Andor doing all of the bad things that he talked about doing in Rogue One. I would in the first that. five minutes of the movie yeah. before he stopped doing bad things ever again. Yeah. So it's I had the same reaction, but I don't know that I've ever wanted to see this. But it seemed like Disney's big takeaway was that we're going really, really big on this series. Uh, Diego Luna called this series uh, the building of a revolution. So. I mean, yeah, it's basically just building up to like what we, what it all came, what all came together. It's like all the events of like where they got to where they were in Rogue One. And so, oh, I don't know, man. It's, it's one of those things where I, I get, I think I get more excited for stuff like, you know, the Mandalorian, of course. And, and, uh, you know, cause it's a lot of it was new things before they started introducing, you know, Boba, the Boba Fett's and the Bo Katans and Ahsoka's and all that stuff. But it was all new, new characters. And uh, I don't know. This just seems like they're revisiting uh, these characters in a movie that I, I that I enjoyed, but uh, I didn't felt I didn't feel like we needed to dig too much into it. But do we know who's leading this I agree. up? There's there's no end game here. Like that's the thing. It's like w- with Mandalorian, like the possibilities are endless as far as where's the story going to go. But with this, you know exactly where the story is going to go. You can watch Rogue One. Like, where's the twist and turn? And yet you want to judge our Bink story. I'm fucking with you, Jake. I'm fucking with you. I'm yeah, fucking we, with you. I, I'm yeah, fucking, I know. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. We all want it. We all want it. Um, I'm, I'm being a dick. I'm sorry. I'm glad we're all on the same page now. Yeah. Did you hear 12 episodes for Andor? No. Wow. Yeah, I, I just saw that online today, and it was shocked. I mean, it, it just... It, I don't remember where it was, but it was a pretty... They said that on the sizzle story. reel. Okay. I mean, that's a lot. I mean... And it does make me think that this is more to the point that you mentioned. Uh, this is like more about the founding of the Rebel Alliance, the creation of the Alliance. Yeah. And it just happens to be through Cassie Nandor's eyes. Um, mm. And that's why it's got to be so big. Diego Luna sounds super fucking excited about it. So, I mean, we'll see, man. I, I might be eating crow at the end of this one. This might be fucking incredible. 
And I did love, I did love K2SO, but like, I don't know, there was that point in time where we just fucking, every movie had a snarky droid, and I was just like, I am so done with snarky droids. All these droids are just sarcastic and snarky in every, every one of these movies. And I was kind of like over that, but we'll see. I, I, I did like Alan Tudyk as that character. It's a really good time period to do a move, a show though. It's just why would you follow somebody you already know is dead with a backstory you really don't care about because it's already redeemed in the movie. So it's like, why not? Why not give us something a little more? If you're, I hate to say force based, but you could have a really cool in this time period, Vader in his prime going around slaughtering the Jedi like he's he supposedly did. So I'd rather know more about Mon Mothma's backstory, honestly. With the creation of the Empire uh, Republic and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to see a. I'm one of the few that wanted to see a Princess Leia backstory. How they. Uh, come from the scraps and put themselves together too. And the time periods, again, it's awesome with Vader and the stormtroopers the way they were. I'd love it if this is popular and they have to figure out a way to continue Andor's story and they just have a shot of him at the beach holding Generoso's skeleton with really bad burns. Then, you know, somehow I survived that. <laughs> <laughs> somehow Andor returned. <laughs> somehow Andor survived a, a, a point blank blast from the Death Star. Jin, not so lucky. We clone him. Say <laughs> like, fuck it. Yeah, they weekend at Bernie's his body in the next. He movie. jumped into a refrigerator like in uh, Crystal Skull. <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi series officially announced. We knew we were getting it. Hayden Christensen. This is the big shocker. Hayden Christensen returns as Darth Vader, joining Ewan McGregor in Obi Wan Kenobi. The original series begins ten years after the dramatic events of the Revenge of the Sith. And is coming to Disney Plus. Kathleen Kennedy described it as rematch of the century. This is now, oh God, I'm like very hesitant about this show now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they definitely tied it into the prequel by making this announcement. Well, I mean, I, I just, I, I guess for me, it was like, you know, we saw what happened in Revenge of the Sith and the next time they meet was in A New Hope. And this is kind of, I don't know, kind of taking away from that. They're going to they're gonna work this in. We're like, I guess they're having a rematch here within yeah. this is time. Is it going to be halfway between flippy-do battle and just stand there and barely move battle? Like from the midway point between that? Are you guys looking forward to this? I mean... I mean, I, I mean, I love Ewan McGregor and I love him playing Obi-Wan Kenobi, but I thought this was going to be a different show. It sounds yeah. odd. It's, it sounds odd. I was a big fan of Jason Aaron's run on Star Wars for Marvel Comics, but one of the things I didn't like was this idea that Luke and Vader ran into each other and had, you know, 200 battles before Empire Strikes Back. Right, yeah. Uh, I really didn't like that. And I had the same, I have the same problem with this. And I'm also, just the logistics of Hayden Christensen in this role. Is he in the suit? Is he not in the suit? Does the suit get damaged? Like, are these, when I, when I first heard, I thought it was like, you know, Obi-Wan having visions of Anakin. And, and I'm not into that idea either, but I, I just don't know how this comes together. Is James Earl Jones involved at all? Yeah, that's the know. thing. It's yeah, like, my question. do we, do we have, like, do we have, these scenes of like Darth Vader throughout the episodes 
voiced by James Earl Jones. And at the end of the fucking episode, does he take off the helmet and get on a computer and Doogie Hauser it and talk like Hayden Christensen? I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't understand this. It's so Today weird. I crushed ten rebels. It is so weird. This is the show that I think, but the one that I wanted, I think this is what it's going to be. It's This one is probably going to be him hunting down the Jedis, and Obi-Wan's going to have to leave Tatooine to go rescue help or help or find Jedis, right? Well, you, you could be right, because like what, I, what I've been hearing about this show, like rumors and things like that, is like it doesn't just take place on Tatooine. Like this is like this is like planet spanning action. Like he's going all over the place. Yeah, there's no reason for Vader to go to Tatooine, but there's every reason for Obi-Wan to leave, at least for a while. Yeah, Vader's not going to Tatooine. He hates sand. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he's got no fucking reason to. I do not know about this series, and I, 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 I'm not as excited about the series as I was when it was originally kind of like, you know, hinted at. I don't, it, and it all comes down to just bringing back, playing the greatest hits and bringing back Darth Vader. But there are problems for Obi-Wan, too, because the whole idea of Obi-Wan being on Tatooine was he was this great general that was marginalized into being a hermit. And, it, and if we, all of a sudden, he was really taking pot shots at the Empire for 20 fucking years between those two movies, why didn't they just send a fucking armada to hunt him down and find him? It, it just doesn't, it takes away the impact of this sad old man, you know, living in a hut, watching a boy, because he was the only hope to save the galaxy at that point. It, just, it really, it, it seems to really undermine A New Hope and whatever. I mean, it, I, I might be able it's to go possible, over all that. It but. might not, though, Greg. This might be before he changes his name to Ben and goes to Tatooine and just stays there. I mean, there's nothing that's shown us that that's, it's not like Yoda, where we see at the end of episode three, he fucking takes his tail between his legs and goes to Dagobah. That's a like good we point. See, That's a good point. We see Obi-Wan go and drop the kids off, but we don't see him fucking get in a lease. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good true. point. And maybe we find out why he takes on the name Ben. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Star Wars Lando. Uh, little is known about this except for a brief tweet from the Star Wars official Twitter account. This is what it says. The galaxy's favorite scoundrel, Lando Calrissian, will return in Lando, a brand new event series for Disney+. Plus. Justin Simeon is in the early stages of developing the project. And um, Justin Simeon is the writer-director behind Hulu's Bad Hair film. That movie starred Jay Farrow and Lena Waithe, and that came out earlier this year. So, yeah, Lando. Uh, they didn't even, you know, announce who's going to be Lando Calrissian. I guess we're all kind of just speculating that it's going to be uh, Donald Glover. I hope so. He's the only thing I liked from Solo. I love Donald Glover. The only Glover. thing. Yeah, <laughs> I love Donald Glover in that role. Billy D. Williams, I think, is eighty years old. I'd, I'd love to see Billy D. One last time. Give it. Give us one more. Give us one more time with him. I, I didn't think he had a lot of time on screen in Rise of Skywalker. I, I love the idea that I've heard batted around that this is like a bookend thing. This is you know old Lando, young Lando, maybe some reminiscing about an adventure that he had. So wait a second. Wait a second. You're saying that both versions of the character show up in the series you're guessing that's what i i'm saying that's what i would like that's what you would like okay yeah like billy d would be like a narrator is what you're saying yes yeah 
I like, like it. Maybe he's like, telling Janna about something he did when he was young. And and maybe it's a parallel adventure. Maybe it's just Billy D telling the story. Who knows? Maybe it's just like all of his sexual conquests. Right. <laughs> How I met your mother, but with Lando. And then, yeah, and then at the end of it, he's talking about how, like, you know, I'm sorry I hit on you earlier. I might be your dad. It's <laughs> <laughs> always an awkward conversation. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, the Acolyte. Um, the Acolyte. Kathleen Kennedy revealed that the new Star Wars series from Russian doll co-creator Leslie Headland will be called The Acolyte. Leslie Headland is a boldly innovative filmmaker kennedy said in the presentation the acolyte is a mystery thriller that will take us into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emergent dark side powers in the final days of the high republic era sources told variety it will be a female-centric series that takes place in a different part of the star wars timeline than other projects headland is reportedly attached to showrunner and writer on the new series so i don't know if people were speculating that this might be the dr afra series but it's it's a series called The Acolyte, so not really a lot to go on with this one, but I, I loved Russian Doll. I don't know. Greg, did you watch Russian Doll? No, I haven't seen it. I heard it's great. Did you watch I it, Eric? I saw like one episode. My wife wasn't feeling it, so. Oh, you got to, I'm telling you, you got to get through, you got to watch the first three episodes to get into that show. I'm telling you. I promise you. It's the first, you got to watch the first three. It gets better, you're saying. Dude, it's, no, I'm not even, I, I hate to say that about anything, that it gets better, no. that you gotta, and I'm not telling, I'm not telling you to stick with it for fucking three seasons before it gets better. I'm saying three episodes, I promise you that show gets fucking incredible. What's it, what, you need that third episode. It's so good. But yeah, The Acolyte, yeah, it's a female-centric Star Wars story that takes place in a different timeline. So, we'll see what happens with that one. Not really a lot of news to go on with that one, but, uh, are know. we going to see Yoda in that series? Uh, no, I think it's even older than Yoda. Yeah, is it that? But if Yoda's nine hundred by Jedi, then he's still very much alive and in play whenever this takes place. Because I think High Republic—I don't know that they've said exactly when this is. This is the end of the High Republic era, but it would be somewhere five to one hundred years before Episode One, I would think. So Yoda's I definitely they alive. said when it was. The final days of the High Republic era. Okay. Not that, it, not that we need Yoda, but it, I'm curious if he's in play. Will we truly see Baby Yoda is what you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> this Maybe. is the golden age, the golden age of the Jedi, so I don't think it's, it's got to be more than hundreds of years. And she says it's a uh, different timeline. Oh shit! Well, the article I'm reading says uh, 200 years before the Phantom Menace, so it's possible. I guess you mm, could be around. Yeah. So that does work against the idea that this is again new, different. You know, if you start seeing old characters all over the place. Yeah. I guess I guess we'll have to see. I mean, I saw some speculation that this is like a Darth Plagueis origin story, which I don't. People are obsessed with fucking Darth Plagueis. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they are. <laughs> For God's sake. <laughs> But it sounds really interesting. I love the idea of going into the past in Star Wars. The animated... Oh, go ahead. Teenage Yoda. Teenage Yoda. Teenage Groot. Teenage Yoda. The animated Clone Wars spinoff, The Bad Batch. I gotta apologize. I still haven't watched the final season of uh, The Clone Wars, so I haven't been introduced to The Bad Batch. 
So uh, it follows the elite and experimental clones of the Bad Batch as they find their way in a rapidly changing galaxy in the immediate aftermath of the Clone War. Members of the Bad Batch, a unique squad of clones who vary genetically from their brothers in the clone army, each possess a singular exceptional skill, which makes them extraordinarily effective soldiers and a formidable crew. In the post-Clone War era, they will take on daring mercenary missions as they struggle to stay afloat and find new purpose. We did get the the trailer for this one. Um, looks like it's going to be a lot of action and a lot of fun. I'll just I have to watch I have to watch the introduction to the Bad Batch in that final season of the Clone Wars. Yeah, this looked really cool, and the Bad Batch was my favorite part of the final season of the Clone Wars. I actually enjoyed that storyline more than the Ahsoka stuff. Um, so I'm excited to see these guys get a spinoff series. Anybody else watch any of the Bad Batch on the final season? I watched just that episode, and I enjoyed yeah. the heck out of it. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. It'll probably be more for people that have watched the Clone Wars cartoon, but I think it'll be fun. Yeah, I haven't got there. I haven't watched all of Clone Wars. I just started season one to watch every single episode to get to it, so I'm not there yet. Uh, I, I feel like and I, everybody everybody feels differently about the Clone Wars. But I feel like it doesn't really start getting, for me, it didn't start being amazing till about season three. So yeah, that was just my personal experience with the Clone Wars. Yeah, it becomes less of an anthology series by season three. So I could see why you would enjoy it a lot more. Yeah. Like, there's definitely a lot more stakes and a lot less jumping around and just goofy one-off episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, the little bottle episodes sometimes I just didn't care about. Uh, the anime anthology Star Wars Visions, the official Star Wars account tweeted the following Star Wars Visions, an original series of animated short films celebrates the Star Wars galaxy through the lens of world's best Japanese anime creators coming in 2021 to Disney Plus. And they said, uh, there we're getting 10 fantastic visions. So that sounds like. 10 episodes of this anthology series. Um, it's prob, if I had to guess, it's going to be just different, uh, random stories and then probably just different Japanese anime creators that they have coming on here. And I think it'll just be a lot of eye candy and hopefully some of these stories will actually be good. Yeah. Think Animatrix when I, when I think of this and that kind of thing. I, I'm actually very excited for this and very excited to see what some of the animation teams that are going to be announced for this are. I think Animatrix as well, but I also think of uh, just the Pixar shorts and what the Pixar shorts do. Like they, a lot of times the Pixar shorts is just kind of like, uh, you know, they're testing uh, what they might do for an actual Pixar film. And so some of these, you know, some of these might be overwhelmingly popular and they might turn them into a series later on down the road, depending on the reception. It's a very good point. So, I mean, stranger things have happened. I mean, Boba Fett fucking first appeared in the Star Wars Holiday Special. So it doesn't take much to fucking spawn a whole new legacy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I, I don't know. any like I don't know if you guys have seen like that anime Star Wars clip that came out it's uh it's all over youtube you can find it there yeah, i love it it's uh, fucking cool as fuck it's fucking dope <laughs> so if, if it looks anything like that i'll be super pumped for this so yeah just seeing a lightsaber battle in that style you know where the screen fucking narrows and all the fucking lines pop out everywhere and well, i just think it could be really fucking cool yeah um Seeing all kinds of different droids in that style, I think, could be really fucking cool. Uh, this is, was actually one of the announcements that got me the most excited. I, I, I'm very hyped for this. 
Yeah, I, I was thinking that Love Death Robots when I saw this, and I loved every episode yeah. of those two. Yeah. Oh God, when are we gonna get season two of that? That was fun. I, Greg, I know you watched yeah. that. I know you dug that show I too. I watched it on the way to C2E2. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. And my mind did go to that as well. I mean, I'm looking forward to this as, uh, to your point, Brian, sort of like a testing ground for new ideas and you never know what sticks. I mean, I think yeah. it could be fresh and creative and different. Right. Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. Guys, that's all that I think that was that all the news for Star Wars? I think that's everything. If I missed something, let me know. <laughs> the only other thing I thought I saw, and this was a real, last back to childhood was this droids thing like they almost mentioned it in passing like is there a droids show oh, right. or, or and i used to watch the droids cartoon and I'm yeah like, we're doing this we're doing this again but it's got to be for little kids i was hoping that they'd announce a new ewoks movie with wilford brimley coming back <laughs> uh, we have to see a grown-up symbol uh, uh, Restart the Caravan of Courage. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Those movies are so bad. They're so bad, but they're fun to just revisit and, and laugh at. I, oh, I, I actually just watched those again a couple months ago, and I they were not as good as I remembered. I, I will probably never watch those movies They were again. never good as you remembered for me because, like, I – I hated those movies. Even as a kid, I couldn't stand them. It just, they felt, they felt so cheap. And I guess the only thing I really liked about them was like watching Wilford Brimley get mad at the children. <laughs> yes, that was funny. That was funny. The kids are such bad actors. I don't terrible. think they really comprehend how terrible of an actor they were. Yeah. The older brother is such a little shit. And then they kill him <laughs> off in the first like three seconds of the second, of the second yes. movie. But to, to, it's funny, Brian, I have a totally different, this, that was the first event television that I can ever remember in my life, the, the Ewok adventure. That's the first time that I remember my dad. I, I believe a local radio station had the soundtrack on it's on the radio, the, the actual music. So my dad set up like boom boxes. This is very 80s all over the room so that the music was playing at us in like 360 degrees. And I remember watching it. And, you know, on rewatch, it's definitely awful. But it was, you know, we turned the lights off in front of our big-ass wooden TV. You know, that was appointment television. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Event event television, I should say. I'm sorry. Back when, when, back when TVs were furniture. They were. Oh, my God. We put a fucking yeah. plant on our television. A yeah. fucking plant. A potted plant. We used to water it. Yeah, man. Fuck yeah. Oh, man. We had, yeah, we had the, the big fucking quasar tv wood yeah. paneling and shit don't understand back then you needed to fix your tv you called a fucking carpenter oh god you had to move one of those things to the basement you were like removing stairs yep <laughs> fuck yeah those fucking oh god the old crts i remember sony came out with a 40 inch crt tv <laughs> that thing weighed <laughs> that thing weighed more than andre the giant <laughs> the thing was fucking huge. Uh, my back hurts just thinking about old TVs. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. Now you can just grab one under each fucking arm. You can carry two TVs at once. Four yeah. inches. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking insane. Oh, my God. I don't know, man. For me, it was I always had a problem when I was a kid, Greg, when stuff just didn't feel like the, the actual movie that I watched. Absolutely. I don't I, blame you. And At that point, I think it was just so desperate. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I understand. Like, I know, like, okay, you know, I remember I, I loved, you know, Wizard of Oz, Judy Garland, all that shit. And then when they came out with uh, fucking that movie, 
uh, Return to Oz. Yeah. I was like, I was like, this is, this is horrifying. This is nothing like the fun movie that I, I remember watching. And I, you know, it just, it never resonated with me. And I just, oh, I, I fucking love that movie. I hate that movie. I hated that movie <laughs> as a child because it did, it was nothing like the actual movie itself. Cause I, that's what I was used to. That's what I wanted. I, when I, when I, and as a kid, that's what you expect. You just expect the sequel to that movie. And then I got, fucking heads in jars and all this other fucking shit. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, what is going on with this movie? This is so weird. I have the same problem with, and I know this is like blasphemy, I have the same problem with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. Like, like, like I know that's a beloved film, but my God, for me, like, I, I, you know, I didn't read the comic when I was a kid, but like, I did watch the cartoon, and they, t- they took so many liberties in the, from the source material of the cartoon, to where, and even the comics did. The comics did too. Some of the, you know, the comics did too. And I'm not talking about the original comics, but you know, the comics that came out later. But I mean, I always had a big problem with that. That if it didn't line up with like my, like, you know, and that's the same problem I have with like Transformers stuff coming out now. It, like, if it doesn't line up with G1, I have a huge problem with it. So, yeah. Sometimes Ninja Turtles I, was surprisingly dark. And I mean, based on the cartoon, I know the comic originally was very violent, but yeah. I remember hating that they focused so much on Raphael because to me, um, he had the, he had the least cool weapon out of all four turtles. So oh, I just hated man. that. I hate, my, my least favorite turtle when I was a kid was Raphael, but as an adult, my favorite turtle is now Raphael. Cause he's so angsty and interesting. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. As a kid, it was yeah. like, I, w- I always loved Michelangelo because he was the fun, young one, party yep. dude. You know what I mean? And, the, you know, Leonardo was a little too funk and, you know, rigid and stiff. And then, you know, Donatello's a dork. Let's just be honest. All right, guys. Leonardo's like the Captain <laughs> America of the turtles. He's yeah. Square. I was going to yeah. say he's like the Cyclops of the turtles. Yeah, he's like, he is. Yeah. And Donatello's like the virgin of the turtles. Yeah. <laughs> Leonardo's the pre-Matt Fraction Cyclops for those who mm-hmm. we spent X-Men. Right. Right. Boring as fuck. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. What we've, I don't even know what we've been talking about the last few minutes. Uh, this came from the Ewok movies and just talking about how it, they feel disconnected from the actual Star Wars universe. Yeah. Yeah, that's a trip down memory lane there. Hey, did you know they retroactively... I'm sorry, and I know you want to move on. The, the second Ewok movie, There's a Witch, they fucking retroactively, canonically made her a fucking Sith. Oh, really? Look that shit up. Uh, uh, not now. I mean, when you when you want to, Brad. I'm not telling you. Well, those movies aren't canon anyway. What?! No, wait, those wait, are did, they're not canon. They got made legends. It's not. It's not canon. Fuck, fuck Disney. Yeah, it's not canon. Sorry. Pretty sad. Wilfred Brimley can beat a Sith Lord. <laughs> Fucking terrible. What the fuck was? What, what, what was <laughs> Wilfred Brimley versus a Sith and he wins? <laughs> what, what, what was? What was Disney doing? Like Disney loved the. They loved elderly people back then. We got B. Arthur fucking in the holiday special. This Sith witch and he hits her with a fucking ladle and wins like a big soup ladle. I actually just watched the holiday special like a few weeks ago. I, I think it's the first time I've ever sat through the whole thing. Have you seen the B. Arthur scene in the holiday special? Yeah, she's in the cantina and she can't get anybody to fucking leave. Yeah, the, the song she sings is so bizarre. It's like to the tune of the famous cantina band song. Like, mm-hmm. It's like that song with words. It's, fucked up and like mark hamill looks like a ken doll i don't know what they did with his makeup but my god and then fucking leia singing the star wars 
song by John Williams, but now it has lyrics. It's fucking weird. The weirdest part is Chewbacca's father gets like a fucking like <laughs> sex tape. Oh, I know. Dude, I've talked about this on previous episodes. He's fucking watching. Yeah. What's it? It's not Grace Jones. Who's that fucking singer? Is it Dion Warwick? No, Dionne it's Warwick. Yeah. Is it Dion Warwick? I think it is Dion. I could be wrong. Uh, yeah. Does, yeah. Does Chewie's father have like a pink top, like a dog, like a little pink thing? You don't. They, the camera never goes below the waist, but that's what's happening. Oh yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely red. Well, like yeah. the first fifteen minutes, you got fucking Wookiees saying a bunch of shit, and you don't even know what they're saying. Yeah, it's crazy. There's literally no dialogue or no subtitles. They're not doing anything all that interesting. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, thanks. Uh, you can actually see uh, Carrie Fisher's coke nail very pronounced throughout the whole thing, too. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not, mm. not even joking. May Carrie rest in peace. <laughs> all right. Let's take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to go over uh, all the uh, Marvel stuff that was covered in the uh, Disney Investors Day. We'll be right back. Welcome back, and we have a fuck ton more to cover. I think the majority of the stuff that we're going to be talking about here is in the Marvel stuff. And, like, I don't know about you guys, but, I mean, if I had to, like, rate, like, my excitement over, like, the you know, the Star Wars stuff in the Marvel, I was super excited. I was way more excited for the Marvel stuff. And they, they held on to it, I think, to the last, some of the last announcements were the Marvel stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. And they just had a lot more, like, actual footage to help get you excited, too. Where the Star Wars, it felt like it was just more names of things and sizzle reels and conceptual ideas. Where yeah. Yeah. Just a lot of real stuff to show us with the Marvel stuff. Absolutely. And I don't know, man. The Mar- I, For as much as I love The Mandalorian, the Marvel stuff has just been, I mean, for over a decade now, it's just been hitting. It's just been fucking hitting. It's, it's yeah. been fantastic. And we've always wanted to know how well this was going to work, you know, making Phase 4 have TV shows in it. I mean, we've seen such disasters with Marvel trying to do such things in the past, you know, cough, cough, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that I think we've always just been very curious to see how this would be handled. Oh, man, but some people love the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Am I on a podcast right now with anybody that was big fans of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? No, look, I there was a time during Season 2 around the Winter Soldier where the show was pretty good. But it, I, I was out, I think, after season three. I just couldn't do it anymore. I was out towards the end of season two. It was just a slog. It was a slog trying to get through that fucking show. Did you get to where, though, they reveal that, like, some of the agents were Hydra? I can't even remember, Craig. <laughs> so that, this is the shit. Oh, everyone gave you shit that you bailed like one episode too early, right? <laughs> yeah, and then I and then I went back and I watched. I went back and I watched that one episode, and I still wasn't sold. So, and I never got to season six. It really, it really gets awesome. I, yeah, I'm sure it does. I never got you have to, to the, watch about a hundred episodes. But. 
was it Diego Luna or who who played fucking um, Ghost Rider? I never got to the Ghost Rider stuff. Gabriel Luna. Gabriel Luna. I get the Luna brothers, the Luna boys yeah. confused all the time. They're not brothers. He was I, good too. I liked. I did watch yeah. those episodes because I like Ghost Rider, and yeah. I thought he was really good. And I I was looking forward to maybe a spinoff, but I don't think it's ever going to happen. Now. No, 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 no. They, we were supposed to. It, it sounded like that was probably going to go to Hulu at one time. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That was going to go to Hulu. The only one of those series it, it, we're going to get a Hellfire series. Which, yeah, because they filmed it. Or I think it's already aired the first episode. Yeah, yeah. I didn't fuck it. Anyway, anyway, let's jump into the, the the actual Marvel news here. Not a lot of stuff coming out about Black Widow. We just know that it is going to still be released theatrically. No new announcements. It's just set to release theatrically on May seventh. And uh, so it looks like the Disney Plus trailer that we talked about a couple of weeks ago that that supposed leaked trailer looks like it's it looks like it's a a fake. Jake. Yeah, it does look very much that way. Yeah, it looks like it's a fake. All I all I'm going to say about Black Widow is I think it's all but confirmed and I, I said this in our Patreon episode. I think it's all but confirmed that Robert Downey Jr. will make a cameo in 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 Black Widow. I think it's definitely happening. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. What for though? Just to show face and give fans a little bit more of him? Yeah, I mean he's still alive during this time. Um, who knows how they're going to work it in? But I, I think I think 100% we're going to get Robert Downey Jr. in subcapacity in this. I don't know when, I don't know how, but I think we are. It's all but confirmed. Do you think it'll be a meaningful cameo, or will it just be like, oh, there's Tony yeah, drinking a cup of coffee and yeah, something dr- fun? Drink, drinking know? a cup of coffee. I love you three thousand, Black Widow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eating a hamburger. I love you three thousand. I want I think you to met before that. Iron Man two. Was there history there? I think that's when they first met. I think so too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because he was trying to fuck her. Okay. Yeah. 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 He was all about her. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> what did you say? Sorry, I said we all were. Oh God. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, you should be. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're all we're all red. We're all fucking you know red blooded. American males here, so yeah, we all wanted her. The Falcon and Winter Soldier, an official release date has been confirmed. March 19th of 2021 is when we're going to get the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier series. And we are going to be doing a trailer breakdown. I've watched this thing so many times. It's made my head spin. And um, there is a lot to dissect in this fucking trailer. A lot to dissect in this trailer. And um, I think I got a good grasp on it. And uh, I want to do a breakdown here and go over everything with you guys. I think some of this stuff is pretty shocking. And um, But first, actually, before we jump into it, I just want to know your thoughts on the trailer. Were you guys impressed? Did, uh, is this something that you're looking forward to, the Falcon and Winter Soldier series? You know, Anthony Mackie and uh, Sebastian Stan have kind of like, you know, they've shown up in the movies, but they haven't really had like their, you know, Day in the Sun and uh, like this is this is going to be their fucking series, and uh, you know after the events of Endgame, you know Steve Rogers leaves the mantle of Captain America to Sam Wilson, and um, are you guys looking forward to seeing this? Uh, did the trailer excite you, Greg? So I have to admit I'm biased because I'm a huge fan of Ed Bre- uh, Brubaker's Captain America run. I have it in omnibus right behind where I sit um, when I record, so I'm super excited. I always have been excited for this show. Um, a, a couple things that, um, I'm a little concerned, a little, little bit, because 
there was this rumor that they were really going to focus on, I think, the hate virus storyline. And with Corona, they had to totally rewrite all of that stuff. And I just get if that's true, Mm. I get a little nervous when you have to sort of do wholesale rewrites of a sort of central plot idea. Um, But this seems like like they're going buddy cop full on. This is a buddy cop movie with two superheroes. And I couldn't be more stoked. I thought the dynamic between the two characters in the trailer looked right on the money Mm -hmm. and got me really excited for it. Eric. Yeah, I. I'm a big fan of uh, Falcon from the comics, not necessarily from the show, but I do really like the dynamic between him and Bucky having to take down a U.S. agent, which that when I was reading comics as a kid and Captain America, that was one of the big story arcs that um, was really, really intriguing. So this one didn't really sprinkle uh, U.S. agent doing a bunch of bad shit or being a bad Captain America. So it's, I'm not really sure how they're going to play Bucky getting the shield and the mantle from him. So it's 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 going to be kind of weird how they play it. But I did really like the way they kind of reintroduced the two characters and had a little bit of play back and forth with them as, and showing that it's a buddy cop show um, and kind of the legacy that not just the mantle, but the shield is a symbol and the symbol of Captain America is that they have to do something to preserve that, which... It's going to be pretty interesting what they have to do to to do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Jake, what did you think? Yeah, this trailer got me very excited. I was um, very impressed by the production level in the trailer. That kind of blew me away. The action sequences and some of the stuff, like with the flight and jumping out of the plane, Mm -hmm. looked movie-level action sequence to me, Mm -hmm. and that really blew me away. I thought in some ways it looked better than The Mandalorian as far as, like, looking like a movie budget yeah yeah no it looks fantastic um i'm gonna let's do this breakdown i think some of this stuff is actually gonna blow your minds i've been able to do some deep dives and uh combine it with a lot of the um set leaks that have come out and i think kind of like i think i have a good grasp on what we're gonna get with this show i don't of course i don't know how it's gonna end up but let's break this down the trailer opens with sam wilson and he's visiting a Washington, D.C. museum exhibit that's devoted to Steve Rogers, Captain America. And uh, we've seen this exhibit before. I remember when Bucky showed up and was was walking through that exhibit. Mm-hmm. One of the most brilliant recaps of a movie ever. Um, how basically they retold us the story of Captain America 1 and introduced reintroduced Bucky without us even realizing it in the second movie. Yeah. We see Sam, though, at this attraction. It looks like the new attraction here at the exhibit is Steve Rogers' shield on display. So this is basically telling us that sometime from when, when, um, you know, Steve Rogers gave him the shield, it's been taken away from him. Now it's in this, it's in this attraction. Is, is this the actual shield or is this a, a model of the shield and does 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 part of me is thinking like does Wyatt Russell who shows up in this series as US agent have the actual shield is this a fake shield that they've got on display and does Russell have the real shield why would they put this shield on display if it's not the real one then because this isn't even the one Cap used this is the one that he gave to um, Sam at the end of Endgame yeah so it's a new design and everything. So unless he went back in time and fucked with time a lot, I don't see why they would even have it there. 
That's that's the most confusing thing about the trailer is why Sam doesn't have it and why it's even in dis- on display when it's not the one Steve even used. I think I mean it leads you to believe that the government took it from him. Exactly, Captain America belongs yeah. to the government, and and they decide who the next Captain America is. And there's a lot of really interesting plot there because obviously they're well. I think that's where it's going. And they pick John Walker, and yeah. you yeah. know that's if you know the comics, you know that's. Uh, there's something there. Sam in the trailer says the legacy of that shield is complicated. He says that the Bucky Barnes, this is all speculation that there might be a story where before they gave Steve Rogers, the super soldier serum, they were experimenting with the serum on black soldiers first. Cause back, I can't remember when it was, but deadline first reported that actor Carl Lumley had been cast in the Falcon and winter soldier and even though his role has not been disclosed, Marvel fans immediately pounced on the possibility that the actor could be playing Isaiah Bradley, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the black Captain America. Now, Lumley, Carl Lumley, if you guys watched um, uh, Supergirl, he played um, the Martian Manhunter's father on that series. I don't know if you right. guys are watching Supergirl. Yep. Yeah. No, I know who he is. Yeah. Anyway, now- I, go ahead. No, I think that makes sense because then, you know, a lot of people have thought this there's movement towards a Young Avengers movie mm-hmm. and Isaiah Bradley's grandson becomes Patriot. Right. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, we we're get, we can talk about Young Avengers and like kind of like what they've introduced here with all these announcements. Like it seems like that we're leading up to Young Avengers. But um, Isaiah Bradley, the black Captain America, uh, was introduced back in 2003 in the Marvel Comics limited series Truth, Red, uh, Red, White, and Black as a superpowered product of experiments on African-American soldiers. The evocative backstory depicted with imagery that evoked the infamous real-world Tuskegee syphilis studies made Bradley a tragic but noble cultural symbol for African-American heroes within the Marvel Universe. So, I I mean, that's... I. Carl Lumbly showing up as the, as, as the black Captain America and kind of just, I think we're going to be finding out about how, um, yeah, the, the U.S. government thinks that they own Captain America. They were, they were experimenting using the serum on, on black men and before they finally gave the final serum to Steve Rogers, I think we're going to come across Carl Lumley in this series, and he's going to be he's going to be an older super soldier uh, with a with a different strain of the serum that went went into his body. But um, yeah, this is uh, I, this was a territory I did not see the show going in, and I think it's super exciting. Yeah, that's some really heavy stuff to uh, do in a Disney Plus series. That's really cool. Uh, yeah. Remember too when when Cap gave Sam that shield, and he said something like, "How do you like? What is it? How does it feel?" And Sam said, "Like it belongs to somebody else." Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just adds so much weight to what Sam will have to take on eventually. That I mean, it's a it's a fascinating way to go. We hear Bucky in the trailer say the world is upside down. Uh, we then see them being led through the streets of a Japanese city. We don't know who is leading them there. We just know, um, and we don't know what they're looking for. Um, there's speculation. I don't know. I, 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 there's speculation that they're in the fictional city of Madripoor. 
because and 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 they could be these could be taken this could be taken place in Madripoor. There's set photos taken, and I've seen these set photos showing the Madripoor flag. So Madripoor, you know, could be showing up in this series. And um, I don't know if this is Madripoor that we're looking at, but Madripoor has been pretty important in the X-Men comics. But I don't necessarily think that this is a backdoor pilot to any X-Men. But I think that uh, I think we will see Madripoor in this series. But I don't know if this is it or if it's later when they're on the boat. I have no idea. If I had to speculate, it's if I had to speculate, I think that they that they might be in Madripoor here. That this might be Madripoor. I can see it. Yeah, it throws fans a bone, you know? Yeah, yeah. So let's know that that exists in this universe. We see a police force in Germany. Um, it's the police force on their, on their, on their, on their uniforms. It says justice and it's spelled with a Z at the end. And we see them kind of react to this terrorist, terrorist attack. So some of the show is going to take place in Germany. We do know that the Sokovia Accords were signed in Germany. So this isn't our first trip to Germany in the MCU. And um, some people are saying since the terrorist attack is is bombings, why would uh, the German police be wearing riot gear? And I don't have an answer for you. I mean, these are these are scenes that could be unrelated at the end of the day. I have no idea. But um, we do get our first look at the terrorist group that I think uh, performed this attack. And they're rumored to work for Flag Smasher. And here's the thing. I say they're rumored to work for Flag Smasher. I'll break this down a little bit more. I, I don't know if Flag Smasher in this is going to be a, a person or if it's just going to be a group of people. I, I don't know yet. And we won't know until like we watch ideal. the series. What's that? Like an ideal. And not yeah. necessarily like a guy, but just like a a mantra, an ideal. Yeah, we don't, we don't know. We don't know yet. Flag Smasher at the end of the day could be, it could be Flag Smasher, you know, from the comics, or it could just be, we do know that there's a group called Flag Smashers in this series. The symbol was seen on marketing, you know, earlier this year. And it's been, um, that, that has been leaked. We, so we do know that, uh, there are, there is a group of people in this series called Flag Smashers. We get a scene of, um, it, the scene on the football field with the high five and all that was, was that us agent? I, I think it has to be right. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. We just saw him from the back. So it's not like I got to see Wyatt Russell, his face, you know what I mean? So I was just, I was assuming that this is like a celebration of like the new, you know, this is the government's choice to take over the mantle of Captain America. This is like the new symbol of patriotism. And we're going to we're going to host it before, you know, this very American football game and people are getting excited, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing, because they haven't shown him in any um, releases, right? Any promotional releases or anything like that. They just like screenshots where people have taken pictures of on set stuff that's the only time we've seen him right there's one clip in this it's like when they show a bunch of action there's one clip and you can see him but it's very far away and it's very blurry and that's it right and there's really yeah, nothing. So they don't they, they don't have a reason to show him yet if they're trying to play some sort of like sneaky game as far as yeah. explain to us what this is about yeah um we also get a scene of daniel Bruhl's baron zemo at his family grave mourning their death and um, we see a, a metal hand drop four bullet bullets in front of him. So that metal hand, that's definitely Bucky. 
And, and so he's showing up there. This scene is, there is a lot of, here's the thing. And Eric, you, you mentioned it like you're, you know, you're looking forward to like this U.S. agent storyline. I, we all thought that, here's the thing. We all thought before the U.S. agent stuff was out there in the public, we all thought that Baron Zemo was going to be the main villain in the Falcon and Winter Soldier. And that, that might not be the case. And, and, um, I'll get the U.S. agent here in a second, but let's get back to Baron Zemo. The last time we saw Baron Zemo, well, he wasn't even going by Baron Zemo in Captain America Civil War. He was Helmet Zero. And we had, we, we had seen him. He had set up everything. He had put everything in place to where like Tony would learn that Bucky killed his parents. And then after he put that all in place and they're fighting each other, he was going to commit suicide. Black Panther stopped that. And then he got locked away. He, uh, the joint terrorism task force locked him away. And we don't know what has transpired with, with Zemo since we last saw him in Captain America Civil War. We don't know if he survived the Thanos snap. We know nothing about him. We don't know how he even got out of being imprisoned. All we knew is that he was going to be in this series because there was this short video that they released last year of him reciting the Winter Soldier codes, all those different words that made the Winter Soldier the Winter Soldier, and then him putting, finally putting on that purple Zemo mask. And we got, confer- we got confirmation that he's going to go by Baron Zemo in this one. So there, there is speculation that he's not going to be the main villain in this series. There has been leaked set photos of Zemo with Bucky, Sam, and Sharon Carter. And then also leaked photos of them fighting together. So they're not fighting against each other. And I don't know, maybe Bucky and Sam are protecting him. We don't know why. Maybe he was freed by Bucky and Sam while he was imprisoned. Or they were told that, you know, that he's been set free and that they're going to be working with him by Sharon Carter. It's all speculation. I don't know, but it doesn't, it, it, it sounds like, it sounds like the, the main villain is not going to be Zemo in this series. Not saying that he won't be a villain later on down the road and possibly like a season two, because it's, it feels like to me that all of this with Zemo could lead him to, uh, to be the leader of the Thunderbolts later on down the road. Thunderbolts has been kind of like a big talk in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. At one time, James Gunn threw his name out there that he would love to direct a, a Thunderbolts movie. If he, if, he, if he didn't do Guardians of the Galaxy, he'd be interested in doing Thunderbolts. And I mean, we've, we've heard rumors of, you know, like General Ross is coming back in Black Widow and things like that. We, maybe he's gonna, we've heard rumors that he was gonna turn into the Red Hulk and, and that maybe General Ross would be the leader of the Thunderbolts. I'm personally thinking that, that, that they're bringing Zemo back. He's working with him in this one, but I think, um, once all, everything's all said and done, he might be setting up a Thunderbolts team. I could see it. And, and I do agree that Zemo probably won't end up being the main villain of this first season. It, it seems like there's definitely other antagonists happening in this trailer. And yeah, I, I think the Thunderbolts is something that's on the back burner. And I could see this leading to uh, 
getting the Citizen V version of Zemo coming up next after this. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. – oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't see what his motivations would really be against the, them to be the main villain on this. Because yeah. he was mostly against the original Avengers and then Stark and and uh, Steve. So I just I just struggle to see why he would have stakes into being the main villain. Yeah, but to see Bucky working with Zemo and protecting Zemo and fighting along Zemo, yeah. like that's pretty wild, right? Like what the fuck, what transpired? What has changed to why they'd be working together? Yeah, I would like to see Maybe that. Maybe it's just a matter of, I'm sorry. No, that's, that's it. I'm good. Uh, maybe it's just like almost like the Bill Burr and the Mandalorian situation where maybe maybe Zemo knows something that they don't know and they, they need his help just to get to the next storyline step. I think it's all I think it might all be set up by Sharon Carter. That's my guess. I don't know. She's telling that Bucky and Sam that you got to work with somebody and it turns out to be Zemo. And there there might be a scuffle at the beginning. I don't know. I, I have no idea. But it looks like they're all working together. Zemo's not going to be the main villain is what I'm guessing. And then our main villain for the series could either be U.S. agent John Walker, played by Wyatt Russell, who was, you know, the government's choice to take over the Captain America mantle. Or I don't, honestly, I don't think it, I don't even think it's U.S. agent. I think it's going to be this flag smasher and, and, and his terrorists in the comics. They were called ultimatum. And basically, like, Flag Smasher in, in the comics was, like, the opposite of Captain America in every way. And and so, you know, Captain America believes in patriotism and freedom, and, and this guy promotes anarchy. And he wanted all the nations to be separated, not united. And um, he starts this group in the comic called Ultimatum. Um, and, and I think that – I think it's not going to be called Ultimatum here. I think it's going to be a group called the Flag Smashers. So I, at this point, I don't know if Flag Smashers is, is led by, like like I said earlier, like by one person or if it's just a group. But we saw Flag Smashers in the trailer. Do you remember that black mask that we saw with the red handprint on it? Mm-hmm. That's the same fucking like logo that I think Flag Smasher wears on his belt. And it shows up here. And so I think that I'm guessing that John Walker, U.S. agent, starts off kind of being like we're all thinking that he's going to be the villain in this fucking show to Sam and Bucky because, like, you know, like he's taken over the mantle. And and I think that U.S. agent eventually gets taken out by the Flag Smashers. I think they they I think they could even kill him. If he's the symbol, he's if, he, if he's victim. the if he's the symbol of patriotism, even if he wasn't chosen by Captain America himself, this would put him in danger of being killed by flag smashers who are totally against the government. They're against patriotism. I think he gets taken out, and that's what makes Sam like kind of like the only hope here. I think we might be led to believe that U.S. agent is the villain in this. Until he's taken out by the flag smashers. That's my that's my prediction. What were you saying? Yeah, I wonder if he's something of a victim. You know, like the failed experiment to recreate the super soldier serum, and you know, like the the villain is. You know, you've got the flag smashers that are anti government, and also I think you'll see the government potentially be a villain. I wonder if the villain in this series is going to be just someone in a suit, some government official. Not unlike what we saw in Winter Soldier, um, and you know Zemo is always he's 
I wonder if Zemo's more of like a puppet master behind the behind the scenes, maybe. Um, you know, maybe he's somebody who's broken out of prison. He works with them, but he's also kind of manipulating things, not unlike what we saw Loki do. I mean, if he's a fugitive, that would explain why he wears a mask, too. Maybe he's hiding his face for some reason because he's been broken out of prison or something like that to help. He has some information that they need to help them do something. Mm-hmm. I've seen lots of rumors that the the woman that we see put on the Flag Smasher helmet is a gender-swapped version of the Flag Smasher we know from the comic books. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, that that also could that could also be the case. I'm just I'm just not 100% sure if 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 it's just a group or if it, it if it's just a group. I know it's going to be a group in the show, but I don't know if there is somebody at, like helming this whole thing, like, like it, the flag smasher, like the flag smasher, or what? Like Greg's saying, like it could just be like a politician or something, you know? Or I don't, I don't think, I don't think Zemo's behind this. I think they're saving Zemo. I honestly think that they're saving Zemo to do something with Thunderbolts later down, later down the road. I could see that too, and you know, it would make sense if they're introducing Isaiah Bradley that. You know, there's this common thread that Steve Rogers was like a one in a million. Like, they, you know, they continue to try these experiments. And, you know, John Walker is another sort of victim of the government. And maybe they think the serum works and it has a really negative impact on his mind. And we find that as the series goes on, you know. It would make sense with them introducing Isaiah that we see John Walker have the same uh, different problem. That's true. I was thinking like I was thinking that like John Walker comes out. He's like the new Captain America and people are all excited. And then he goes into his first battle and it's against the and these flag smashers just fucking destroy him. Yeah. It would make a lot more sense for that to happen because it bring it would bring everybody together and give Bucky a uh, falcon a reason to step up to take that mantle to take those guys down but like if u.s agent survives there's no room for him really in the universe because Mm -hmm. he's basically the same um same as bucky and we haven't in in any of these trailers we haven't seen sam with we see him with a new suit we see him with a new suit He's on like we see him on his family's boat. We know it's his family's boat because we see uh, uh, it says Wilson family seafood and on the banner in the background. So we know it's his family's boat. We see that and we see him with this briefcase, which I'm guessing contains the new Falcon suit that we do see in the trailer. But I don't think we never see a suit that's like red, white and blue and we don't see him with the shield. And I think like that's like maybe that they're saving that for like the end of this season with like before we see him in like a red, white and blue before he actually takes on like the fucking mantle of Captain America officially after U.S. agent. I think U.S. agent is killed by the flag smashers. I think like they the government builds him up and he goes out there and, you know, they get like this, you know, this terrorist attack and he shows up and they fucking they kill him. We watch we watch this guy die in front of us. And it's like somebody who we who we've who we've been hating because like he's he's taken over the mantle. We know that Steve Rogers gave it to Sam Wilson. We, we hate this guy for what he's doing. We thought that he was going to be the ultimate villain in this thing, but it might be a sad thing to watch this fight this guy get killed in battle. I was thinking the same thing. We were talking about that. Like it, it would become very like you'd feel a lot of sympathy for the character at that point. Yeah. He's just a, basically a government fucking tool. Right. That's been used and abused. And now he lost his life because of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's tragic. And so uh, most of the rest of the trailer that we see here is like Falcon as he jumps out of that uh, that uh, that plane and he's going he's flying through that canyon. He's dodging missiles from the helicopter. And we saw a lot of uh, amazing action and weaving and, and, and all that shit. It, I thought that 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 blew me away. I love that. I thought that that was so fun. I thought that that was so fun to watch that. But um, overall, I love this trailer. I think that uh, I think there's a lot to kind of like, you know, unpack with this. And I fuck. I mean, if we get another trailer, if we get a couple more TV spots for this, it could change how I feel about this as far as like who's going to be the overarching villain. I. but right now, I think that I think that they're going to be working with Zemo. I think Zemo's going to have his own fucking agenda at the end of the day. I think that he's going to be working to put together the Thunderbolts, and I think we could get a Thunderbolt series, or or you know, or season two of Captain America: Winter Soldier. If we get one, it could be Captain America. Uh, it could be yeah, it would be called Captain America: Winter Soldier if he takes over the mantle. But um, yeah, it, I've seen rumors that the the woman that puts on the flag smasher mask may become Zemo's songbird in a future Thunderbolt series. I mean, just a far-fetched rumor, but yeah. there's definitely a lot of buzz about a Thunderbolt happening. Yes. Connections and yeah. prelude to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think we will get Thunderbolts. I think it will happen. I think it will be a Disney plus series too. I, I mean, that. what's that? I would love that. Great series. Now I wonder though, um, is Taskmaster a member of the Thunderbolt? Not in the comics. Well, I know. I mean, it doesn't matter though. I mean, no, no. Yeah, yeah. But because there were some rumors coming out of Black Widow that Taskmaster is set up as a member of the Thunderbolts. I don't know if that's true or not, or if that's just a rumor. But I could definitely uh, see it happening, man. Like some of these, some of these characters that didn't get, you know, that haven't been, you know, like uh, General Ross. Like, I think, I think eventually he, I think that William Hurt will turn into the Red Hulk in one of these fucking series. Mm I agree. I agree. And it's very much in the spirit of the Thunderbolts to use a lot of these villains from previous Marvel movies to put in new monikers and be new heroes. Mm-hmm. So that'd be really cool. I love the comedy at the end of the trailer, too, when they're walking down that road. And I don't know why they're walking down the road. It, just, it looks like they don't have they don't have a car or, you know, Falcon doesn't have his wings, but they're walking down a road. And he's like, you know, I can see those gears turning. And talking about how he's like a robot and shit. And I thought, I thought the comedy there was really funny between those two. I, I'm really looking forward to this now. Yeah. There's a really, um, cool moment in the trailer that to me was very reminiscent of Steve and Tony embracing when you see these two characters embracing. It almost looks like the same shot in the same pose. Oh, that's awesome. When they kind of grab each other's hands standing out like in that farm. Like yeah. it very much looks like a, an homage to that scene. I have a really loaded question. Yeah. How do they deal how do they deal with the fact that these two characters are close with a hundred and something year old Steve Rogers who as far as we know is still alive? Do do they just acknowledge that he's in an apartment somewhere in Brooklyn and do they pretend like like how, how does that happen? He may have passed away. We might find that out at the beginning of this series. Like this might take place in tw- not, tw- you know, th- th- this might not be 2023. This might be 2024, or 2025. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Because otherwise, it's like they're going through this awful situation. You would think the first person they would call, despite his age, is Steve. They're like, "Hey, what mm-hmm. do we do?" You but know? they they they, ha- they don't have Steve. Maybe that's when we get Carl Lumley's character. Yeah. 
Maybe. You know? Uh, let's jump in next to Thor, Love, and Thunder. Um, this has been moved to May 6th of 2022. We know uh, Chris Hemsworth is going to come back. Uh, Tessa Thompson comes back as Valkyrie. Natalie Portman comes back as Jane Foster. She's going to be Mighty Thor. Deadline announced on Friday that Jamie Alexander will return as Lady Sif in Thor, Love, and Thunder. And I have a theory on this when we talk about the Loki series that I'll get to later. I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about, I'm not going to talk about that now. I will talk about that later. We got confirmation that Christian Bale has been officially cast as the main villain, Gore the God Butcher, which, uh, if you haven't read the, the, the Jason Aaron run, um, with uh the, the Thor run that he did um with Gore the God Butcher and God Bomb all that shit it's a must read it is fucking incredible you, you were introduced to to Gore and and when he is a, he he grows up as a child and he's taught to you know pray to the gods um you know very religious family he's he's raised in you know pray to the gods the gods will the gods will take care of you but they never answer his prayers and he's living on a planet that is like starving people are suffering and um eventually you know takes on a wife and has children all of his children end up dying except for one his wife is is then killed in an earthquake and um he still prays you know that uh, that his son is going his son is his last son agar is dying and he's he's praying that his son will live and he he watches his son agar die in his arms and then there's this there's this day where he sees these two gods fall out of the sky one's like purple and one's like in gold armor and um i think it's the one in gold armor gets really fucked up and and starts begging for gore's help so he's got a god that's begging for his help and then Gore is like, you guys, I've been praying to gods. First off, you realize that these motherfuckers do really exist. And then he's like, I've been praying to you to save me and my family and take care of us. And you've done nothing. And he picks up this black necro sword and kills this god with it. And from that point on, Gore the god, but he becomes Gore the god butcher and he vows to kill all the gods. And it's, it's a fucking amazing comic. And then it comes to like, you know, him going up against Thor. And then like, there's the, there's like three generate, th- three different generations of Thor, like young Thor, the, the Thor that we know from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and then old man Thor with like the, the fucking, he's missing an eye just like Odin and shit. It's fucking, it's, it's incredible. And, um, we got confirmation that, um, Christian Bale is going to be that character. So, I I think that I with the way that character looked they're going to have to use some CG or some makeup on Christian Bale. <laughs> you, you would imagine. Yeah, definitely. Have you heard of the recent um I don't know if I could call it a retcon about the necro sword and what that is, Brian? No. It's a it's a symbiote. Mm. Oh, crazy. Did did uh is that something that Donnie Cates has done? I believe it's a Donnie Cates um, I mean, it honestly, I don't even like calling it um, a retcon because it does make sense. 
Um, but I think it is like the first symbiote originally wielded by the dark god. Okay. And all like all this. St- I, I have to catch up with the storyline recently, but I know that they've said it's a symbiote. Um, so it's pretty fascinating stuff. Yeah, so don't I love gore. Don't yeah. look for that to happen. In no, no, never. Yeah. Not, never going to happen. <laughs> no, that's cool though. That's cool. I yeah, didn't know but that. It's a, it's a cool little wink, but yeah, um, I love Gore. I think he's one of the cooler villains of the last, you know, twenty five years at Marvel. Oh fuck yeah! I, yeah, I can't wait for the visual representation of Gore through Taika Waititi's sort of sensibility. I think he's going to be amazing. I want to see this whole origin story of Gore play out. I want it to be the first scenes that we see in this movie. Yeah, it's not a character that you want to get, like, see it shortchanged. Like, hopefully they give him enough screen time and it's a character that we care about and, you know, feel bad for. It's Christian Bale. You know, I mean... This guy, I mean, honestly, I, I, I don't, I don't know what you, th- what everybody's thoughts are about Christian Bale, but I, I mean, it, I, I've, I've seen this guy pull off some amazing performances. Ford versus Ferrari, fucking, um, even going back to American Psycho. I mean, I think this guy, I think this guy can be a killer villain, and uh, I think, yeah, it'd be a damn shame to see Taika not fucking make this villain like super interesting. And because I mean, think about think about Malekith and what a waste Malekith was. And I mean, if you read Jason Aaron's run of his Thor comics, Malekith was pretty fucking awesome in his comic. So, so it's kind of a waste of a character. What we and Christopher Eccleston is a great actor, in my opinion. And they wasted Malekith in the Dark World. So, I mean, I'm hoping that Taika Waititi really gives fucking. You know, you're we're getting a new hero with Jane Foster, Mighty Thor, and your hero is only as good as the villain. You know, so you you really got to do something here with Gore the God Butcher. You got a great fucking actor. Don't waste this. This is this could be fucking incredible. Is Gore still around? Is it is he still a viable character in the comics? I haven't read any new Gore stuff or seen any new Gore stuff. I don't think they killed him. I think they like he's was either sedated or something. I'd have to remember, but I think he's not off the table. Um, Christian Bale, by the way, also an excellent performance when that crew member walked into his shot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, during, during Terminator <laughs> Salvation. Oh, Lordy, Lordy, dog. I don't think that that was acting, Greg. <laughs> no, no, that was real. <laughs> Maybe that's his Gore voice. Maybe Gore will have that voice. I would love to see. I would love to see fucking Christian Bale and Alec Baldwin in a shouting match. <laughs> oh man, I don't know who would win that. I would like to see Christian Bale, Alec Baldwin transported back to 1983, and there's only one Cabbage Patch Kid doll on the shelf for their daughter. <laughs> <laughs> that's like Jingle All the Way too, right there. Oh, that's well, that's directed by fucking uh, Eli Roth. Yeah. <laughs> Add in Casey Kasem when he had to go to an umtempo tune tune after reading an email about somebody's dog who died. Remember that great one too. No, I do not remember that. All right, I'll email it. That to you. that is lost on me. All right, some uh, listeners somewhere appreciated that reference. So you're welcome. Someone, and we got one of one of them out there. <laughs> <laughs> I think Eric had to mute himself from laughing so much. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> he under he under he understood the reference so much. Um, this flipping tables, one or the other. Yeah, uh, this movie. Uh, it looks like they're going to start shooting this one in January, so I'm looking forward to that. Are they shooting this one in Australia? I would imagine they I'm not are. Sure. 
I would bet they are. Black Panther 2, the movie's release date has been moved to July 8th, 2022. Um, we got official confirmation. I talked about this on the Patreon episode. I said I do not want Chadwick Boseman to be recast. I don't want anybody to recast the the Black Panther. And um, I, I said in the Patreon episode, like, you know, just like, you know, they retired Michael Jordan's jersey in the rafters. And I feel like that's what... I feel like that's what that that I feel like that's what's deserved here. That's what I feel, and everybody's gonna have like their own opinion. But I felt like Chadwick Boseman just like embodied that character so much, and I know other people have been Black Panthers uh, in in the comics. But it's just for me, I it, just with his death and and the way he he uh, carried himself and the way he played T'Challa, I just I just didn't feel right about them just recasting. And having a new Black Panther come in here, and and Kevin Feige said that he won't be um, won't be recast, and that the the new movie is going to explore the world of Wakanda and the characters introduced in the first movie, and Ryan Coogler will direct. So, I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on this? I mean, and, and where do they go? Where do they go from here? Are we still looking at possibly a Namor story? Like, where do you go with this? I mean. A lot of people, and here's another thing that we that we kind of brought up during the Patreon episode. Michael B. Jordan, Killmonger. Did did they bring him back? Do they redeem that character? Is he? We move forward with that character. Yeah, it's hard saying. Like I, I, I'm glad they're not recasting the character. I think that's great. But where do we go from there? Like, are we acknowledging that the character is dead, or is the character existing off screen the entire movie and we just don't see him? It's very bizarre. I'm very curious as how they're going to pull this off. I think you have to acknowledge his death. Yeah. I would like yeah. to see them kind of bring Killmonger back and almost have him be like a mentor to like Shuri and bringing her into the role and having him kind of redeem himself by helping teach her, you know, combat and how to lead people. Because he was a good leader. I mean, as, as bad as a guy he was, he, he fucking rallied people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to see him be the Black Panther, but Yeah. Yeah. We still have uh what's what's the other actor's name that played um uh the the uh the other tribe. The first guy he thought he fought for yeah, the, the dude movie. the yeah, dude from us. What's his name? I can't think of it right now, I apologize. What was his name? Winston Duke? Mbaku? Is it Winston yeah, Duke? Winston. No, Winston Duke was... Uh, M'Baku. Yeah, you're right. M'Baku, yeah. Yeah, you're right, Eric. M'Baku, Winston Duke. I mean, he's got to come back. And then what about uh, what about the dude from Get Out? Um, he was also part of the... He was also part of the... He was Black Panther's, you know, buddy that had the fucking rhino farm or whatever. Daniel Kaluuya. Daniel Kaluuya. Was it, was it, was it, was it rhinos or hippos? I can't remember. I thought they were rhinos. It was rhinos, yeah. Ah, those fucking rhinos. Like, the good thing about that movie was, like, it was a pretty tight-knit group of people that yeah. you can easily see any one of them take that role, and, and it would be pretty fluid. Yeah, it'd be kind of fun if that was a little bit of the plot, too. Like, if that's not one of the things that's just revealed right up front. Like, if kind of the fun of the movie is who will take the mantle and not knowing that answer until you see the movie. Yeah, I, I wonder, and, you know, 
God bless Ryan Coogler right now writing around this awful situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, is does Black Panther two sort of continue the story of the the cost of Wakanda outing itself to the world? And part of the cost of that ultimately is that um, they lose their king, you know. And and whether that's how they how they do that, I don't know. Um, I imagine in my head somewhere, if this is Atlantis, like maybe there's just a big tidal wave. It's like a massive attack and T'Challa, T'Challa's gone. And then you have this sort of power vacuum and everyone has to sort of figure out. I mean, it would make sense that Shuri would ultimately be the new Black Panther. But um, I wonder if that's the plot thread, the idea that, you know, Wakanda basically revealed itself to the world. There was a massive intergalactic battle there. They're continuing to pay the price and ultimately... Uh, T'Challa gives his life for that. Well, there, I don't. I don't know how they're going to handle T'Challa, to be honest with you. But like, I, we do remember that was it, it was uh, it was an end game where they said there was some sort of like underwater earthquake or something like that, some tremors, right. and so people they were brushed it off. Yeah, so people were thinking like, oh, could this be like you know Atlantis reacting? Could we get Namor? Um, another theory, I think it was Billy Blinks brought it up on our Patreon episode, was that maybe they bring in. From an alternate, you know, we're introducing the multiverse, maybe from a different multiverse where Killmonger did take over the mantle of Black Panther and he's brought over. That that version's still alive and that version comes over and then is our new Black Panther. So Michael B. Jordan returns. And I we, like that idea a lot. And we know and that it's not it's hard to redeem that character and that makes it a lot more plausible. Well, especially after the you know the the death that he does that he wanted, he wanted to die at the end of that movie, you know, and you know he talks about the you know slaves dying on the on the you know being thrown off the slave ships and things like that, and it's like that was such a powerful way for that character to die, but to bring him over from a multiverse, um, and we know that Michael B. Jordan loves to work with Ryan Coogler. I mean, you know, Creed. Fruitvale Station, like these guys love to work together. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. It, it incorporates stuff that they're already doing in a lot of other movies. And yeah, you're absolutely right. It's hard to imagine a two-hour Ryan Coogler movie without any appearances by Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens with with um, with Black Panther two. I just don't. Man, I just don't, I really don't know what to expect with this one. I really don't know what to to expect. Is it, is it going to be called Black Panther colon something? I, I mean, I think like the title is going to reveal so much once, once, once it finally comes out. Um, Captain Marvel 2, it's been moved to November 11th, 2022. Nia DaCosta is confirmed to be directing. Uh, we're getting, of course, we're getting Brie Larson coming back as Cap, uh, as uh, Captain Marvel. Um, we know that Iman Vellani and Tiana Paris have joined the cast as Ms. Marvel and Monica Rambeau. And um, they're both going to be, well, we know that uh, Monica Rambeau is going to be introduced in WandaVision. So we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But yeah, and then Iman Vellani, we know that like that Ms. Marvel TV show, like Ms. Marvel in the comic books is a huge fan 
of uh, of Captain Marvel, and we even saw like one of the first things like, I even said like after the Captain Marvel movie came out, before it came out, I was like, what if the post credit scene is like a little girl in a room, and 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 you know it, she's got a fucking you know poster of Captain Marvel on her wall, and they're teasing Ms. Marvel, and well, what did we get in? You know, what did we get here when we watched this? We, we did get a look inside of her room and we did see a picture of Captain Marvel on her wall. So she's going to be showing up in the uh, Captain Marvel 2 movie. So I don't have, I, I mean, there's really not a lot that I know that we can, I was, you know, if you, if you were to ask me, you know, a couple years ago what this movie would have been, I would have told you Captain Marvel 2 would have been Secret Invasion, but we know we're getting a fucking Disney Plus series about that, which we'll talk about later. So I have no idea yeah. what we're dealing with in Captain Marvel 2. I would have thought the same, that it's more the Ben Mendelsohn stuff and continuing with the scrolls, but yeah, that seems completely out the window now, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just real quick. I was just yeah. thinking of Black Panther two titles. They should name that thing Wakanda Forever and be done with it. Oh, uh, that's a great idea, Jade. Yeah, I that's like that title. Uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Speaking of great titles, Ant Man and the Wasp three Quantum Mania. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. This is the uh, official title for Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, Peyton, Reed, uh, Peyton Reed is going to be returning as the director. Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer will return respectively as Scott Lang, Hope Van Dyne, Hank Pym, and Janet Van Dyne. Uh, Catherine Newton will officially play Cassie Lang, replacing Emma Furman. And then uh, big time actor who's uh, come out recently. Um, we saw him in the, the last black man in San Francisco. He was in captive, what was it, captive state, uh, most recently in Lovecraft Country. Jonathan Majors is officially joining the cast as Kang the Conqueror. We heard rumors about this. It is official now. Kang the Conqueror going to be the main villain, it looks like, here in Quantum Mania. I mean, the time traveler. I mean, I, I don't know. Kang just seems like a bigger villain than in an Ant-Man and Lost movie. Yeah, you kind of have to hope there's some scope here, and it's not just a one-and-done Ant-Man 3 villain. That'll be very disappointing to me. Um, not that I'm not excited to see Majors as Kang. I think it's great casting. But if it's just he's in this movie and then that's all she wrote, then I'm going to be very disheartened by that. Yeah, there's rumors that he's showing up in other things, but I don't know how reliable those sources are. No, and that's an easy rumor to spread, right? Because it's Kang the Conqueror. People, people sure. are just going to say that on principle, I think. I don't know. I don't have a lot of information about quantum mania. Quantum mania. <laughs> <laughs> well, it feels like the, you got to wonder if the majority of the movie takes place in the quantum realm because the big question that we had coming out of Ant-Man and the Wasp is what's there? Well, I mean, did it, at some point we saw what looked like a city in the quantum realm. Yeah. I don't remember which movie that was. But it, it feels like that's where this is headed. The city was in the second movie when they were when they rescued, wasn't it? When they got Michelle Pfeiffer out of it. Correct. Yeah, and then with the tardigrades around too. That was all the same shot, right? I believe so. I mean, I, I I mean, and that city was all just speculation as well. But I agree with you, Brian. I don't think you cast Jonathan Majors as. Kang and he's a one-off villain in Ant-Man 3. I, I hope they're playing the long game with him. That would only make sense. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, but how many... Uh, what, 
it doesn't leave a lot of room for like, like who's the next big fucking like, you know, phase four villain? Like who's the next Thanos? Is it going to be Kane the Conqueror or is it going to, you know, is it going to be Dr. Doom? We're getting a fucking fantastic four movie that we're going to be talking about. It's like, you know, Kang, Dr. Doom and then maybe the beyonder. Who knows? Yeah. I, I wouldn't be opposed to Doom and Kang working together and then Doom just fucking overthrowing Kang for power by the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blade, we didn't, all, they, they basically just saying, you know, uh, that, uh, we're gonna get news about that soon. It's gonna be starring Mahershala Ali as Blade. What are the chances we're getting a, uh, we're gonna get another R-rated Blade? Low? Very low. What the fuck? How can you have a vampire that goes around, a, a fucking, va- a day, a daywalker that goes around killing vampires? Vampires notoriously known for fucking, you know, blood. Bloodlust and you know, I, I just I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, Jake, I, I, Twilight. I know you're all about <laughs> Jake. You love. I mean, you think that they can do anything PG-13, but man, I dude, I there's certain. There's, oh, I don't. I don't think they could do anything PG-13. Yeah, I just. I mean, I they, you fucking. I think you can bounce between PG-13. I think like if you show Blade and he shows up in a fucking, you know, a Disney Plus series, or he shows up in a fucking. You know, like an Avengers movie or something like that. You, of course, you can have it PG thirteen. Man, if I if I get a solo Blade movie, I want a fucking R rating. If I get a solo fucking if I get a solo Wolverine movie from this point, I want an R rating. And I, I know that that like, <sighs> yeah, it's hard to step back from that. I agree. It is, and the same thing with Deadpool. I, I, I'm a little bummed that we didn't get a fucking Deadpool announcement. Because at this point, like with no Deadpool announcement, when did they start filming this fucking thing? 2023? We're going to get it in 2024? Fucking five, six years after our last Deadpool movie? Like, come on. <laughs> it's yeah, a, it, I'd almost be fine if they just made fucking a Blade movie and didn't even make it part of the MCU. If that's what it takes to make it R, then that's the way to go. Like, I don't know what the rule is going to be there. It just seems like they're not willing to have MCU proper stuff have that R rating, at least as of yet. Yeah. I'm wondering how they make Blade cinematic, because now that you have Disney Plus, you almost have to, it's almost like you have to earn the big screen, you know? And Blade is not on the surface something that needs to be on the big screen, other than honestly Mahershala Ali's being, being cast, you know? I'd argue differently. I mean, Blade is honestly the first Marvel character giant cinematic hit. Yeah, oh, no, no, totally, totally agree. But in today's world, where you have streaming quality programming on streaming, and Blade is not necessarily big in scope, so is if they're gonna if they're gonna have certain movie certain properties that are on small screen and certain that are big screen, it's just interesting that Blade ends up on the big screen. Well, and it's uh, also interesting the fact that like we haven't been introduced to vampires within the, this world at all. at all. And do they go big? And it's you know Dracula. You know, like Blade's ultimately this is introducing Dracula to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right, that yeah. Maybe Moon Knight's tangentially involved somehow. I have sure. no idea. Does, does Blade like become an Avenger? Is that this? You know, <laughs> I have no idea. Him and Deadpool joined together. Yeah. Same day, same recruitment drive. We'll see what happens with Blade. Mahershala Ali is a great fucking choice, though. Oh, he's amazing. She-Hulk. Yeah, I think an, an actor like that kind of mm. carries the weight of it being a theatrical movie instead of a Disney Plus mm-hmm. TV show. Yeah. Yep. 
She-Hulk, uh, Tatiana Maslany. What the fuck? Tatiana Maslany is officially joined the cast as Jennifer Walters. What the fuck? Yeah, she, uh, first we get the announcement. Yeah, she's gonna be, she looks like she's gonna be She-Hulk. And then she comes out and says no. And now we get the official announcement. Yeah, she was just being coy, obviously. They had a set time when they wanted to make that announcement. It got leaked. They tried to cover it up until they could do the official announcement. The chant cleared Jed. Yeah, I don't think it was like a holdout for more money or anything like that. I just think it was sloppy information. Uh, the information came out before she had actually signed the contract. Before it was, you know, officially signed, she couldn't say anything. Ink hadn't dried yet. Yeah. What did we find out about the She-Hulk series? Tim Roth has officially joined the cast as Abomination, reprising his role from The Incredible Hulk. I know that that's not people's favorite movie. Like, that's not a favorite movie. I enjoy I liked it. I, I like it, too. I Every time I see, like, top list, it's almost always the bottom. At the bottom. I, 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 I like that movie. No way it's worse than Thor of the Dark World. I'm sorry. No, it's not. It's not. And I think Tim Roth is one of the reasons I enjoy that movie so much. Yeah, I love Tim Roth. And I don't know. And it's definitely not worse than Iron Man 2. So. Yeah, I agree with that, too. I'd put it above Iron Man 2. For sure. Mark Ruffalo will be officially returning as Bruce Banner. I, I've said it before. I said it before. I thought that, that, that he would definitely be a part of this. And I think, like, you know... Uh, out of some of these characters, like, I think she definitely is going to show up on the big screen as well. I agree. I agree. I just, oh, I've said it before on this podcast, I do not want the blood transfusion. They have to figure out a better 2020 way to make She-Hulk She-Hulk than the fucking blood transfusion. It is really bad judgment if you're the Hulk to give somebody a blood transfusion. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, it worked in the 70s. I don't think it works so hot now. I mean, unless you're absolutely desperate. You know, they're in a situation in which she dies unless he gives her an immediate blood transfusion. What's weird about this show is it's going to be a comedy? I don't find that weird at all. I, I think the best She-Hulk stuff is the dance lot stuff, Yeah, which Even is the, essentially comedy. John Byrne back in the day was largely comedy, his, his run yep. on She-Hulk great point okay okay yeah so yeah jennifer walters uh she uh, uh, kevin feige said jennifer walters is a lawyer who specializes specifically in superhero oriented cases you never know what marvel characters are going to pop up from episode to episode so i wonder if this will be kind of like uh like a uh, a backdoor pilot for maybe the armor wars tv show where you know maybe she has to <laughs> i don't know i don't know what sam rockwell is doing and how Justin Hammer could show up again, but maybe he's like, you know, last we saw him, he was incarcerated, but I don't know if he's out of jail or not, but maybe he could show up again and be kind of like, I don't know, she could be not defending him, but, you know, going up against him in court. I would love to see that. Um, Sam Rockwell is like the only redeeming factor of Iron Man 2. I just, yeah, I can't see, like the Armor Wars show, I can't see him not being a part of Armor Wars. He would almost have to because he's the one who had direct contact with um, an Iron Man suit to modify it, so he would have some sort of schematics to try to sell off to make an easy buck to somebody else, right? Well, they said they said the show is about Tony Stark's worst fear coming true: what happens when his tech falls into the wrong hands. 
Yeah, he's the he's the only one who's had direct contact with his tech, right? As far as an Iron Man suit, because he modified the Iron Man. I'm sorry, the Mark One into the War Machine War Machine suit. So they, yeah, and they said that the protagonist of the Armor Wars show is going to be War Machine is Don Shadle. So. Didn't, wasn't there a Marvel when we used to get the one shots where Justin Hammer was kind of either broken out of prison or encountered by the Ten Rings too? And they said that's when we learned like Mandarin wasn't Ben Kingsley. I'd have to rewatch it because I don't remember what movie it came out with, but I thought there was a one shot with Hammer yeah. where the Ten Rings are like, you know, we're on to you and yeah. Mandarin's real. Um. It, 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 yeah, there is that one shot. I heard of it. I never watched it because I vowed never to watch Iron Man three again. <laughs> Which I, I haven't watched what it. Came with. Yeah, I thought I it came with uh, one of the Thor movies for some reason. Is what that I'm could thinking. Be. Yeah, this is back when they were doing those Marvel one shot movies, which they stopped yeah, they doing were. for some reason. Yeah, because they were silly and they were Blu-ray extras, and no yeah. one took much like actual stock in them. Other than me, obviously. Yeah, I'm like trying to draw out a whole series from it. I would love to see Damage Control make an appearance in the She-Hulk show. Well, didn't they? Um, weren't they going to do a Damage Control TV show at one time? Yeah, at one point that was going to happen. I just think that would be a perfect platform for them, like you know, needing defended for the work that they're doing in court. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I I I, I always love those Damage Control comics. Like, yeah, they're know, fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> they're the guys fucking like cleaning up the shit. After these superheroes destroy the cities, and it was, it, it was fun. It was funny. There's no yeah. way they could ever get him, but I would love to see She-Hulk defend uh, Ben Kingsley's Tre- Trevor from Iron Man ah. Three. Yeah, <laughs> that would be that would be fucking hysterical. And I, I bet there's going to be a lot of shitty villains that she ends up having to defend. I think that's. I think be- that's the fun of it all. I yeah. would love to see She-Hulk in court with Matt Murdock on the other side of her. That was that's a big that rumor that we're yeah. going to see Matt Murdock. We'll talk yeah. about that rumor. But I would love to see her defend like Stilt Man. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> all that shit is perfect. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the armadillo, face pot Pete, you know, that basically oh, yeah. a big glue gun. Oh, that'd be awesome. Uh, I, I honestly, I bet that's where it's headed. I, it sounds I awesome. Moon Knight. They, I'm not, we didn't, we didn't find out a lot more about Moon Knight. We know Oscar Isaac's going to be playing the character, and and um, it uh, the the series centers on character Mark Spector, a complex vigilante who suffers from dissociative identity disorder. These uh, multiple identities who live inside him are distinct characters in the series and will appear against a backdrop of Egyptian iconography. So, yeah, it's combining both of like the the background stories, the origin stories for uh, for Moon Knight here. I think it's cool. I it, you get fucking Oscar Isaac. This is another one that's that's like destined for the big screen. Did they make Oscar Isaac official at the? At the meeting, I feel like they showed his picture, but I, I'm not sure. Did they? I thought they did. I yeah, thought they I, did. I, too. I thought that was still in limbo. I feel like they showed his picture during the during the presentation, but I could be wrong. I don't remember. Okay, yeah, I just wasn't sure. I didn't think that was set in stone quite yet. Yeah, I think we're looking at Oscar Isaac, man. I don't. I think. I think it's happening. Just like Tatiana Maslany, I think we're getting Oscar Isaac for this one. No, no, I agree. Yeah. Unlike Tatiana, I don't think they came out and said it yet. I don't remember, man. I don't remember. I feel like I remember seeing a picture of him, but maybe I saw it online. I can't remember. Um, Secret Evasion show. We kind of talked about that. It's about a group of scrolls who infiltrates every level. 
on life on earth and Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn will return as Nick Fury and Talos as the protagonists of the show. This sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. I love the two of them together. I do too. I really do. I think this is going to yeah. be a lot of fun. I did. I do think that, you know, we talked about how like this should be a bigger event, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what they do here. This, this, it's going to be tied to the movies and it, it could be a lot of fun. This could die. This could tie directly into Captain Marvel too, for all we know. Is this going to be slighted as a comedy? Because part of me thinks that it kind of is just the way Ben Mendelsohn kind of ended his little, yeah. um, few scenes. Yeah. I would, I would imagine it is going to be a comedy. It, it's like, it, what is it? Is it going to be kind of like men in black where they go around and they fucking, you know what I mean? Come across people that are, Pretending to be human. I would love that with the one straight man and then the, the comedy aspect. I think it would be great. Yeah, kind of like a Men in Black meets the Marvel Cinematic Universe where they go around, you know, fucking keeping tabs on scrolls. I like that. Maybe even draw some inspiration from the uh, Grant Morrison's scroll kill crew. Hey, the cows, they have hamburgers that are made of yes. scroll cows. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite storylines of all time. Yeah, I th- I think Brian, you mentioned it. I I don't think we're gonna find out that like Black Widow was a scroll. I don't think we're gonna find out any marquee characters were scrolls. It feels like this is more of like a spy thriller. That's at least my my guess. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Ironheart. We're getting an Ironheart series. Um, this is um, a show about Riri Williams. She was introduced a few years ago. And the creator of the most advanced suit of armor since Iron Man, they cast Dominique Thorne as Riri Williams. And um, she played Sheila Hunt in the Barry Jenkins movie, If Bill Street Could Talk. And um, the show will be tied to the movies. So we're getting an Ironheart series. Very cool. I know it's a character that a lot of people love very much. I'm excited to see this. Yeah, I've, I, I'll be honest with you. I've, I've read maybe one or two of the comics. Um, I know that she's just a you know young, brilliant inventor, and um, Iron Man was a mentor of hers for for some time. But that's going to be completely different here because Iron Man in our universe is dead. So we'll see what they do with Ironheart in this series. Uh, we talked. We did talk about Armor Wars, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, directed by James Gunn. Yeah, awesome. I, I read that he's filming this at the same time as Guardians 3 as well. Hmm. That makes sense budget-wise. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think to- he's, he's going to lean into awkward as much as possible for the special. He's just going to make it as messed up as possible. I want to see Drax get a VR lap dance. <laughs> I was thinking the same I- thing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't mean awkward in that way. Oh, Ben, B. Arthur singing popular seventies hits. God, it's going to be really awkward buying my kids a VR for Christmas and then watching this shit. Maybe Mantis has some like fucking um, mistletoe hanging from her antennas. <laughs> Get to see her make out with Drax or some shit. I don't know. Consensually, don't worry, ladies. Sorry, had to make that. Had to make sure it was consensual. I Am Groot, a new original Marvel and Disney Plus series of short stories, has officially been announced. Everyone's favorite little tree, Baby Groot, will star in a series of shorts featuring several new and unusual characters. I am not really looking 
voices at all. Yeah, I don't really understand this. Is this is this like live action? Is this a cartoon? What the fuck is happening? Don't know. Don't care. Yeah, I feel I don't feel bad at all saying I don't give a shit about this show because yeah. I didn't when I saw it. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. It has a cool logo. I don't give a fuck about any of this. I am not impressed. This should be the name of this fucking show because I don't give a fuck. It's definitely for little kids. Yeah, it's like the Forky of the MCU, basically. Yeah, the group meets a hamster in this episode. Stuff like that. (laughs) Maybe it's a walkthrough, like... um, Fuck. Never mind. Thank you, Oh, let's hear the perverted joke. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, Maybe he's a walkthrough puberty because he's a teenager now, and it's going (laughs) to explain, like, the birds and the bees and all of that stuff in the eyes of Groot. Like safe sex and all that weird shit he finds out he can make his wooden dick grow any size he wants to eric fuck i didn't even think about that yeah any (laughs) fucking size he's got a pinocchio sized cock he can just and he doesn't even have to lie that thing he can just fucking make it whatever size he wants to then he can lie with anyone he wants yeah when he orgasms he shoots sap all over the place green green cubes and he watches porn on that little tablet he's always carrying around <laughs> it's like tree porn, just two trees rubbing up against each other. <laughs> All right, yeah, we're we're having fun. Um, <laughs> made a mountain out of a molehill there. <laughs> Sorry, we just, we just destroyed a little children's show. <laughs> uh, Loki, let's talk about Loki series. Um, what did you guys think of this trailer before we break it down? I've got. I'm going to break this down. I wanted to know what you guys thought about this before we even break it down. What did you think, Eric? I'm not really familiar with this agency. I'm familiar with like the DC equivalent of the agency, but this one Are you talking about you're talking about the the TVA, the Time Variance Authority. Yeah, yeah. So I don't really know what they do in the Marvel universe. So it's really taken a turn where it's it's caught something there that I didn't know it was going to have and it's got really interesting for me. Like I was really excited after watching the trailer when before I was kind of like just kind of skeptical where they were going to go and what they were going to do to where this looks very men in blackish. What'd you think, Greg? Yeah. I mean, it, it looks just off the wall. I mean, what is Loki after what happens to the time? Sto- uh, the space stone. Does he use the space stone? Um, is this like a bizarre, like a fucked up Loki as Forrest Gump where he's got all of these bizarre sort of brushes with history where you never knew that Loki had a role in things that have been part of our history for so long. I mean, definitely made me fascinated in what the hell take this is going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what'd you think, uh, Jake? Oh, I liked it a lot. I was blown away by Owen Wilson in this trailer. I thought he was just fantastic. His look and just his acting it was really great. And I thought out of all the Marvel stuff, this trailer had the best music. The music was just so fucking intense in this trailer. It was awesome. Uh, Greg, you're talking about like, you know, Loki showing up in different parts and, and history and stuff like that. When you look at the Loki logo, when it first shows up on the screen, the letters keep changing into like different. I mean, it's, it says Loki, but like, you know, the L will change into a different, like looking L with a different font and all this shit. And I think we are looking at like, it's symbolically showing you like, yeah, this Loki is going to be bouncing all over space and time. 
whether that's him using the Tesseract or whether that's the TVA monitoring him and sending him to different places. Um, I mean, we find out like the, okay, first off, the show is, um, from Michael Waldron. He's the showrunner and this guy comes from Rick and Morty. And I mean, Rick and Morty, if you've watched any of those episodes, it bounces all over the fucking universe. You never know where you're going to show up. So like watching, watching him bounce all over the place in this fucking trailer makes sense when you're coming, when it's coming from Michael Waldron, who, who worked on Rick and Morty. Like it, this is, it sounds like they got the right guy, you know, to, to be, uh, the showrunner for this one. Um, Tom Hiddleston, of course, reprises his role as Loki from the film series. We've got, uh, Sophia DiMartino. Owen Wilson, Gugu Mabatha Raw, and Sasha Lane in this series. The series takes place right after Endgame, which saw Loki steal the Tesseract during the 2012 events of the Avengers, which created an alternate timeline from the main MCU films. In the series, Loki uses the Tesseract to travel through time and alter human history. Um, back in August of 2019, Loki director Kate Heron stated that the series would be taking, quote, taking Loki to an entirely new part of the MCU, while Waldron said it would, quote, explore the questions we all have. Where did Loki go after he picked up the Tesseract? Could Loki ever make a friend? And will the sun ever shine on him again? Executive producer Stephen Broussard stated that in addition to the time travel element, the series would have a man-on-the-run quality to it. Waldron also felt the series would explore the character's struggle with identity, adding, quote, over the first 10 years of movies, he's out of control at pivotal parts of his life. He was adopted and everything, and that manifests itself through anger and spite towards his family. Waldron added there would be an unexpected science fiction quality to the series. So that's kind of like what we've been told by the people behind this. Let's break down the fucking trailer trailer starts and we see that we do we see the events from avengers endgame played out again where he escapes an alternate timeline using the tesseract and um when you watch if you go back and you watch the the original avengers movie there is a scene where when, when tony and they're in they're in uh stark tower it's still tar- stark tower at this time and tony tells Loki that there's no version where he comes out on top and it makes you wonder if Tony was wrong when Loki kind of escapes at the end of Avengers Endgame like is there a version though where where Loki comes out on top will Loki come out on top in this series I think I do still think that this is a redemption story like even though we fucking you know I'm gonna bring this up multiple times as we break down this trailer but like even though we fucking saw him you know redeem himself in Infinity War and fucking sacrifice himself I honestly think that no matter what timeline what alternate reality you put him in he's always going to I would hope that he's always going to redeem himself. He hasn't seen his mom die yet. That's true. That's and, true. And that's a big part of what sets him on that path. Yeah. Yeah. So breaking down this trailer, what the first thing we see is we see after, after he's transported by the Tesseract, he lands in the desert and we see him surrounded by, uh, he, he's in the desert. He, when he first is sent there, he's got like the, he's got like that face mask on. He's got, he's got the, um, uh, handcuffs on. 
He's got chains on. And in this scene, we see him land in the desert and, um, he's got like all this metal scattered around him. And so it looks like it, it's destroyed the, it's destroyed the, uh, the face mask and the, and the chain. So he's broken free. And when you look at this, it looks like if you go back and you watch Iron Man, there's a scene where Iron Man, when he builds that first suit and he escapes out of the cavern and he fucking lands out there in the desert and there's all this metal surrounded about around him. This, this looks just like that. It looks very close to that. And I think what they're doing here is symbolizing the fact like Tony left behind like his old kind of like, you know, greedy ways, his selfish ways. And he became a new man once he left that cave. I think that this, this, what we're seeing here is they're also predicting that eventually like, this version of Loki will eventually do the same thing in this series. I think it's very symbolic of that. It looks very similar to like the same, um, it's not the same desert. It's, it's not, this is a completely different desert, but it looks very similar to what we saw Tony in. So I think it's very symbolic. Um, He doesn't have the Tesseract when we see him land. I don't know if you guys noticed that or not. I did not. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. So he's he's lost the Tesseract somewhere. Did he lose it as he was traveling? But he's lost it. It's it. He doesn't have it, which like that would that would explain later why like he can't escape the Time Variance Authority later. Like even if they showed up, if he had the Tesseract, he could fucking move throughout space. So I think that they eventually find him here. And what do you think happens that he just dropped it? Yeah, something happened on his way. Like when uh, some, he he dropped it and it it ended up somewhere. Yeah, it makes sense. He was in a rush. He didn't even know that was going to be happening 5 seconds ago. You're bound to be clumsy or do something stupid in that circumstance. So we see Loki laying in the desert and you know, the muzzles destroyed, the chains are destroyed, and it looks like he's in the Gobi Desert, which is in uh, southern Mongolia, northern northern China, and the, the people that greet him, we don't know what, what what year this takes place, but they look like they're they're Mongolians, they're coming to see like what the fuck happened out there in the desert. Um the next scene that we get is uh we're in the TVA headquarters and the time variance authority basically like it's their job they monitor different realities and fractures across the multiverse and so that is their job that is their main job here it's it's a lot of like i don't know doctor who timey wimey time lord stuff going on here with the TVA and um we see this elevator going down at their headquarters we see this panel this control panel in the elevator there are all these buttons and there's these different letters and numbers on them uh, some of the you know it, it makes no sense to me um one says like lk3 one's fe3 2we cet I, I think that these are just like different floors taking people taking uh the tva to different realities and there's also an X button and then there's a button that has three horizontal lines on it. And I've already heard people on Reddit speculating that the X button leads to the X-Men reality. And I think that that is 100% bullshit. I don't think that at all. Directly under the... 
hold on. It's dumb hold, anyway. Well, hold on. It's not, we're not going to pull the X-Men out of some alternate reality where the X-Men are. Well, let me yeah, ex- with that. Well, let me I explain here. The, underneath the X is the three horizontal lines. And traditionally, three horizontal lines is a menu button on any fucking PC or any on your phone. You see those three lines, it takes you to a menu. And above that is an X. I think the X is just to exit out of whatever floor you're on. Yeah, it's the cancel button. Yeah. Uh, I think people are reading too much into that X. I think oh my that, God, an X. Sure. I think like you hit the menu button, then you hit you hit whatever floor you want to go on to. If you hit the wrong floor, you just hit the X. And uh, that's that's all I think it is. I, I think people are reading way too much into it. People are saying, "Oh, that X leads you to the X Men universe." I think you're, I think you're looking way too, f- for uh, you know, far down the road. I don't think that there's just an X Men universe. Anyway, uh, we see the TVA. They have him in handcuffs, and Loki thinks that they're taking him somewhere that, to have him executed. And it said it looks like there are they're they're gonna they're going to put him through some kind of like judicial process, but it looks like they're willing to work with him. And I don't know. I get the feeling that he has to work off his sentence by working for them. I that's what I'm kind of feeling here. Like he like they 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 like we even got like when they're in the elevator together, they are. He's talking about how he, you know, he loves to lie. He loves to talk. And I, he, I think that they view him as like the perfect kind of agent to work for the TVA. Almost like a, this is a quantum leap. Right? Yeah. Oh, totally. So I've, Loki's I've, been hired by the TVA to fix things that once went wrong. 100%. I have, I, I have compared this to quantum leap ever since it was first announced. You exactly. are 100% yeah. right. Um, Owen Wilson, we're introduced to his character. Uh, it's not confirmed, but from the look of the character and his mustache, he's playing Mr. Mobius M. Mobius, which his name is basically a Mobius loop. Anyway, from, uh, this is a character from the comics. He first encountered the Fantastic Four when prosecuting them for illegal time use, con- a continuity theft, and other various charges. However, the Fantastic Four were able to escape under his supervision. And uh, the TVA in the comics is made up of different clones. So we could see a bunch of different Owen Wilson-looking characters walking the halls of the TVA headquarters. I think that's kind of interesting. Um, and we do know that uh, Mr. Mobius has been watching Loki for a long time. You know, he, it, it sounds like that. He says, you know, he, he knows Loki loves the lie. He loves the talk. So he's been watching him for quite a while. Um, Loki wants to know how long he's been there. And Mobius explains that it's difficult to say and that times move, time moves differently for the time variance authority and that he'll, he'll, he'll eventually understand. Um, we get a shot of, um, Loki looking in that mirror. Do you remember that mirror with all the circles on it? And he says, glorious. Jake remembers. <laughs> okay. I don't. Is, yeah. is he looking at different realities? Maybe this is one mirror where he can see possibilities. Uh-uh. That mirror is from uh, Stark tower. I got this. I've uh, actually, I had to look this up cause I could not find it. I could not place that mirror. I found this on screen rant. 
it says, while this funky mirror in the background when Loki says glorious might look like some kind of window into the multiverse, it's actually part of Tony Stark's design aesthetic. The mirror's in Stark Tower and can be seen in Avengers Endgame when the superhero team escort a freshly arrested Loki into the elevator. Also recognizable from Stark Tower is the wall of golden pillars that are reflected in the mirror. Interesting, interestingly, this Loki is wearing a different outfit from the one he wore in the Avengers and Avengers Endgame, indicating that the God of Mischief takes a different trip back to the moment of his defeat. That's super cool. You kind of saw that coming. That's like, you know, you're going to go back and redo the thing and see your, what happens to yourself the first time. and Stopping himself from escaping with the Tesseract, maybe? Yeah, I mean, maybe that's the mission they make him do, for all we know. We see then uh, who seems to be the villain of the series, who will be the villain of the TVA and possibly Loki. The villain that we see in this trailer, we see him in a few shots, him or her in a few shots. They're wearing a hood, and we never see their face. They pop up, like I said, multiple times. Um, he or she in one scene is holding a lantern drops it starts a fire and then uh we see kind of a it looks like one of the TVA members a soldier of the TVA possibly trying to escape and 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 this figure pulling them back in probably killing them a bunch of theories on who this could be a bunch of theories i'm going to go over most of them this could be a version of Loki that wasn't redeemed. So this could be, this could be Loki. Um, this could be a version of Loki that wasn't redeemed. Or this could be our first appearance of Kang the Conqueror. That would be awesome. But I lean more towards it being another version of Loki. Uh, I do too. I'm going to get into the version that I think it's going to be here in a moment. But, um, I got this from the Marvel Wiki, and this is about King the Conqueror. Although the TVA claims responsibility and authority over the entire Omniverse, they have continued territorial dis- territorial disputes with Kang the Conqueror and his Kang Dynasty, Alioth Revelation, Congress of Realities, and the Delebric Consortium. So could we see Jonathan Major show up as Kang the Conqueror and Loki before we see him in Ant-Man and the Wasp? It's possible. Possible. Feels I, unlikely. Well, why do you say that? I'm just curious. I don't know. I just I feel like they're gonna. They made a big deal about him being in Ant Man three. I don't think he's super recognizable to anyone except giant comic book fans. Yeah, but they. They. I mean, these announcements of of Jonathan Majors being Kane the Conqueror came out about two months ago, and. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think. You think they got that information leaked because he was filming Loki? Is what you're possibly saying? It the basically what happened uh, with with that is around the time that they were still filming Loki, I believe. I'm not saying he's showing up in here. I don't think it is him. I don't think it is King the Conqueror. When I first saw it, I thought it was. To be honest, I thought it was death. That he was running from death because by grabbing the the space stone he he eluded death oh shit that's cool that is cool yeah i I just another reason i don't think it's kang is like it has to be a reveal and if 
you're going to have to like if the main villain is just a like a preview of another main villain from another movie that seems kind of like a little bit of a letdown of a reveal yeah yeah i could see a cameo like some sort of because this is so in kang's wheelhouse i don't know if i don't think he'd be like the villain but i could see some reference to kang or Mm -hmm. you know i agree with that that's more likely than the hooded figure itself is kang Mm mm-hmm as far as the hooded figure, uh, this is what I'm going to kind of like predict. I personally think that it's actor Sophia DiMartino. We do not know who she's playing in this series. It's not been revealed. I think she's going to show up as Lady Loki in the series. Shit. I that think, would be really cool. I think Sophia DiMartino is going to be Lady Loki in the series. I don't know if she's going to be a foe to Loki in this. I have no idea. But I think Lady Loki is actually, I think she's going to show up here in this series. And I think Lady Loki will return in Thor Love and Thunder when she shapeshifts into Lady Sif. And that is just a guess. I Listen, I I think Lady Sif died with the other Asgardians in Ragnarok. I think, I think she's dead. And I think we're going to find that out in Thor Love and Thunder. When she comes back, they're going to wonder, like, how did you survive? And she's going to have to explain something. I think it's I think it's Lady Loki taking the shape of Lady Sif. Of course, you know, Jamie Alexander is going to be playing the character for some time. And then I think towards somewhere in that movie, it's going to be revealed that it's Lady Loki. And and and, and while we're talking about cast members in 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 this Loki series, we'll get back to that. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on that on that. Uh, but I think Richard E. Grant, who's been cast in the Loki series, I think he's going to be playing old Loki in this series. British actor. I think I, I think I think we're going to go through all. The, we're dealing with the Time Variance Authority. I think That's he's awesome. I think he's going to see himself in the future. He could even encounter his old self, and I think that's going to be Richard E. Grant. But anyway. I want Crow Loki too, Eichel. <laughs> we could, uh, and I mean, we could get uh, you know, uh, Kid Loki. I mean, I was going to say, are there any little oh, kids awesome that have been well. cast in this show that we know of? Nah, the, the only kid that I saw in this fucking trailer was that little girl that was talking to, that was talking to Owen Wilson's character of who we yeah. think is Mister Mobius, and like, be, did you notice behind? It was a very religious setting and it was like behind him was like that stained glass and it looked like the devil in the stained glass. A lot of people are saying like, is Mephisto going to show up? Yeah. Yeah. That scene is really weird. Well, people are saying like that it's, it's stained glass. It looks very religious, but it's the devil there. Is that like an alternate universe where people, instead of worshiping, you know, you know what we know is that our deity God, are they worshiping the devil? Is that the Mephisto universe or something? So, I mean, that's just a this something you know a theory that's been thrown out there. What do you, oh, Lady Sif, Lady Sif? What do you guys think about this Lady Loki shape shifting into Lady Sif for Thor: Love and Thunder? I think I think Lady Sif died. I think she died during the events of Ragnarok. I don't think she survived. Yeah, there's something there. Like, um, wasn't there some weird bad blood between the actress and the MCU for a moment, too? Wasn't it kind of a, a little bit of a shock that they had her come back? No, I mean, she was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. Um, I mean, my big thing that I'm talking about here is, like, the fact that, like, when they are on the ship at the end of Ragnarok, 
all the Asgardians that survived Ragnarok are on that ship with, you know, Korg and, and Thor and, and everything. Lady Sif, nowhere to be found. How did she survive the events of Ragnarok? I don't think she did. I think that, I think, I think that we're going to find out in Thor Love and Thunder that when Lady Sif returns, it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, L- Lady Loki played by Sophia DiMartino, who we're going to get introduced to in, in this Loki series. I, and I'm guessing this is all speculation. We don't even know who she's fucking playing. I think if you look at the actor, she looks like she could definitely be playing like the female version of Loki. She just has that look to her. And so I think, go ahead. No, I'm sorry, Brian. What's the timing of Loki versus uh, Dr. Strange? Because what I'm trying to think through is how does Marvel introduce the concept that they're, is a multiverse and that people can move around in between universes. And I, maybe Spider-Man before that, we'll probably talk about that later, but what do you know? What, does this come after Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness or do we know? Uh, I mean, doc, it's going to be released before Dr. Loki comes out before. Cause Loki comes out next year. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, again, it, it's sort of like the reason why I'm asking is I'm thinking about how deep down the rabbit hole of the multiverse, this show will go. Uh, or, or are they saving that for Dr. Strange? Well, I mean, or, th- or they this is, to do with each other? this is dealing with different, I mean, this, I mean, the TVA, like what they do is they monitor different realities. Um, and like, that's yeah. what, that's what, ha- what the Loki that we're dealing with here is like, not the Loki from like R616. It's a Loki from a different reality that fucking escaped. Right. So yeah, after Avengers one, it's Avengers one Loki still. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so who's the main villain of that movie right after he got captured. Um, I don't know. I, that's, I, I mean, it's pure speculation on my part, on my part. It's a fun, it's a fun theory. Yeah. Yeah. We then, uh, we get a shot of actor Gugu Bambatha raw. Um, it looks like she's going to be one of the higher, higher ranking judges for the uh, time variance authority. Um, we also see her like later on in the trailer getting ready to fight Loki. She's got like a couple of uh, TVA soldiers behind her. Loki flips his knives and it looks like they're going to fight each other. And so that looks like it's going to be a badass fight scene. Um, but in this scene of her, uh, you know, looking very like, you know, judge like we see three giant faces behind her. And there are so many rumors as to like, who these three giant faces are. Uh, I'm going to go over three of them right now. And then I'm also going to go over like who I actually think it's, uh, it's representing. Um, the first one is the people are saying it could be the living tribunal from the comics. It's uh, the living tribunal is the judge of the entire universe. Whose three faces signify impartiality and fairness. It's the embodiment of the Marvel multiverse. It's also been said that it represents a force that dwarfs the infinity gauntlet in the comics. The tribunal pardoned Thanos for snapping his fingers and deleting half of all living beings from the universe because it was believed that whatever Thanos did was within the natural laws of the universe. And I found this out. The Russos even talked about introducing the living tribunal in Avengers Infinity War, but the idea didn't go beyond concept art for the movie. So it's something that they've been like tinkering around with. They've been thinking about that's, that's some real fucking OJ shit saying Thanos is innocent, right? <laughs> well, that's from the comics. That's from the comics. No, I know. I know. That's from the comics. Um, it also could be the Council of Kangs. So again, we're talking about 
you know, fucking Kang the Conqueror. The one I, on the right really does look like Kang. Yeah. But the other two, not so much. Ultimately, I think that these are the timekeepers. I think the timekeepers are the guardians of time. The, the timekeepers are the guardians of time reality created short after the universe was born by he who remains. And he who remains in the comics was the final director of the time variance authority at the Citadel at the end of time, the last reality of the multiverse. So the timekeepers are Vorth, Ast, and Xanth. And so I think that these, I think that these, with this being the time variance authority, I think that these are just the timekeepers. It's just showing us the timekeepers. That's all I think it is. And I don't even know yeah. if they're going to get into cool it. Cool theories, though. I love the idea of it being the living tri- tribunal, especially if it is some kind of court thing going on. But yeah. I, I'd almost rather see that character fully realized somewhere else, like the Eternals movie or something. Yeah, I just think, like, with this being the Time Variance Authority, and I think this is, like, Marvel's version of the Time Lords, I think these are just the timekeepers. That's all I think it is. And I don't even know if they're going to get into that shit in this movie. No, you know it mean? could just be a fun little Easter egg in the background. Exactly. Uh, we then get a scene of Loki with uh, Mr. Morbius watching some of his moments in time. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a Clockwork Orange moment without that fucking machine keeping his eyes open. They're just, I, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to convince him to change. They're showing him highlights of like his best and worst moments. You know, like the Avengers capturing him and him fucking like at, trying to enslave humanity and all this shit. Yeah, it reminds me of that Albert Brooks movie that I love, uh, Defending Your Life. I love Defending Your Life. Meryl Streep. Classic. Yeah. yeah. Fucking great movie. Um, whatever happens here when they show him like this, all these, when he's rewatching these moments, they recruit him. And like whatever, they, they give him a sentence. I don't know what it is. And I don't know what, I don't know what the deal is. Like, oh, if you become a part of the TVA, we'll lessen your sentence and blah, blah, blah. I have no fucking clue what, 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 what it is. But we know that we recruit him because the next scene we see him in, he's wearing a jacket that says TVA on it. <laughs> so, uh, and then he's got, it looks like he's got some, some men at his disposal and they're showing up at Roxencart, which is a supermarket that's owned by Roxencorp, which we've seen in the Marvel comics. And they've also shown up in the MCU. They first showed up in the agent Carter series. Um, we've seen them again in couple agents of shield episodes. One episode, uh, titled the good Samaritan, uh, Iron Man two, the Marvel one shot, a funny thing happened on the way Thor's hammer that Ruxin was showed up in that Iron Man three agents of shield episode repairs. It typically when we see Ruxin in the Marvel universe to this point, it's basically, it's been like on a sign or a gas station. So it hasn't been like a big part of the Marvel universe, but now, I mean, it might be, it might be going forward here. So one of his first missions is to take on the Ruxin Corp, it looks like. So I don't know. And we see a guy inside the, the, this Ruxin Corp with all these plants behind him and he puts his hands up. I have no idea what's going on in that scene. Yeah, I couldn't tell who that dude was. I couldn't either. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, it looks like the the same hooded villain character is also watching the happenings in the Roxanne thing, like on video surveillance screens. Roxanne! (laughs) You said Roxanne. Roxanne! You don't have to put on the red light. (laughs) <laughs> and maybe it's Sting underneath that hood. Maybe it is Sting. <laughs> yeah. 
This whole thing is a sting operation, Jake. <laughs> You've put it all together, sir. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck's happening here at Rux and Court or Rox and Cart or Roxanne. <laughs> anyway, at one point, Loki is going to escape the Time Variance Authority and start to do like his own Loki shit. It looks like that's going to happen, too. It just looks like he's going to fucking go on and do his own fucking Loki shit. And he gets away from them and he's fucking traveling all throughout time doing his own shit. But let's talk about I want to talk about one of the most interesting shots in all of the trailer. And it's the one where we see what looks to be Black Widow. From behind, we see her from behind, and we see her, and it looks like she's sitting down on what looks like, I don't know what the fuck it is. I have no idea what it is. It looks like it's the planet Vormir, but I don't think it's Vormir. It's got a purple hue to it, and, but there's, it looks like there's pipes and all this other shit, and then she's looking at a planet that's blowing up. Is that Earth? Has fucking Earth blown up? Um, was that the planet that fucking, that moon that Thanos destroys in Infinity War? I don't, I have no, what the fuck? Maybe this is a reality where Hawkeye went off the cliff and died instead of Black Widow? I have no idea what's going on here in this scene. Did, did you guys, do you guys know what I'm talking about this fucking shot? Yeah, yeah, it's from very far away. It, it's very purple, but you can very clearly tell it's Black Widow, and you're seeing her from the back. Is it Black Widow? Because like, is it? Is it? It I mean, looks it a lot sure, like it her. Sure, looks like her. It looks like the her costume. It, but it, it, her hair. Yeah. If it's Black Widow, if we remember like her hair in. The Vormir scene, and I've, I've been saying, like, could this be Vormir? Her hair was longer, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't, like, in that short bob, I guess, then. But, I mean, this could be an alternate reality as well. I mean, this Loki would know nothing about those events anyway. Those are many years after where he was taken from. I think whoever is fucking, I don't know, I don't know. I, like, that planet that's blown up, I think that's Earth. Because we do get that quick shot of fucking... New York City that looks like it's decimated. We see Avengers towered behind it. It's destroyed. Mm-hmm. And I think like this is an alternate timeline in which like the Avengers lost the Battle of New York. And Loki has to see that for himself. And maybe things didn't turn out the way that he thought that they were going to turn out. You know, Thanos basically that could said lead to the redemption that you're talking about. Well, sure. That, that could be how he comes across it, across it by seeing the damage that he did or yeah. could have done. Right. Well, and well, and the fact that like he wanted to enslave all of humanity and it looks like it looks like everybody's fucking dead here maybe yeah. like you know your quantum leap theory Ryan maybe he has to to your point he has to make sure that Black Widow goes over instead of Loki and we'll see Black Widow's death again but the camera will pan up and you'll see Loki tugging on her ankles from the other side to make sure she falls you know <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's dark I love that's it dark as shit <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, I couldn't make, I, I can't make heads or tails of what we're fucking looking at here. If we're looking at the earth blowing up or. It does I, look like Black Widow though. You're right. It, it really does. It does look like Black Widow, but I can't even tell you a hundred percent that it is Black Widow. It doesn't look like Volmir though. Like the hue's the same, but yeah. like the, yeah. the background cities and stuff. It doesn't look like Volmir. Yeah. I mean, he has to have done something to disrupt time and space for them to grab him to to and arrest him, right? 
just going through time, grabbing the time stone shouldn't or space stone shouldn't have been the one thing, right? Well, he what, what he did was he when he did that, he created a fracture in the timeline, and so in order to like set that right, or I don't know, I mean, like, what's the deal? What is the TVA like? What? That's the deal. Like, what do they do? What do they do? Is he, he thinks that he's going to get executed and they just want to talk and now he's working for them. What's the deal that they offer him at the end of the day? Yeah, hard saying. I mean, I think they have plenty of grounds to arrest him, Eric. Right? I mean, if that's what you're worried about. No, I'm just curious if this has something to do with something he did knowingly. Not, not not accidentally, but like knowingly he did something that disrupted time to the point to where Black Widow is maybe not dead and everything else is being destroyed. I don't like, think they, – they, they better not bring back Black Widow. You know? I don't – There's no need to. There's no need to. I, I can totally understand them bringing back Loki. Like he's the god of mischief. I have no problem if Loki comes back. Well, what if, if, if there was only ever one – reality in which Thanos was defeated. Not that Loki played a key role in that, but there are certain things that would have to happen to Loki for that one reality to work out the way it worked out. Mm -hmm. And Loki escaping with the space stone at that time doesn't align with that one reality. So I wonder if part of it is, yeah, it's like, hey, this ain't supposed to be the way things go. You're supposed to go back to Asgard, lose your mother, um, deal with Gila, and then by the way, you get killed. And if you don't die on Thanos' ship, everything's gone. We lose. Well, it all leads back to him going back to Thor and Heimdall in this yeah. trailer. I mean, we we see we get this shot of Loki's dressed up as DB Cooper. And if you've ever right. listened to an episode of PCL, you know you know that I'm obsessed with anything DB Cooper. And Did you talk about the Unsolved Mysteries episode with D.B. Cooper once? I've talked like, about that. scared the shit out of me as a kid. Yeah, I've talked about that. I've talked about the, the – there was like an A&E special that I talked about and then fucking HBO just had a fucking documentary about it just a couple weeks ago that we – that I reviewed. And I, I, I'm i obsessed with D.B. Cooper. There's been D.B. Cooper comic books. Like this guy is like a – he's like a fucking legend. Um and it's based on a true story. Back in 1971, a man boarded a plane. He tells the female flight attendant that he has a bomb. He shows her the bomb. It's in his briefcase. He says uh, he wants $200,000. And um, then uh, they land. They give him the money. And they take off. And he jumps out of the plane with a parachute at 10,000 feet somewhere, they think, over Washington State. And to this day, it's never been solved who D.B. Cooper is. It's they, they they have no idea. This is just gone. This has gone on for fifty years. They have no idea who DB Cooper is. And we see Loki dressed as DB Cooper jump out of the plane with the cash, and we hear him say, "Brother Heimdall, you better be ready." Oh, brother Heimdall, you better be ready. And we see the fucking Bifrost transport him and take him away. So we could get like a Heimdall cameo. We could get a Thor cameo in this. I always get the impression that Idris Elba was pretty pissed at Marvel, though. I, I think that he was. I think he was at one time. I do think he was at one time. He didn't like. He didn't like um, the because he was becoming a big actor. Yeah, and and he was like relegated to like these really small roles. He, I think, he complained about some of like 
uh, the costume and the wire work that he had to do and, and just, and everything. But I think it, it feels like that kind of has smoothed over recently because yeah. I know that Taika Waititi recently posted a picture of him and some of the, the crew that are getting ready to work on Thor Love and Thunder. And I think the rumor is that he met with Idris Elba there and they said Idris Elba was filming something else, but there's, there's like, there is, there are, um, there's a rumor that Heimdall could show up in Thor Love and Thunder mm. that they brought him back somehow. And it could be something that happens here in this Loki series. I don't, I don't, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know if he was so upset to where he's like never going to come back. Like, I don't know if he went Hugo weaving, you know, red skull mad with this, but I think that there's a good chance that they could bring him back, man. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think they kind of smoothed that over by the time they filmed Endgame. Um, and I think Taika Waititi brings a whole new level to it where people are willing to forgive and forget. It's not the same kind of Thor cookie cutter bullshit that happened in the first two movies. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, honestly, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what – I'm just saying like there's – I th- th- I guess – you know, fucking, he was in Australia, and I think that maybe he met with Taika Waititi. Like, you know, they hung out or something. So there's a chance. I mean, he might still fucking, <laughs> he might just be like, dude, I fucking died. I'm not coming back. I'm done with Marvel. But the same, but on the flip side, man, it's a fucking easy paycheck for him. Yeah, right. He's a big enough actor that he's he's going to earn a decent sum and only going to have to be in, what, two, three scenes? Right. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. The fu- what the fu- so yeah, that DB Cooper. What the fuck, man? Yeah, this is total quantum leap shit, right? Going on here, right? I mean, he's so like they're basically saying like they're rewriting history with him, and he was DB Cooper. I love it. Yeah, it's a great explanation. Yeah, it's awesome. Since he's never been found and everything, and then yeah. he leaves a little bit of money behind, which could be the money that they found burnt. Right, exactly. Right, those three bills they found, right? <laughs> I yeah. love that detail. Yeah. We get a shot. The last shot I think we see is like the shot. It's, it's Loki. He's wearing a suit, and he's looking like a politician with a vote for Loki button. And this is paying homage to the Vote Loki miniseries from 2016 where he ran for president of the United States. Also in that scene, I want to point out on the very left of the screen, you see a Polybius arcade machine. This is telling me, and I'll get into Polybius here real quick. I've talked about Polybius on a previous episode of Pop Culture Leftovers. I don't know if anybody remembers, but... This is an alternate timeline. I think that he has created in this timeline, whatever, wherever, wherever the scene takes place, this is like, this is a completely alternate timeline that he's created. Like this is fucking like, like Biff from fucking, you know, the Biff timeline from Back to the Future 2, where Biff is, you know, got the fucking, uh, the sports almanac and he's built up this huge empire. This is a complete, Polybius, this is a video game that never existed. And I talked about like years ago, I talked about the angry video game nerd episode of Polybius on an episode of PCL. And this was like, this was a story that somebody made up about a video game showing up in Portland back in 1981. And they talked about how they played this game called Polybius. 
This was sometime like in the, the late 90s or early 2000s or something like that. Somebody got on like an online bulletin board and they were posting about how like they played this game called Polybius back in Portland in 1981. And then all of a sudden the game disappeared. And people read about this game and then some people were like, oh yeah, I remember that game. The game never fucking existed. It became, it just turned, like, it was a myth that somebody created and it turned into reality where other people just kind of like, oh yeah, I remember Polybius. I played Polybius. And Angry Video Game Nerd did a whole episode on this. So it became such a fucking legend that somebody actually made a Polybius video game, a stand-up arcade game. They made it and, and he actually went out to play it. But like, the true story of this is that that game never existed. And so when this game shows up in the, in this trailer, this, this makes me believe that he's in a completely alternate different timeline. Yeah, that's, a, that's really cool. That's a really interesting Easter egg to include the Polybius machine. This so, could be some of the reasons why they want to capture him is because he's done, he's fucked up times. So exactly. Much. Exactly. They're like, they, they can't, we've got the god of mischief fucking running around and fracturing time and fucking shit up. It's, it's out of control at this point. He's supposed to be working for us, but he's making things worse. Yes. Oh my god. Genius. I fucking, they're, they're pulling all this pop culture stuff and plugging it into his doings. It's awesome. I love it. I love uh, That's just the, that's just a surface, man. We, we don't even know what else we're going to fucking get out of this. We have no idea. Just, just looking at this last picture of Loki, you know, with the button on, is he looking for the one timeline in which he has the most power? Is it sort of like not only him running, but also chasing something? I love that theory, dude. Think about it. Like, what was his whole deal with Thanos about, man? He wanted to right. fucking enslave someone. He wanted to fucking be the ruler of Earth. He's asking. Remember, he's fucking having all those people bow to him. You know, and, yeah, and, and this this Loki more than any Loki would have those kind of feelings. Too. Right. Like I, I keep saying, this is the just brought the Shatari to Earth Loki. Right. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, man. So I think like maybe some of the stuff we're looking at out of order. Like I don't know. Like, are we gonna get? Have we? I think we've heard that we're getting season two of this. Like they've already confirmed season two. Like it's like the big rumor that I've that I've heard. Like I don't know if it's officially out there, but I've heard that we're getting season two of Loki. Hmm. D- didn't we get official confirmation that we're getting season two of Loki? I swear we did. I don't know. I mean, it, it's I, I, we talked about it at one point for sure. Um, at the investor meeting, though, they kind of made it seem like this wasn't going to be a very long series. Uh. Yeah, you were there. Reports it was reviewed for season two, but I could see it being a six episode run, and then you know they do another six, and until they don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, I just I I think that this could be like uh, like we're looking at this season coming out, and we might not get another season for a couple years until we see the events of Thor: Love and Thunder. Mm. That's kind of okay though, because they can take from all the different things that are coming out and play with them a little bit too. Right. Make it like, uh, kind of a more, fuck, I can't even think of the word. It's fucking margaritas. 
<laughs> Dude, that's this is me every week. Like it's crazy. Every fucking week I can't think of a word or a name or something cuz I've been drinking the entire episode. The very next day I'm like, "Oh my god. Now now I remember. It's it comes to me the very next. I've done this to Jake where I fucking messaged him. And I'm like, now I remember what I was fucking wanting to say. What was it recently? It was like, oh, what uh, what the – before – yeah, when Spike TV stopped being Spike – no, G4 stopped being G4, it turned into the Esquire network. And I kept yeah, calling yeah, it. it was like the next day. And I kept calling it the GQ network on the episode. And I was like, the next day I told Jake, I was like, it was, called, it was Esquire. It was Esquire. I'm working on a handle of Tito's to see if I can give myself gout again like they did two episodes ago when I visited you guys. So I don't know how you guys do it. I have all the I'm so impressed. I if I did one shot, I would be done. <laughs> Brian's seen me drinking on this podcast before. It's not it's, good. Yeah, you just you don't need to do the hard liquor, man. You just need to fucking just find yourself something, a nice tasty beverage that you can sip on and nurse throughout the episode. <laughs> Here's a, here's a big question though about Disney Plus and the movies, right? Yeah. So like take, take Sam becoming Captain America. Uh-huh. Like at the end of Endgame, we see Steve give Sam a shield. In, in Falcon and Winter Soldier, maybe we see that it wasn't so easy for him to get that shield, but at the end of it, he's Captain America. Then in the next movie, he's Captain America. Like are they, is Marvel going to create narratives that require that you're on the streaming, streaming service? Like, if I miss yes. Falcon and Winter Soldier, if I miss Falcon and Winter Soldier, I see Sam as Cap, and I'm like, he gave him the shield, and now he's Cap. Like, and same thing with like Captain Marvel too. I might see Ms. Marvel and say, oh, she's some sidekick that I guess I have to watch something else. Like, I wonder how integral Loki will be to Love and Thunder, and how integral Wandavision will be to Doctor Strange. Or will they be like nice diversions well, that-, that are? relevant no much more relevant than no. the jeff Loeb era, but not you don't have to watch don't you think you know? don't you th- i think like they've proved that they can do whatever the fuck they want to do when yeah. you have to i feel like you have to have watched most of the marvel movies to get an idea of what's going on in infinity war and ed game and let's be honest 85 million subscribers that's not 85 million people watching these things because my you know i got five people in my house that watch one subscription sure you know? That's yeah. five movie tickets in the old world, right? So, you know, yeah, you're absolutely right on that number. It was eighty; it's eighty-five million now, and I mean that they blew their five-year projection out of the water. I think WandaVision is the kickoff of Phase Four, and I don't think it's. I think it's going to be much more than a diversion. I think it's going to be very important going forward, especially for that character. Yeah, I'm. Oh, I I don't know this. Uh, the, that this Loki fucking trailer blew me the fuck away. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I love this Loki trailer so much. Can I offer an out there take too? So, Go for it, uh, yeah. J- Jake, you texted me the picture of the, what what I thought was the Living Tribunal as well, right? The three heads. That head on the left is it me or does that look a little bit like whatever species Annihilus is? Oh yeah, it does look very much like Annihilus. Like the comic book version, it looks like is his face mask. I'm not saying it is an eyeless. I'm saying I wonder if it's the same species. So, go ahead, Are those three sorry. faces the same three faces that we see on the three statues, like two scenes later? They look different, don't they? Right? I don't know. I couldn't tell. 
But I, I, I would imagine that the same. If I if, if I had to guess, I still think it's the timekeepers. I think that we're like yeah. whatever whatever's behind her is the timekeepers, and whatever those big statues are outside of the headquarters is is the timekeepers. But we'll see. Let's jump. You guys want to jump into the Hawkeye series? Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, looks like what we talked about last week with Hawkeye possibly going deaf in the series is actually happening. We saw there was a pic that came out this week. Um, it's uh, from the set photos. It's a picture of Clint and Kate Bishop sitting on a stoop in Chinatown, and the sign behind them translate to, translates to hearing therapist. So this lines up with the casting of Alacqua Cox playing Maya Lopez, the true name of the Marvel character Echo, a deaf Native American who's capable of per- perfectly copying another person's movements, making her a formidable fighter. I think that Clint is going to go deaf this fucking in this Hawkeye series. Yeah, it almost seems 100% at this point. It's no accident that they're sitting in front of that sign. It's not just random happenstance. And he looks very, like, downtrodden in that mm-hmm. shot too yeah yep yep i don't know i think uh you think renner's uh days are numbered in the marvel cinematic universe it's gonna mm, be a passing I of, don't passing of the I, torch i think he wants to be in it if they'll if they'll have him. there's different iterations of old hawkeye from different various variations in the comics that he could fit right in for cameos or some sort of mentor role where he doesn't even have to work as much, which he'll, he'd be more than happy. I'm sure to get that paycheck. And just see, I, I, I see like this Hawkeye series kind of like it, it's, it's, it's a Hawkeye series and both characters, Kate Bishop and Hawkeye, Hawkeye have that, have that name to where like this first season, it could mean anything. And the second season, it could just mean Kate Bishop. I was actually worried that we wouldn't even get Jeremy Renner for this season because I know, you know, allegedly he had some troubles. Uh, yeah, yeah. Domestically, I think. So uh, I I always thought this might be the end of his story because we know all it takes is them just saying he went to retire on his farm. That's it. You know, there's, right. you, don't need, you don't need much to write him out. Right. Yeah. And like um, we already saw, like there's there's been pictures of it, like his family showing up in this season, too. And so, like, if, if, yeah, if he can find a way out, I think he's got, there's some fucking ends that he's got to tie up, though, in my opinion. And if he can tie up those ends and, like, fucking retire and then pass the mantle on to, uh, Kate Bishop, I could see him definitely exiting the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Maybe coming back for cameos, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if I see a big future with him going forward. I think that- I have an off. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just think, like, like, we're out with the old and with the new, and I think, like, we're seeing the end of, uh, you know, Scarlett Johansson is Black Widow, and we're getting Florence Pugh taking on the mantle, it looks like. And I think they, that could be the same thing here. We're, getting, we're out with the old and with the new. Yeah, I have an off-the-wall theory about what they could do with Jeremy Renner, because Samuel L. Jackson is 71, you know. So they got to have a long-term plan for who's running S.H.I.E.L.D., and does Jeremy Renner become the new director of S.H.I.E.L.D.? And then he just makes a cameo every now and then. He's on set for three days every couple of years, and it's a nice little paycheck and that's that. Yeah, they could also introduce um, you know, um Nick Fury's son. That's right. So, yeah, we might see like, you know, who knows? They might cut fucking I'm trying to think like who who could they cast as Nick Fury's son? 
you know? I don't know. It's God. It's got to be somebody that can fucking really. Mike Coulter. Why not? Just completely. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Luke Cage. In the, com- <laughs> In the comics, Hawkeye also becomes the leader of the Thunderbolts once, right. uh, once Zemo is ousted. And you could see that too with this Hawkeye. You That's totally true. That. Shit. I don't Especially know. with a new person calling herself Black Widow. Imagine that. Yeah. You know, you could see Hawkeye feeling responsible. And I think there are rumors that Florence Pugh has been on set for Hawkeye. Oh, she, no, she's showing up. She's showing up. Yeah, it's been confirmed that she's going to be showing up in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I'm looking forward to Hawkeye. Like, you know, because I fucking, it seems like it's going to really pull heavily from the, the Matt Fraction series. And I love the Matt Fraction series. And I saw pictures of the muscle car. Seen pictures of uh, you know Lucky the Pizza Dog and fucking Kate Bishop and I'm super fucking pumped for the series. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it definitely owes enough to Matt Fraction at this point that Matt Fraction should be getting a check. He should be a producer on this fucking thing, getting a check. Absolutely, Doctor. You'll see a special thanks to him in the credits somewhere. One hundred percent. Oh man, uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, well, first off, I'm going to say this didn't happen in the investor meet, investors meeting, but we found out, I think it was yesterday, um, Deadline confirmed that Rachel McAdams is going to return as Dr. Christine Palmer in Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. You guys seem I thrilled. I forgot she was even in the movie until I heard that news. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I didn't see it happening. I didn't think she was needed. I love Rachel McAdams too. Don't get me wrong. I think she is awesome. I, I think she is just, I think she's wonderful. I loved her in game night. I think she is super talented. I think she's got so much range. I just didn't think that she was necessary for this movie. So I was Not a really. Shy. This movie sounds way heavier than whatever role she could play in it. What do you think? Do you think she just shows up at the beginning and that's it? You know, like, I, 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 what, what big part is she going to be playing in this? Well, is, <laughs> is there a multiversal version of her? Like, is it like, a, oh, here's the universe in which I never fucked my hands up and I married her? Yeah, like, stuff like that. I hope uh, not. Yeah. Here's the uh, the universe where she's the notebook Rachel McAdams. <laughs> Here's the Rachel McAdams from Pearl Harbor. Wasn't she? No, no. Right. I don't think that's her. I don't think that's her. No. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, anyway, during the investors meeting, Kevin Feige confirmed uh, that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will connect to both WandaVision and Spider-Man 3. And uh, we'll be talking about Spider-Man 3 rumors here uh, a little bit later. But confirmation from Kevin Feige that... Uh, America Chavez will make her, Miss America will make her debut in the MCU. And that actress, uh, Sochil Gomez will be playing the MCU's version of America Chavez, also known as Miss America and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Didn't we just talk about that character being included in the movie from rumors that we heard from 4chan back in episode 357, Jake? Yeah, of course. Like two weeks ago, right? Two weeks ago, we fucking, I, you know, I had read some rumors uh, on, on 4chan that, and they named the actress. I, I went over these fucking rumors on the episode that Xochitl Gomez will be playing America Chavez. And all of a sudden, two fucking weeks later, 
the exact rumors that these rumors nailed it uh, down to the actor that's going to be playing. Uh, I'm going to refresh everybody on those rumors now that we're seeing them actually be legit. I don't know. Does this mean that they're all true? I, I don't, I don't know, but there's a huge chance that they could be now that like some of them have been confirmed. Um, rumors from 4chan, Dr. Strange, Scarlet Witch, Mordo, Wong, and the Ancient One return. The new characters are Clea, Jericho Drum, America Chavez, Cagliostro, Nightmare, and Shuma Gorath. Shuma Gorath is an ancient, these are all, these, these are the rumors from 4chan. So this hasn't been confirmed. Kevin Feige didn't confirm this, but I mean, this is stuff from two weeks ago and they nailed that fucking casting. So I think like this could be, this could be what we're looking at in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Shuma Gorath is an ancient entity that feeds off people's fear and wants to use America Chavez, a young girl who can create portals between universes as a vessel to spread madness and consume the multiverse. Nightmare is Shuma Gorath's shape-shifting, mind-bending enforcer who is sent to capture America. Doctor Strange and Wong rescue America Chavez and assemble a team to protect her, formed by Scarlet Witch, Mordo, Clea, and Drum. Scarlet Witch is learning how to control her powers with Strange. Clea is the Ancient One's estranged daughter, born with a connection to the Dark Dimension. Drum is a powerful voodoo witch doctor and former student of Kamartage. Strange's plan is to contact the spirit of Cagliostro, the sorcerer who originally defeated Shumagorath, and learn how to reproduce his ritual. Mordo decides that Strange's plan is too dangerous, goes rogue, and sets out to kill America Chavez before Shumagorath can get to her. So a fucking, he's, he's wanting to do a fucking, I'm going to kill the Hitler baby. Yeah, he's not going to be able to use her powers because she'll be dead. Right, exactly, exactly. The final battle happens in Shumagorath's realm of dead universes populated by physical manifestations of people's worst fears and nightmares. Benedict Cumberbatch, Chuetel Ejiofor, Elizabeth Olsen, Benedict Wong, and Tilda Swinton are returning. David Diggs, oh my God, David fucking Diggs is cast as Jericho Drum. So if, if this fucking announcement happens, Jake, within the next few weeks or months that David Diggs is cast as Jericho Drum or David Diggs has been cast in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, this, this leak is 100%, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. If we hear that David Diggs has been cast, and I mean, you would think that fucking Marvel would be going after an actor of David Diggs, like like an actor like David Diggs. Like this guy is fucking incredible. If I heard the actor's name and they won't tell me what character he's playing, I'll think this is all correct. Oh, wait, that's what, exactly. They, they, all they have to say is they cast David Diggs, and do, I'm wait, not, what's up? I think they did. So there were so this news was so fast. I could swear David Diggs was cast in something. Uh, like, am I imagining this? I think you are imagining this, but you could be wrong. Go ahead and type in David Diggs Marvel. Uh, rumors, Moon Knight, this and that. It might have been that he was in other Disney stuff, but I well, he was in he was in Hamilton, of course. No, I know, but I know he was. You know how like when they would 
if you go through the investor meeting and they were talking about cast, they would show the little photos mm-hmm. at the top right. Mm-hmm. I'm a hundred percent that David Diggs was there multiple times. I don't remember him. I just don't. I just don't know if it was Marvel or I, I thought it was, but I could be wrong. He was cast in Little Mermaid. Oh, fucking hell. sorry. I I will be he's, quiet. He's Sebastian the Crab in Little Mermaid. <laughs> Maybe he shows up as Sebastian the Crab in Doctor Strange, <laughs> the Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> but, little, song, but, little song and dance number. Right? I'd love Maybe to see him play anybody, but especially Doctor Voodoo would be awesome. We find out that America Chavez has a pet crab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a very protective father. He doesn't want her to get crabs. <laughs> That's dumb, Brian. Don't ever say that again. Let Eric, I, Eric, I should let you say that kind of shit, man. I'm sorry for taking that one from you. Oh, that's okay. I'm trying to keep it PC. <laughs> I'm trying PC, really keep hard. Keep it PCL, Eric. Oh, my bad. You got it. Next one, I'm going to let it fly. This uh, this report, this 4chan rumor goes on to say Bruce Campbell will play Dr. Druid, the source of supreme of a parallel universe in a small comedic role. Jeremy Irons has been approached for Cagliostro. Charlize Theron passed on Clea. So Vanessa Kirby, Vanessa Kirby from uh, Hobbs and Shaw, Vanessa Kirby from the last Mission Impossible movie Fallout, and Jodie Comer are the front runners for Clea. Nicholas Holt is in the early talks for Nightmare after Adam Driver turned it down. So Nicholas Holt, who played the Beast in the Fox X-Men universe, is in talks to play Nightmare. Apparently Adam Driver turned it down is what this rumor says. I have I have more I'm glad I'm glad we reported this a couple of weeks ago, Jake. Cause like some of these, some of the, I, you know, I try to, I try to go through like all these rumors and stuff like that. And I only try to report the ones that I feel like could actually be legit. And sometimes I'm wrong and sometimes I'm right. This one, it just, it really stuck out to me that this stuff seemed, it seemed legit. And we're seeing, we're seeing it now that they've already cast this actor as America Chavez. Is it? Yeah, it's crazy. Just so fast, too. Yeah. A lot of times when you get these right, it's like a few months or a half a year ago, not two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. So we saw Mordo at the end of Doctor Strange 1. He killed Benjamin Bratt's character, I believe, right? So he, he did. was on this sort of like secret mission to kill magician. But Strange doesn't know that. So there, I'm just thinking of like the storyline so there'd be no reason why Mordo wouldn't be included in this adventure so to speak they just don't know that he's already kind of taken this very bad turn he's going down a darker path yeah right yeah it it makes perfect sense oh my god I cannot wait for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Man when the fuck does this come out it feels like this one comes out in like 2022 when's the last time Sam Raimi made a movie too before this holy shit was it the Oz movie still yeah I think it was the Oz movie fuck was it the Oz movie? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, I think you're it's right. It's been a long time. I think that movie came out before we started PCL. Yeah, I think it did. Uh, Spider-Man Three news. I, I I think that's all of the fucking the Marvel shit. Am I right? We didn't talk about Wandavision. <gasps> we didn't talk about Wandavision. I don't have a I don't have a trailer breakdown for it. And I, oh, we'll talk about Fantastic Four later, but like, I don't have a trailer breakdown for it, but man, I fucking, this, 
I'm more confused after watching the trailer than I was before. So when when you guys have reviewed WandaVision, the previous trailers, I think your theory is the right one. And that's the, whatever's happening. This is some sort of prison, like some kind of mental. Somebody's trying to sort of keep Wanda in check. Right. That's like what we're seeing. Is that is that the theory? Yeah. Is it the government? Is it an, well, uh, who is it? Because yeah. we think s- of it this way too. Like Captain America is out of the pit. Captain America is sort of like the moral center of everything, and he's out. So Tony Stark's out. So there'd be nothing to keep the government from saying, like, listen, this young lady who, by the way, caused led to the whole Sokovia Accords. Also, we just saw her pretty much almost kill Thanos on her own. She's way out of control. Now maybe she starts altering reality, doing some other shit. We got to figure out some way to keep her under lock and key. So they come up with this almost like fucking um, the movie with Jim Carrey. Uh, Truman Show. Truman Show scenario where like, yeah. it's just this mental prison for her. And it, that would seem to make, I mean, uh, that would seem to make sense as to what we're seeing and as she's sort of slowly realizing what's happening to her. Who is trying to break her out of this though? It sounds like, sounds like, the voice over the radio that we hear in the new trailer is saying like, you know, um, what did he say? Like, where are you doing? Like, like, um, oh, I can't remember. It, it's, it sounds like Jimmy Woo though. And we know Jimmy Woo, his character, um, is going to be showing back up. Jimmy Woo, that character from the Ant-Man movies yeah, is going to, the FBI agent is going to be showing up in this series. It sounds like he's the one trying to like talk to her through like the radio in the trailer. I wouldn't be surprised if Dr. Strange is who broke her out of this finally. Well, there's the scene and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the exact same thing. Why were you thinking that? Just because that she's involved in the knowing the connection and Dr. Strange is all like, just seems like one of the characters in the MCU that would be able to perceive what was really going on here. Well, my reason for thinking that is in this new trailer, we see the we see her um pregnant and we see we see um you know vision touch her touch her belly and we know in the comic books you know that she had babies uh, was it uh Tommy and Billy yes Wiccan and uh Steve ended up being I think from the end of Avengers You're cutting out Greg oh, I'm sorry wasn't it it ended up being Wiccan and uh Speed from the end of Avengers Right. Yeah. So, but we see like the crib and above the crib, we see like, you know, like that, what was that, that dangly bullshit above the crib? A mobile. Um, Yeah. And it's got like the butterflies. The butterflies turn into real butterflies. Now in Avengers, was it Infinity War? When Doctor Strange is battling Thanos, he turns back, one of Thanos' attacks, he turns into real butterflies. No, I didn't even think about that. Crazy. Oh yeah. Maybe he's trying to communicate to her and bring her, pull her out of this. That's an interesting theory. Do you guys get the feeling watching this new trailer that Vision is completely dead and never coming back? Yeah. Or is that just me? It did make me wonder if he's, uh, like, uh, there to keep her calm. Like he's either in her. She recreated him somehow, or he's somebody's impersonating him to keep her from going. I think she created him. I think she. I, I think, I think she created mechanism him. that she created, and this is probably the last time we may see Paul Bettany in anything. 
I mean, they always have a way to bring him back if they want to, because Shuri kind of laid that out. It just, I don't think this is what happened, you know? Yeah. Uh, but there's this, there's the moment in the trailer when it's like she fucking realizes what's going on and like she, she says to Vision, like they're trying to like take over our home or something like that. And we, she, she goes all fucking Kevin McAllister and we gotta protect it and shit. So, right? Yeah. But I mean, I just think he's a manifestation that she's created within well, she's wherever t- she's trapped. Well, we saw in the previous trailer, like we saw Vision talking to Catherine Hahn's character. So like they're doing this whole Truman show. And I think Catherine Hahn's character of the nosy neighbor is trying to like feel her character out and get information from her and whatever. And we saw a scene in the previous trailer that they released where she's like, you know, I thought you were dead. She's talking to talking to him so maybe it is a physical just a physical we've seen her in the comic books create like physical manifestations of different characters but when she doesn't focus on them they disappear i mean that's what happened to her kids exactly exactly it's in the mcu her powers have essentially been like telekinesis and telepathy she's basically like gene gray you know but they they certainly can do whatever they want to sort of just say that was the first inkling of her power and she has reality powers too like it's comic and then there's the character of like we didn't see it. I think we saw it in like a TV spot. Have you seen the character of uh, the neighbor Herb? We see him in this trailer. Really, I don't remember. Okay, very briefly, but we see him. Yeah, but there's like I think there's like a uh, there's like a TV spot or something like that where he gets a little bit more screen time. Yeah, it looks really cool. I mean, just right around the corner, too. I mean, we're finally going to get our... It was supposed to be Black Widow, but we're finally going to get our Phase 4 MCU kickoff with WandaVision here. Yeah. Yeah. Is Kat, is Kat Dennings just some random person that lives in this bizarre bubble? And then... She's not a scientist. Monica Rambo come in? Where's Monica Rambo come in? Man, uh, she, and she acts like she knows Wanda, but then Wanda's like, who are you? And she's like, I don't know. And I mean, it's, right. it's so odd. And then she gets thrown out. She gets thrown out of that whole fucking scene. We see a picture of her, like uh, a scene of her, like on the ground. She gets like, she gets thrown out of that community that Wanda's in. How does she show up there? And then, Kat Denning's character, like, why is she, why is she, like, why is Darcy there? Cause like, she's not a scientist. I don't know. Yeah. Strange choice. And she's in every episode too. So yeah, it, it is wild. The Kat Denning's thing makes no sense to me, but I think part of the allure of this show is not making a lot of sense on the surface. Yeah, it's like the closest thing that Marvel's done to like fucking Noah Hawley's Legion, yeah, in my opinion. Legion is, yeah. yeah, that's a great point. It seems like like they put all these extra characters around WandaVision, Wanda and Vision to kind of keep to to intentionally like Truman show her under control, and it seems like she sucks them into the the made up world she's created, and it fucks with them as much as it fucks with her. Because like when the the voice comes over the radio where they're trying to pull her out there's that scene where the the neighbor woman says um they're trying to help you and help us sort of thing towards it's almost like she's trapped inside this whole world with with wanda too yeah this is like the biggest psychedelic freak of all the shows and it's probably the most intriguing yeah, I mean, we see we see Vision showing up in like like the the nineteen fifties version, looking human, and 
And at one point she, she, she manifests a ring on her finger that she's married. So she's creating, she's, she still has somewhat control in this universe, right? Yeah. For all we know, she could have created all of this. I don't think so. I think that this is, I think that overall, this is something to try to contain her, but she still, she still has some sort of control over this. I don't know if she's created, if she's created all of this though. I don't know. I don't know. It does seem like there's some other force that's influencing what she's trapped in, but that could just be the twist for all we know. Mm -hmm. Mm. We've been recording for a while. I, we still have to talk about Spider-Man three. Let's take a break and come back and we'll, we'll try to, we'll dive into Spider-Man three. Awesome. Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt. And the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit. That freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that PopCultureLeftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. All right. Hey, we are back. It is. Hey, we're going to talk. I, we got we got a few more Marvel things to talk about. But uh, Spider-Man 3 news. Did they talk about Spider-Man 3 at all? That's like that's Sony's thing. They're not going to talk about Spider-Man 3 in this fucking thing. Uh, they, they talked about it just in the context that Doctor Str- they confirmed Doctor Strange would be in it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I got Spider-Man 3 news, and this news was dropped by the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, it's about the upcoming Spider-Man 3 movie starring Tom Holland. Alfred Molina is putting the metal arms back on to reprise his role as the villainous Dr. Octopus, sources tell the Hollywood Reporter. Molina turned... In a fan-favorite performance in Sam Raimi's 2004 sequel, Spider-Man 2, as Otto, Otto Octavius, a brilliant scientist turned eight-limbed villain who pushed Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man to the limits. Push it to the limits. <laughs> limit, limits. <laughs> okay, um... Molina's <laughs> push it to the it out of your system. I love it, man. Molina's involvement in the upcoming Spider-Man movie was first rumored last month when Geeks Worldwide reported the actor had been spotted on set. Molina's involvement ties together three generations of Spider-Man movies. Jamie Foxx is returning as Electro after playing the role in 2014's The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which starred Andrew Garfield as the Wall Crawler. While Molina's Doc Ock terrorized McGuire's version of Spidey, in October, Fox suggested a since-deleted Instagram post that three different Spider-Men could appear in the film. 
So there's not confirmation that all spider, all three Spider-Men will in fact be in the movie, but this move and the rumors have been leading to a lot of speculation. Um, I, I want to get your guys thoughts on this. I think, I think that, I think as far as all three Spider-Men showing up in the movie, I think that this will happen and I think it's, I think it will happen because Sony wants to make those movies important again. Especially after the Garfield movies, you know, after they dumped it after two films. I think, I think if you, if you involve Garfield in this movie and then of course Tobey Maguire and you have all three of them show up in the movie, I think this might actually make viewers want to go back and watch those, those films again or even watch them for the first time. It makes those movies important again. Uh, the, they were just completely abandoned. Yeah, and they can sell their brand new eight film box set as well next Christmas. I mean, it's just really marketable to do this. And we know that Sony's been trying to get like a Sinister Six <clears throat> together in a movie for a while, whether it's a Sinister Six movie or whether it's a Spider-Man movie that features a Sinister Six. And like combining these announcements with the fact that there is a multiverse this could be Sony pulling the Sinister Six together from past and current versions of the characters that they want to pull from. Oh, we liked we liked Alfred Molina. We liked him. Oh, we like we we do like Jamie Foxx. That that version of Electro sucked, but we like Jamie Foxx. <laughs> Understandable. They can pick and I like choose. Fox too. They can, yeah. They can cherry pick which fucking villains from which movies that they and 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 this gets this gives them an instant Sinister Six that they can pull together using this multiverse, using their past films, without having to set this all up again. What do you guys yeah, think? Makes makes perfect sense. And they can just kind of speed right into it without, like you said, le- you know, having six more movies lead into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can take the best from everywhere and just sprinkle it around into one movie and have the like the super team. Mm-hmm. There are kind of two things that worry me about this. One is that, you know, as far as we know. Marvel is only working with Spider-Man for one more solo film and one more, I think they use the term event film. So the multiverse always felt like a very good out for Sony to basically say, thanks, great job, Tom Holland's ours, we're going to the SUMC. And he'll you'll see him with Morbius Venom and all that stuff. So I'm seeing now this move to the multiverse after... The last Spider-Man movie, when I thought it was leading into like more of a, I don't know, like a Craven's Last Hunt, who knows? And now all of a sudden we're doing the multiverse again after seeing I mean, Spider-Verse, in my opinion, one of the top five superhero movies ever made. I love that movie. It was really good. Yeah, you're not, you're not, you're not going to make a better multiverse Spider-Man movie than that. I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm glass half empty, but I've been hearing all this news saying this is Sony setting up the chess pieces to get Tom Holland out. Um, no, whether it's one movie or two. I'm hearing the same thing. I, I'm, actually, I'm absolutely hearing the same thing. The the theory that this could you know end with Tom Holland's Spider-Man being sent out of the MCU universe and sent back into like this Sony universe 
where he's going to battle, you know, the likes of like Venom and Morbius and Craven and possibly Alfred Molina's Doc Ock and Jamie Foxx's Electro and Michael Keaton's Vulture. Is that, does that, but let's break that down. How, how do you do that? How do you do that? There's a lot more than just pulling fucking Tom Holland out of the MCU and pulling him into that universe. You're getting rid of an entire ensemble cast that they've been building in the MCU. What do, how do, how do you address Ned? Are you Jacob Batalon? Is he out of a job? Uh, is Zendaya gone now as MJ? Do we lose the current flash? I mean, this means no Marissa Tomei, Aunt May anymore. I mean, it, it could, it, what what are we looking at here? We is are we just pulling Tom Holland and putting him into another Spider-Man universe, and all these other characters are left behind? I mean, if you thought 2020 was fucked up, imagine being flipped away from Thanos for five years and then being ripped to an alternate reality along with your entire fucking school. Um, it's going to take a lot of storytelling to make that work. You're right because it's not just Spider-Man; it's Betty. It's Ned, it's Zendaya, it's everybody. Yeah. And it had, and, and at the end of the day, Peter Parker has to go back to high school and not seem like he's been through the apocalypse. Does he, does he go into the Garfield Sony universe and, and, and now he's got to meet his new Aunt May played by Sally Field? Oh God, no. <laughs> Never again. Never again with the Garfield first. Please no. Unless we get another montage with Mumford and Sons. I did like that part. Uh, Philip Phillips, whatever. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> tomato tomato yeah how, well how do you like is that what's happening here is that jake i mean eric like is that what's happening here are they is this eventually going to lead to sony because like we know that tom's you know just under contract for maybe i thought he was just under contract for one more movie so you're saying he's under contract for an, an additional event film as well I have to check again because it's possible that event film was Endgame, but I thought I, I thought it was one solo film and one event film. Whatever. Okay. You're, I think you're absolutely correct. I think that's what um, Kevin Feige said when they redid the deal was that it was one more event movie and one more Spider-Man movie. Mm. Hmm. I, I don't know how playing with the multiverse and everything now is going to lead to the next team-up movie or event movie of him leaving this version or this plane of existence for another one because it's not slated for for when is the next event film he can even be in slated we don't even know yeah yeah it's yeah. not a movie we know of yeah i mean you can basically look at a young avengers team based on all the characters throughout these series i mean and assume maybe spider-man's in that age group and maybe that's the last movie but we don't know yeah that's very unfortunate too because now that we know the fantastic four is coming i, I really want to see that spider-man human torch relationship on screen yeah for like maybe one movie yeah exactly well, here's the, the, oh go ahead i was gonna say if they do it like a young avengers america chavez is pretty young so yeah. if they threw her in there that's a good you know launch pad for him to to leave the universe that's a great point Oh, Ms. Marvel's the actor that they got for Ms. Marvel looks like she's fucking nine. You know, yeah, she's basically like three years old. God, no shit. <laughs> Went from nine to three there. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. I don't. Here, there's a lot. I don't know. There's a lot to 
consider if you're going to pull Tom Holland out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and have him strictly be over at Sony and not be a part of like what they've built over in, in the MCU now. I mean, you know, you got to think about Ned. You got to think about, you know, Zendaya's MJ. You got to think of all those characters. Like, how they can't get sucked into the multiverse with him and go with him. It's, I don't, how do you set that up? Is there a big birthday party for Peter Parker? <laughs> and he gets oh, all of his friends yeah. are gathered together and they all go into the multiverse together. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Or maybe they just ditched them. I mean, that's kind of a classic Peter Parker storyline that just everything he had and loves just gets ripped away from him and he's all by himself again. So Aunt May dies. I, I, I don't know. I don't that, that Not that these characters are dead, but they're, they're left in the other universe. He's just ripped out of their universe. That, 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 see, that's the thing. That's the thing. It, that's a lot to... You're saying goodbye to a you're saying goodbye to a lot of characters that people have loved over the years and 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 oh man I just think that that's a that's a hard thing to do and I think Spider Man's a light character and I'd argue the best part of the the most recent two movies is the ensemble cast I mean it really is yeah so, so it's hard to imagine a good Spider Man movie with Tom Holland and without Ned without Ned and, yeah. Everybody flash and uh, and like you know they just he just started a relationship with Zendaya and then I don't know how that happens like she ends up being either dead or in another universe or or what I mean maybe he goes to another universe for a few years and comes back I don't know I it's just yeah. here's the thing I've it's if you're if you're worried about him leaving which I am. In a way, I, I, I think money does talk and I think Sony should be very happy with the relationship that they've had with Marvel and I think they should keep everything go, going. But Disney insider Skylar Schuler, he's the editor in chief at, uh, the Diz Insider recently tweeted and this is all he said. Spider-Man isn't going anywhere. Mm. I mean, I don't know. Is that enough for me to believe? I don't know. Not really. I don't know. I don't know. Here's another thing to think about. So Tom Holland's 24. I'm not in any way suggesting. I mean, the guy's, he's a star now. Uh, But let's, let's look at this. Sony, how many more movies do they have with Tom Holland? I'd say maybe three at most. So are they going to connect? knowing you have Tom Holland for probably three more movies. You do one every other year. They have to sort of think, oh, if, if we're going to make this work with Tom Holland, who's our star, we have to connect him to Venom and Morbius as quickly as possible. Because once Tom Holland hits 30, 35, we just don't know how much longer he can play the character. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe the event movie that we don't know about is maybe he will you go to the Sony verse. Jake, you're, cut, you're cutting out, dude. You're cutting out. Oh, I got you. I'm saying maybe the event movie is him getting pulled back into the MCU four or five years later after being pulled into the Sony verse. Well, that, I, I, I even mentioned that. Like, could they? Could they? You know, could he leave for a while and then come back? Yeah, like America Chavez goes and gets him for one one last mission. Something like that. 
I don't know. Yeah. That's a lot. That movie has a lot to juggle. I mean, that's some heavy storytelling. As far as I knew, uh, last I heard that Amy Pascal was very happy with the relationship with Marvel, but here's the thing. She's not even at Sony anymore. No. The last time I heard, so like. No, that sandwich tosser's out. Sandwich tosser's gone. <laughs> <laughs> she was gone as soon as the lettuce hit Kevin Feige in the face from that sandwich he threw at him. Man. Uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens with the Spider-Man 3. I don't know. I, Oh, God, okay. I, I really it's weird because you don't know where they want. They do you don't what direction anyone's going, so you don't know what right. the end point is of this movie. So, I I don't know if is is there any validity to the rumors that Charlie Cox is also in the next Spider Man movie, or is that just complete bullshit? I want to know what Jake thinks. Oh, I believe it. I think the Charlie Cox could really happen. Jake, I mean, I, I, real quick, I want you to sign out and come back in, okay? Okay. <laughs> You're cutting in and out, dude. Yeah, we're going to jump into this Daredevil thing. I just want Jake to come back for it. He'll be back here any second. Was it just me, or was he, like, going in and out? No, he, no, was, he was. Yeah, totally. You guys sound great. Yeah. Hey, he's back. He's back. Jake, talk to me. Am I better? Am I better? Yeah, I think you are better. <laughs> we, I don't know yet. I'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell you some more fractured thoughts and you'll find out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you are. I don't know if you are. So, yeah, uh, this Charlie Cox rumor. Charlie Cox coming back. What do you think? Jake, why, why do you think this is happening? I just think Charlie Cox is a big fan of the character. I think he still wants to do stuff with the character. And... This is the perfect way to get him back into it. If we're already going to be pulling people from different movies and different timelines and different realities, then then why not? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, like there were rumors when the Jamie Foxx casting heated up again. Mm-hmm. That when you look at those original notes, so these are the notes that were unsolicited that Kevin Feige gave to Amy Pascal years ago about the Amazing Spider-Man 2, right? There were rumors that in Feige's notes, which he ripped Andrew Garfield, but that he specifically loved Jamie Foxx as Electro. Like, to each their own, but it, like the rumor was that, that Feige loved Jamie Foxx as Electro. What the multiverse does is it basically lets Marvel, Sony, whomever, just say, look, we like Jamie Foxx, we like Charlie Cox, we like Alfred Molina. A lot of people really like Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. I thought mm-hmm. he was great in the role. We're just going to use them again. Why not? And we can just explain that this is an alternate reality version of that character. Maybe it's the same one. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Well, we we, we already got fucking um, J.K. Simmons as J. Exactly. Jonah Jameson. And that's, that's it's a it's a dip, it's a different J. Jonah Jameson though. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if you look at J. Jonah Jameson in the Tobey Maguire movies, he's like you know the editor in chief at the Daily Planet. This one, he's more kind of like a. He's like an anchor man on a he's like a on a on a like a like a hardball or something like that. Like a, one of those shows where they're fucking exposing people or something. You know what I mean? It's a completely yeah. different kind of Ultra right wing media, like fringe fringe. Right. Media. Yeah. 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 So I think that's their vision there. Like, you know what? If we like somebody who's been in the role before, we're gonna use them again. 
It's just whether this, if, if it is Charlie Cox as Daredevil, it may not be the same Daredevil that we saw in the Netflix series. Well, that, yeah, that's true. The, the rumor came first from multi, uh, Murphy's Multiverse, and we got this rumor this week, it, it, and it went on to say Daredevil is about to be reborn in the MCU, the latest bombshell we've heard from several of our trusted sources. Now that Netflix shows are toast, Kevin Feige finally has his chance to envision the characters to fit his ever-growing sandbox of a multi-platformed universe. Murphy's Multiverse has learned that Charlie Cox, star of the beloved Netflix show, is set to make his grand debut in the MCU in the third Spider-Man film in a deal that has been set in stone for several months now. Cox spoke with comicbook.com last April, and due to the rampant fan theories of Matt Murdock helping Peter Parker get out of his conundrum, was asked if he had any involvement with Spider-Man 3, an idea he denied at the time. What happens beyond that appearance wasn't elaborated to us by any logical person would think that a series is slated at some point in the MCU's future. Unfortunately, Cox seems like the only figure salvaged from the Netflix wreckage at the moment, so any hope of seeing the rest of the cast is up in the air. But yeah, Daredevil got saved. And so this the rumor comes from Murphy's Multiverse. Um, this guy has not always been a right 100% of the time, but he has been right some of the time. And when he's not right, he does let everybody know, hey, take this with a huge grain of, a huge grain of salt. This is not like... We got this covered reporting shit. This guy, he was the, he was the guy who scooped, um, Echo showing up in the Hawkeye series. Right. He, uh, he scooped Ant-Man 3 announcements. Um, and, uh, he, he was the one that first scooped Peyton Reed was directing an episode of The Mandalorian. So he's not, but he's not always right all the time, but he has been right yeah. in the past. So, uh, we'll see. Well, yeah. Here's the even bigger thing, and this is what gets me so psyched about this. Why not bring back Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin? Why not? Do it. He's the best Kingpin we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. You can say he's a multiverse Kingpin or not. I mean, I think they probably would go with that route. Like, maybe it's ambiguous whether he's that Kingpin or not, because he beheaded someone with a car door. Let's be honest. It's not not good for the movie. But right. I think they very well could have an MCU kingpin, and it very well could be Vincent D'Onofrio, and it may or may not be the same one that we saw in the Netflix series. He still wants to fucking play that character. Who was the guy he who does. fucking came out and said he wanted to be the new, the big show? It was the big show. Yeah, that ain't gonna oh, fuck, fuck off. Uh, terrible. Eric, oh my god, I heard your groan. No, that, that's fucking terrible. Terrible. D'Onofrio's, he's, he's the embodiment of the kingpin um but, but can yeah, he fucking, fucking can if vincent d'onofrio comes back and plays the mcu's version of the uh, kingpin can he fucking i don't think he's going to be able to fucking stretch his legs the way he did in that fucking series no they're going to neuter they're going to neuter him yeah, when I heard Daredevil, the only reason I was on board now with Daredevil is because enough time has passed where I think that like the violence and what Daredevil had to do in the show has kind of wore down to where I think he could slide in to the MCU and be the PG-13 version. But the Kingpin, I think, has gone too far. I don't think he can. I don't but think he'll fit in the universe. But what if it's not exactly that Kingpin? 
Like it's it's Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. You're neutering him. That. You're neutering yeah. him now. Oh yeah, you yeah. may be neuter. Well, look, you're probably neutering him. I agree with you. You're taking that edge away. I mean, this is you know you're taking away a lot of the substance of like child abuse that he dealt with that would never play in a Marvel PG-13 movie. That being said, you're adding some other stuff in as well. You're adding in a lot more of sort of like a universe of wonder around it. Now you've got Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin maybe hiring super-powered characters to take out Daredevil. That's not anything like we've seen. I, I, I don't disagree with you. I just think it, it's possible yeah. that that's where they go with this. And, and also, look, if you're going to have Spider-Man face up against the crime syndicate, uh, you'd want it to be led by Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin, probably. I mean, that's it. No, there's too many big names already thrown in this to where I think there'd be too much of a power struggle between too many characters to put Kingpin in there. If you well, were to put Kingpin in... This movie. I don't think it's right. in this movie. I just think it's plausible that at some point they could bring him back. Yeah, they could. They could stick him in Blade. Like yeah, that they would they, That would be a dark... You know, him trying to control vampires and as the character that he is, trying to hire vampires to do certain things or super-powered beings for for whatever reason I think he would fit in there if they could make it R-rated Yeah, I mean if Sony's going to have a Sinister Six and I realize you know uh, from what I understand uh, Kingpin belongs to Marvel and not Sony anyway but yeah, if you're going to bring together the Sinister Six I have a hard time thinking it's Michael Keaton's Adrian Toomes who does that maybe maybe it is it just I don't even know that he hated Spider-Man at the end of that movie. It seemed like he had his back. Kingpin does belong yeah. to Marvel because that was uh, Kingpin was over at Fox, right? Right. And Kingpin, I guess they were, you know, even though he's shown up in you know Marvel as a Marvel as a Spider-Man villain, he's also been a Daredevil villain, and so I don't, yeah. Oh my god, I just I you know I love fucking Vincent D'Onofrio. I just don't want him to come back as a neutered bitch. No. Are you anti Charlie Cox returning for the same reason? I like 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 what is he gonna do? He's just gonna he's gonna defend Peter Parker in court. Is that all we're gonna get out of him? I mean, that's yeah. a pretty dark performance. I, I, you know, I don't know how well Charlie Cox's Daredevil plays in the MCU. There's nothing funny about that character at all. Yeah, it's, it seems hard to see those two characters playing off of each other. Like thematically, those shows are so different. So it would have to be an alternate reality version of the character, I think, for it to make any sense. I think, I think, yeah, yeah. everything that I've been reading is saying, like, you know, don't expect Charlie Cox to come back as the Daredevil. If he comes back, don't expect him to come back as the Daredevil that we knew from ne- from Netflix. He could be a different version. And that's the only way it would make sense, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how excited I am about that. I love Charlie Cox, and I love I loved his version of Daredevil. Like that, that first season of Daredevil and that fucking third season of Devil Daredevil are some of the best some of the best shit to watch on Netflix. Yeah, I love both too. Charlie Cox has a lot of range. I mean, he um, he was a much later character in Stardust, for example. You know, just cherry picking one. I think he could possibly play a very different Daredevil if he wanted to. Yeah, I'm not opposed to it, but I'm not like you know gung ho about it either. I am opposed to fucking Vincent D'Onofrio coming back and playing a neutered kingpin. <laughs> yeah. So do he they just fit. not go, do they not touch kingpin then? Do you think they just stay away? Stay, stay the fuck away from kingpin. 
I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know how they could fucking come to, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio and be like, yeah, this is the kind of kingpin we're going to want you to play. Are you going to be fine with this? He's like, when do I get to beat somebody to death? Yeah, when do I, yeah, when do I get to fucking slam somebody's head in a car door and fucking crack their skull? I want to be in Hawkeye and I want to rip Pizza Dog's spine out and beat it. Right. <laughs> Kingpin doesn't seem like a character that really works in the fantastical world that we've kind of created in these movies anyway, right? Like he worked uh, in those Netflix shows because it was kind yeah, of. He worked in, he worked, in, he worked in the fucking, he worked in the Sony uh, movie. With uh, the Spider Verse, yeah, 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 that's true. I'm just saying, like you could find different versions of the Kingpin that you want to roll with. It's just, I just, I if they get another Kingpin, I'm fine with that. I just don't want to see them fucking get a Kingpin. I don't want them to get Vincent D'Onofrio and then neuter him in this in this new version. I just can't see him any less than what he was because he played that character so well. The version of the character that he played, he played so well. I don't want to see a softer. And I don't care what you do. It's going to be softer than what we got in fucking Daredevil. Because that was an R-rated kingpin that we got in the in the Daredevil series. Hard to be harder than that in an MCU movie. Someone's phone is vibrating, right? Totally. It's not mine. It's not mine. Yeah, fuck off, Eric. It's yours. <laughs> Fantastic Four. Fantastic uh, Four. Fuck yeah. Holy shit. I, did this, I, this announcement blew me the fuck away. Yeah, I was not expecting this. I knew I we could have got a little bit more news on it, but it was cool they announced it. What do you think? John Watts, the director. I'm fucking John Watts. I mean, are you, like, come on. He's gotta be company man, right? I mean, come on. Like, I. I, I was a little underwhelmed. Yeah, not an I, I was thankful it wasn't choice. Peyton Reed. I'll be honest. Like I thought he was going to say Peyton Reed, and I went, "Oh, thank God!" But that's not an inspired choice. John Watts is no longer doing Spider-Man movies, then, right? After after Spider-Man three, he's done. So they're going to move him over to fuck. Is that more speculation that we're losing Tom Holland? Yes, I think so. I agree with you. It's they're keeping John Watts. He's not going to do Sony movies. He's more of an MCU guy. So, yeah, I think it's it's more proof that Tom Holland's not, not going to be around in the MCU. Fucking can't wait for Fantastic. I can't wait to see what Kevin Feige does with the Fantastic Four. Did you see the tweet out there? I can't remember who tweeted it, but like they call him the Fantastic Four because it takes four tries to get this fucking franchise right. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I don't want to see a fucking multiverse movie involving the Fantastic Four, I'll tell you that much. Hell no. I was excited when I saw that because I looked at the panel of all the things coming out and I saw that and She Hulk at the same time and I was like, oh my god, I wonder if they're going to mix the two up a little bit. That would be awesome. It could happen later on down the road. I mean, she has been a member. That could definitely yeah. happen. Yeah. Fucking! I, she, she replaces Thing, right? When Thing go, yes. gets lost in that like alternate reality or whatever the fuck. Yep. Yeah, Battle World. There you go. What do you think, John Krasinski, Emily Blunt? Is it going to happen? It's perfect casting. I would love that. I mean, if they're going to go that route, though, I wish they would have let John fucking direct the thing. 
Yeah, true. Oh, fuck. Oh, it's, it's gotta be hard to be an actor and director in the same movie. Even though he did it for A Quiet Place, it's still gotta be hard for a huge movie like this. Yeah, it's a different beast. You're right. You know, John Favreau did it in Iron Man, but he was just Happy Hogan. It's not like he was fucking, he wasn't playing Tony Stark. Yeah, he wasn't the lead. Right. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want, I would not want to see him direct it because there's so much focus. Hopefully, they put the focus on the first family being an entire family and not one particular character. Because if he's directing it, there's no way he can do that. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 that's rough, but man, I, I don't know if I'm excited about John Watts. No, hard to be. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I know. I, I mean, I know some people love Homecoming and Far From Home. I think they're, I think I, I gave Homecoming a taste it and I gave Far From Home a, a high taste. I enjoyed it a little bit more than, uh, than Homecoming, but I don't, I don't think they're spectacular films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, now, me and you are, I think, yeah. kind of outliers there, though. I think most people, most people uh, love them. Go goo goo gaga for those two Spider-Man yeah. movies. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. I very much am aligned with you. I'll, I'll say that my kids, for what it's worth, love those two movies. They're among their favorite MCU movies. Uh, they're very popular, I think, with younger, the younger crowd. My biggest thing is that my, my biggest problem with them, and I don't know if it is John Watts. But my biggest problem with those movies is that they is that they aren't and I guess this goes back to some of the biggest problems of Spider-Man movies. But they aren't they they don't feel like they're strictly Spider-Man movies. This has been my biggest problem, but then on the flip side, we've seen what Sony did with just Spider-Man movies and they fuck them up after after a few films. You know, it's like you get I I love Spider-Man, I love Spider-Man 2 and then Spider-Man 3 comes along which I mean, at the time when it came out, I loved it, and there's still stuff that I love about that movie, but it's, when you compare it to the first two, it's not as good. Um, I think that's what Spider-Man runs into. It runs into like, it just runs into that, uh, you get to the point in Spider, in the Spider-Man movies where you do need some of these outside influences from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I felt like they were too prominent in like the, in the, in the MCU movies. I felt like the the MCU element was too prominent that it that it didn't feel like it was a personal Spider-Man story. And even in this third Spider-Man film, we're getting the announcement that Doctor Strange is going to be in this one. So he's going to be like the third mentor that we've had in these movies. We still haven't gotten a strictly – we haven't been able to see Tom Holland just be Tom Holland Spider-Man without other Avengers showing up in these movies. And it's like – for me, I guess that's like a, that's that's a detriment in a lot of ways. But then on the flip side, we've seen what they've done without the MCU element, and it just kind of like they kind of like these movies run out of steam eventually. Fucking so much so that the Andrew Garfield movies ran out of steam after the second fucking film. They didn't know what the fuck to do after the second fucking movie. Is this a fucking? It's I, I I love Tom Holland's take on the character, but I've I've always thought of it this way. So. You know, we didn't see this on screen, nor do we have to, but he just lost his uncle. He just lost his father. Sure. Within the last couple of years, right? Yeah. So then he, you know, he, he meets Tony Stark and, and clearly Tony Stark in some way has to not take Uncle Ben's place, but he fills a void in some way, right? Mm-hmm. Now he loses Tony Stark. Okay. Now he finds Mysterio. 
uh, Mysterio might seem like a little bit of more of a mentor persona. And it felt like the, the sort of main message at the end of Spider-Man 2, uh, Far From Home, he makes his own suit. He's his own guy. This is who he is. I'm, I'm me. I'm Spider-Man. And it feels weird to me. Like, if Doctor Strange is there basically to say, like, here's a portal to a, the multiverse in which you can make more money for Sony, whatever. But if, if Doctor Strange is a mentor for him, it's like, for fuck's sake, you're like, what, when is this kid going to grow up? Like, right. you know, like, how many mentors does he need? Yeah, let's kick off the fucking training wheels and let's get the Spider-Man movie. Yeah, that's Excuse like me. the fourth fucking mentor for him. I mean, for God's sake. Movie after movie, he has a new mentor, and then the next movie, is he going to mentor Miles Morales, like, immediately? I do think that if if I'm Sony, and I'm not, but their long plan is as Tom Holland ages, you make a trilogy plus with Miles. Because then you get basically another 15 years of movies in the same storyline. I, I think that's exactly where this is going. <laughs> Casting Tom Holland as young as they cast him, like yeah. they, 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 it was the long game. They, they wanted to keep this guy around for a long time. Right. But if they get three more movies out of him, that's sick. That's a lot of movies. And he'll probably be 30, 31. Maybe they get a couple more after that. Yeah, but, but even, if he's, even if he's, even if he's, even if he's 30, 31, he could still probably play like he's fucking like in his 20s. Probably. And he's, you know, working for, think about it. Like he's still, he's fucking like 20 something now and he's fucking still playing a teenager. Yeah, but by the time Tom Holland is like, I'm just going to take 33 just for fun. Do you make a movie about Tom Holland who's 33 and might look 24? Or is it Tom Holland who looks a little older training a new actor who's playing a 17-year-old Miles Morales? That's what I wonder. I'm curious. And I'm talking like three movies later. From uh, And we've seen the character grow up in, you know, the comic books and... Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know. We'll see. What do you think, Jake? You're probably the biggest Spider-Man yeah, I mean, fan I, on here. I don't have a problem with that at all. I, I think some of the best Spider-Man stories take place when he's kind of in his 30s in the comic books. Like, you, I, I would love to see Tom Holland stay in that role for a long time until he's 40 years old. And I don't think it has when he's 30, he has to be a mentor to another character just because he's 30. I would love to see them. I would love to see like, okay, let's say we, they finish this trilogy. He does another trilogy after that. After that, I would like to see them do a fucking, um, superior Spider-Man where Alfred Molina, where Tom Holland, where Alfred Molina's Doc Ock invades his body and becomes He's superior. Like off. <laughs> well, it, you, if you've read superior Spider-Man by, by oh, Dan yeah. Slott, like, Doc Ock finds a way to cheat death and he takes over Spider-Man's body. Yeah, so that Tom Holland would still play the character. Tom Holland plays the character, as. but he's playing it as Alfred Molina. That could yeah. really help to age the character into a maturity that he's they're trying to avoid. Like yeah. when you hit that trilogy, you can make him go through all those steps and you can see the representation of the um, the Doc Ock version of Spider-Man. So when he comes back into his body at the end, you're going to look at him a lot more mature. Yeah. 
Yeah. I love how we started talking about Fantastic Four and now we're talking about fucking Spider-Man movies, six, seven movies down the line. You know, I don't, I don't, the third I, trilogy. I don't disagree with anything. Jake, I agree. There's a lot of great stories about Spider-Man, an older Spider-Man. I do think the odds are more likely than not that we see a live action Miles Morales in the next five or six years. It just seems like if it didn't happen, it's such a missed opportunity given how iconic that character is. I mean, they just launched the PlayStation 5 with the launch game being Spider-Man Miles Morales. But we haven't even gotten the second Miles Morales into the Spider-Verse movie yet. Uh, I know. I know. But I just think it's it just feels likely that oh, I, I'm saying like I agree. I agree. Like it seems I, like it seems inevitable like we'll get it. Sorry. No, it seems inevitable that we're going to get fucking Miles Morales live action eventually. But I think right now it's like we're working with Tom Holland. Where can we go with this character before we fucking You know, are are we are we introducing Miles Morales prematurely? But then on the flip side, it's well, like we had a comic book called Spider-Man. So you know, I feel like if Disney I mean, owned it, Spider-Man proper, Miles Morales would already be an, an announced Disney Plus show. Yeah. Yeah, with yeah. the announcement. No, no question. I mean, yeah. if you think about, like, all these Spider-Man movies being about his growth and attachment to teachers, him becoming a teacher at some point, a, a mentor mm-hmm. to another character makes good sense. It's just a matter of when. Uh, you know, can you see, can you see Tom Holland Spider-Man telling Miles something that Tony said to him? Like, like that kind of moment when he, I don't know what line he would say, but, you know, him saying like, hey, you know, when I started this, I remember Tony Stark telling me blah, 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 or, or depending on the licensing of Marvel, you know, someone really important to me told me blah, 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 you know. Well, I can Hey, see- Miles, I'm not trying to hug you. I'm just trying to roll the window up. Right, right. Uh, the I more can- we talk about Spider-Man, the more I think that they've dropped the ball capitalizing on his youth and growth of, as a hero over the last couple of films to where we're finally going to get the live action multiverse Spider-Man and how great would it be if they could shoehorn Miles Morales into that from another dimension you know a, a, an older Miles Morales and you could have four different Spider-Men and then have a post credit scene of once all the other Spider-Men go to their own universes that Peter Parker runs into an even younger Miles Morales before he's even got the powers it's to be like, I wonder if we get Toby back. I wonder if he dies. Well, it seems like that's all about closure. Like we really never got closure yeah. for Toby Maguire's spider. At least didn't feel like it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just going to be like the happy ending where they all return to their respected universes. There's got to be a little bit of tying some knots, huh? Yeah. You know, Toby's going to have a bad. Night. Yeah. You're cutting out, Greg. He's going to have a bad bath. He's going to say something like, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man has a bad bath, for sure. Well, don't you think that Tom Holland Spider-Man is going to be freaked out that the fucking Tobey Maguire Spider-Man has organic webs exactly. coming out of his fucking yeah, hands? <laughs> yeah, ooh, gross. <laughs> I think he'll be more freaked out that the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man is such an emo douchebag. He'll be like, what a yeah. pussy. I have been such a pussy in another universe. 
I hope that Andrew Garfield is still not listening. I would love it if if a big ga- a running gag in the movie was the characters just shocked at what an immense pussy Andrew Garfield Spider Man is in that movie. Like it's just gag after gag. It's what a pussy he is. <laughs> He's probably sitting at home right now, going or tomorrow, like oh they uh, yeah. pop culture leftovers uploaded the. The news about me, I gotta hear what they have to say, yeah. and then you're just calling them a you, pussy. Fuck you, Andy Greg. Fuck Andy Greg. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's gonna put That's some hair gel under your fucking door handle. <laughs> last thing, let's drop. Uh, last thing I want to talk about is uh, we did get, uh, and this is like not Marvel, this is not, uh, this is not uh, Star Wars, anything like that. Uh, Willow series, it's happening. Yeah, it's exciting. Like two years from now, right? We're getting it. I think so. Yeah, it's official. It's happening. Who do they get? As, who do they get as the director on this fucking thing? I should have all this. Oh <laughs> shit! At one point, I knew. <laughs> well, let me look this up. Willow series. So Val Kilmer's cancer is kind of under control. I don't think he's coming back, man. I wouldn't. Oh, I would imagine he's coming back. Twenty two, uh, twenty twenty two release date. So yeah, two years from now. Um, who's in charge of this thing? I, I, I can't remember. I, I'm trying to look it up too, and I can't find shit. Yeah classic podcasting right now. The pilot for the sequel series will be directed by John M. Chu of Crazy Rich Asians fame. Beyond that is in development and the pilot director. Little is known about the series or where the story will lead. Ron Howard, an executive producer on the series, describes it as a creative lean forward rather than a nostalgic throwback. Willow, played by Warwick Davis, will return Davis is also a Star Wars alumni. Yeah, um, what do you think? What do you think? What are you? What are they going to do here? Well, uh, it's going to be like every other fucking thing where you would expect, you know, thirty years down the road that Willow would be like this accomplished mage, this accomplished wizard. Uh, what? What? Uh, you know, what are they going to do? They're, they're going to do what they always do. He's going to be a joke. Right, he hasn't accomplished anything. It's gonna be like Bill and Ted oh. face the music, where they haven't done shit. It's gonna be like Luke fucking running away to fucking Octu and being a huge pusshole in uh, Star Wars. He's he's gonna be a fucking joke, Willow. Right? Yeah, Greg's gonna hate this. Not my Willow. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of getting. I'm, <laughs> they did. It's 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 all they can do in these stories anymore, and it's not surprising anymore what they do. Of course he's not going to be a fucking accomplished wizard by the time we meet him in the in this Willow revival, you know, series coming to Disney Plus. He's going to be a joke. Whatever whatever he did, you know, he can't uh, he, he's past the point where he can hang his hat on being like the savior of all these people and what he did 30 years prior. He's probably he's probably retired or he's not a magician anymore. Oh, I'm I've left that behind me. I'm not that guy anymore. I'm a family man. I'm a, I'm a carpenter. Yeah, and then but some something happens and it pulls him out of it. It's gonna pull me out of retirement. Something happens and I gotta I gotta I'm back. I got I'm back now. His kids die or some shit, you know. 
I don't know. I, 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 don't know. I love Willow, but what are you going to do other than that? Right? They do the same yeah, shit all they, the fucking time. Made this 15 years ago, probably, before now. Am I, am I, am I, am I just being, am I being a pessimist here? Cause this series, I mean, I love Willow. I'm hoping the series can be great. I've all, I have wanted a Willow series, you know, or a Willow sequel for a long time. But then I think about like what they're going to do with it. And it's just, it's the same shit they do every fucking, with every series. The Bill and Ted guys haven't written the song yet. And they're fuck ups. You know, fucking Luke Skywalker fucking saves the universe and then fucking runs away because he can't train his fucking nephew. And fuck, you know what I mean? I, I think, wonder if it'll be a meta yeah. thing because it, it'll almost be like, uh, you know, because Widow commercial, I don't know, I think commercially, I know critically was a failure. Yeah. You know, so would it be sort of like, uh, hey, you know, people expected a lot more from you and just it never, it never clicked, but. I, I own Willow on digital. I've watched it probably in the last six months. Um, and it feels weird to move on without um, Val Kilmer's character and without uh, his love interest. I think her name was Sorsha. Yeah. Um, it just seems odd that there would be no connection. And I understand given the, what Val Kilmer is going through, I don't think he can really speak all that much anymore. Poor guy. He's going to be in Maverick, but like I can't see him fucking taking on the role of Mad Mardigan again. No, and you know the actor that played Burglecut is dead. Yeah, and uh, there's still a lot that they can do. I'm being very pessimistic about this because I just see like I I don't think Hollywood has any original ideas anymore. Sometimes, and I think you know like, what though with a character. That- Go ahead. Sorry, they play those credits and that score. I'm totally in. Yeah. I just think. I'm I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I just think that Hollywood is just so out of ideas when it comes to certain things, and especially with like revival things, they just try to subvert our expectations. But are they really subverting like what <laughs> our expectations when they just do the same thing over and over and over again? They give us a character that like they just show us that they haven't turned into what they what we thought they would have been. Is that, is that, yeah, you, how, how, how interesting is that at the end of the day when we see it done with every fucking character? Am I wrong here? No, it's, it, it has been kind of played out. Could we, like, is the, there is a zero chance. There is a, there is a fucking ice cubes chance in hell that we're going to see fucking Willow be this master magician. By the time, oh. by the time we visit this, that is not going to happen. Part of me has to wonder if a lot, the reason why this is happening is because, does anyone know offhand when we're going to see Amazon's Lord of the Rings series? Next year, right? Next year, right? Is this Disney saying, Amazon's coming out with this fucking multi-bazillion dollar Lord of the Rings series. We need something in the fantasy genre. What properties do we have? Oh, Willow. Great. That's the most recognizable sort of fantasy property we have. Greenlight Willow for the same time that fucking Amazon does their Lord of the Rings thing because we can't risk subscribers to Amazon. Uh, I wonder if that's what's going on here. Trying to compare, I can't like imagine the- Willow's pulling away anyone. Oh, yeah, no, no. Lord of the <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying, like how some fucking executive at Disney is going to think. You know what I mean? They're going to think like, oh, Amazon's doing this. We have to have counter programming for that, and 
what properties do we have that are in that genre? Have they done? Has has Disney done anything with Willow other than that fucking Nintendo video game? Has there been any like Willow comic books or stories or novels or anything? Not a shred of merch, even. See, that's a Willow what's parody. A Willow oh, porn God. parody. <laughs> but I don't think that was Disney. Is, that wasn't was that called Pillow? And it was <laughs> it was just a guy dressed as Mad Mardigan fucking yeah. a pillow, biting a pillow. His name was Mad Fardigan. He used to fart in women's faces. It was a weird niche. Like, people are into people are into that kind of thing. Oh, the sequel is Mad Shardigan, and he would shit. <laughs> all of it. The German Scheiße Hessen. Yeah. Pants. Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I, I, yeah, if, if, try, I don't, that's a stretch if if you think that fucking Disney is thinking like this is going to be their next Lord of the Rings because they have done nothing with this. <laughs> they, there's like, if you think of Lord of the Rings, you think of like the world that Tolkien built and like the, just the, the, just the massive world that Tolkien built and like where you could go from there. They have like, <laughs> Next to Willow's one movie. Willow's one movie. One poorly performing movie. And I was, well, here's another one too. Tolkien built, a, Tolkien built a whole world and that Willow built a parking lot. <laughs> well, if even. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Disney also tried The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which failed. They could not get through. And that would have, well, that was Disney, wasn't it? I don't know if that, I don't think that that was Disney. Okay. Well, I know they hope to get through whatever eight books, and they got through three, I think. But. Yeah. Who who made those Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe movies? Disney. Uh, well, th- yeah, Disney. There did they? Go. Disney wow. did yeah. that. Oh yeah. my so god! That's another one where they and I think that was in response to the popularity of Lord of the Rings. They're like, what do we have? And that's probably the best, the next best thing to Tolkien to see us. They were friends, you know. But they couldn't, you know. I think by the by movie three, they were they weren't making any money. Yeah. Oh my god. Hmm. I don't even know what story I want to see out of Willow. Like, what can they tell us that they didn't already tell us in that universe? Well, the the the, the kid has now grown up, right? The fucking the little baby has grown up, right? No. That's 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 it. That's all I got, Eric. I'm fucking trying, bro. I'm fucking. I, I know. <laughs> but, yeah, but to your point, Brian, other than Willow's, like again, with Mad Mardigan, presumably not in the story, maybe. Um, like Willow's, what's happened to him in terms of being a wizard is probably what you want to know, right? He's still tossing acorns that turn people into fucking stones, right? Probably. <laughs> oh, he probably has sure. not progressed past that. Uh, I mean, I guess like I guess we're like we're going back to his fucking little village and shit. It's yeah. it's going to be a passing of the torch, right? We're going to be be introduced to another fucking, you know, person from his village. That has to go on a journey. He's going to be the version. Remember, like the fucking uh, the guy with the wonky eyeballs that was the wizard of his fucking tribe. Yeah. The fucking you know he's like you know the finger thing. What, what did he? What did he? 
which finger leads to the future, and we're all giving it the middle finger. Yeah, I mean, I mean, is Willow going to be that guy in the, in there, and it's going to be a passing of the torch? Here's another interesting question. <laughs> Hold on, this is what they're going to do, which is real original. They're going to it's it's going to be the passing of the torch, and it's going to be a female lead this time. Uh, well, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't think, I don't think Hollywood has ever fucking come from that angle before, Greg. I'm going to, I'm going to add to that <laughs> because this is where it gets even worse. So does Dallas Bryce Howard work on this series at all? You know, oh, so for sure. So Ron Howard's daughter, who's been working on the Mandalorian with Disney, does she fucking, is she working on this at all? Um, it would make sense. And then I'm not, again, I'm not stereotyping in any way, but then a female lead, you know, showrunner director etc would make sense i i i just i don't know i mean are they going to take that completely original route where they get a female lead taking over a franchise i don't i don't know if it's ever been done before this seems yeah, like it's, it's definitely a bold a bold direction it seems like we're we're, we're, we're fucking going into <laughs> new territory here <laughs> i don't know you can call the series willow but I don't know. Are they going to go this completely new route that Hollywood has never done before? And I'm not knocking female leads. I'm just saying I think Hollywood is out of ideas is what I'm saying here. I think like no Especially matter – When it comes to remakes and reboots. They don't, yeah, they don't know what they're doing. I don't think they do. I mean I, I, I really have to be blown away. I really want this fucking series to blow me away with the direction that they're taking it in because I do love the fucking – I love the original movie. I think Willow is one of those fun fantasy movies movies from when I was a kid and I I just I want them to take this in a completely new and original in an original story. I feel like they're either going to go the route that Willow didn't turn into the you know the wizard that we all thought he should be by this time or they're just going to pass the torch to a female lead. Hollywood is out of ideas. Give me wanna, something new for God's well, sake. How about this? What what if they took it in a just I'm just thinking of what would be new and fresh and different. So Willow does become a wizard. Yes. And he becomes all powerful and he becomes a tyrant. Willow is the villain of this story. Fucking love it. I love he's, that. I fucking love it. Cruel yeah. wizard. Yeah. And the story is about, I forget what fantasy land it's called, rising up to overthrow Willow from his, to remind him of where he came from. Uh, like I'll watch that shit. It's a very different turn, but yeah, you can see that. I fucking love that. I, I, out of everything that we fucking thrown out here, I love that the most. Yeah. And then Willow's throwing acorns from like a big parapet, <laughs> like down on the nights, and the acorns are turning into boiling oil and fucking dragons. <laughs> we just we have a fucking we have a, Willow against an army. And he's got a big fucking basket full of acorns. Fucking, he's just an acorn tossing tyrant, right? <laughs> It's like it's like at a county fair when you're throwing baseballs at those clowns that you knock over. It's Willow. Yeah, one fucking after the fuck acorn, 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 motherfucker. I love it. I fucking love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I, I love Willow. I hope they do something fun with it. I'm, I've, I've just honestly, I've been so upset with some of these fucking like revival movies that have come out lately, and I'm. I'm I thought Bill and Ted faced the music fucking was terrible. It was, it was bad. It was Absolute bad. garbage. I will. I, I, it's one of those movies where it's like, I will never watch it again based on the fact that I feel like it, it just ruined the entire franchise. The music sucked in that movie. It was terrible. They fucking, he went back in time 
and he fucking picked up a fucking cave woman to play the drums. <laughs> that movie was so bad. And then they reunited humanity, not even with a song, with like a melody. <laughs> No, it was fucking terrible. You, you, I could, I, I never, and I made the joke before the movie ever came out that, oh, it's just Bill and Ted. It doesn't matter what they do in the third movie. They can never ruin the franchise. They did. It's like you dared them. I, I dared them. They were like, hold my beer. <laughs> you think they could have went back and got like fucking Neil Peart or something like that cave woman. Yeah, they, uh, some woman named Gronk or something. I can't. What was her name? Gronk. Yeah, she's way way better than Neil Peart. <laughs> oh my god! Bill and Ted face the music. Bill and Ted can go. <laughs> oh, it's just fucking. It was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. Did you watch it, Eric? Have you seen it? <laughs> we we I got the whole family together as it was coming out. We watched the first movie. Mm hmm. And then we watched the second movie a couple days later. Yeah. And then I listened to your review and I told them we're not fucking to watch it. Guys, that is all I have. I don't know. I mean, I, here's the thing. I, I, most weeks we get on this show and it seems like in 2020, like we come in here with like limited news and, um, I just want to say, like, it felt good to actually just come in here and have so much news to report on. Um, <laughs> it, it's a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot for me to fucking digest and try to fucking process over two days of doing this show. So I hope that everything came out okay. It, it's just a lot of news that came out this week and, and, uh, so I hope, I hope people enjoy you this used one. those brain muscles in a long time. It's been a long time. I haven't had to put a lot of work into, you know, I put work into these episodes, but I haven't had to put work like this into these episodes in a long time because we haven't had anything of this magnitude come out for, it feels like forever. It feels like forever. We haven't had announcements like this come out. You know, just just so much, so many massive announcements coming out. And I'm sorry that we didn't cover everything. I'm not covering every little fucking, we're not going to cover the Chippendales Rescue Rangers thing. Jake, I know you would love to, but we can't. I just don't have time for Chippendales Rescue Rangers and all the Pixar stuff that they announced. And some of it does look like it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to give some of this stuff a chance. I hope that fucking Chippendales movie's good. I just, Jake, anytime it's that live action hybrid shit where we get with the Smurfs and the Alvin, Simon, Theodore, the chipmunks and shit, it, it always turns out like garbage. Yeah, like Sonic's the outlier, basically. It's really the only time if they've ever got it to work. Sonic was fun. Sonic was fun. I don't love it as much as most people, but man, I still, I didn't hate it. I had, I liked that movie a lot more than I thought I did, than I thought I would. So yeah, it was fun. Sonic is that one movie that kind of like worked. And we can all, we can all go back and say who framed Roger Rabbit, but come on. Yeah, the great Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. Did that. Um, yeah. Bed, bed knobs and broomsticks, sir. I love Bedknobs. I love, oh, that movie, god damn it, Bedknobs and Broomsticks from my childhood, like, captured my imagination. It was the first time I had watched a movie with live action cartoon hybrids, and I was like, it, that movie fucking blew my mind. Angela Lansbury, right? Angela fucking Lansbury. Yes, yeah. Murdy, she fucking wrote. 
Yeah. By the way, I totally, you did an amazing job given a ton of news in a very short period of time. I did write four pages of preparatory notes on Sister Act 3 that should you discuss it in a future episode, I'd love to be a part of that. Oh my God. Yeah, they did announce Sister Act 3. Whoopi Goldberg coming through. I don't know. I, I don't think I ever watched Sister Act 2. Back in the habit? Check it out. I've never seen. I don't I think I've ever. It. Seen. Stay away. I, know that I, was one. I think the last Whoopi Goldberg movie. Well, maybe Ghost, but before that was Jumpin' Jack Flash. <laughs> we'll be talking Whoopi Goldberg next week, so settle down. What's she in? What's she doing? She's in the stand. Big role. She's in the stand. I know, and I know. Yeah, she was in. She was in Star Trek. I know. Chill the fuck out, you Trekkies. Jesus Christ! Was like, that was like thirty years ago. Yeah, though. chill the. I know, but they're still. Yeah, they're still out there fucking yelling at me. And she was in Star Trek, Brian. I know. Chill the fuck out. All right, live long and fuck off. Yeah, she's our new mother, Abigail. In uh, in the stand. Yep. Huh. Yeah, that comes, are they dropping all those episodes or are they doing it week to week on CBS All Access? I don't know how that's working. I guess if it's only one episode, we won't see her. I gotta subscribe to fucking CBS now to watch that. God damn it. I, I got you, Greg. Hit me up on the low. I'll, I'll, I'll trade you for um, some other streaming service that I have. Yeah, let's do it. Is there, that's, that's what's funny is the excitement level for subscribing to certain services. Like people are excited to subscribe to Disney Plus now. And then you find out about a good show coming out possibly on CBS All Access and you're just like, ah, fuck. Now I, now I gotta subscribe to that. <laughs> hey, Greg, a premium? Uh, no comment. <laughs> well, hit me up after the show. All right. I'm not sharing shit with you because I don't want you to go to my favorites. What do you think? I would love it if Pornhub Premium had an investor call just like Disney did. That'd be great. <laughs> 69 <laughs> announcements. Yeah. For years, amateur porn has captured the imagination of millions. I am proud to announce that starting next month, we are expanding our collection of amateur pornography. <laughs> Just that very stilted. And then they movie. pan, like they actually the pan the camera down for the guy making right. the announcement and he's fucking someone. Yeah, a little, uh, <laughs> he's like, a, little, a picture in picture pops up and you just see, ah, Yeah. Ah. It's like, oh my God, the fucking guy making the announcement is an amateur porn star himself. This is blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Announcing all the new like celebrity leaks they have of sex tapes and stuff like that that we shouldn't be able to watch, but we can. Speaking of leaks, <laughs> look at this guy jizz all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> that family is out. Freeze her in. <laughs> all right, we are. I think. I think that. I think we're done, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pornhub jokes. Time to go. Yeah. Funimation bought Crunchyroll, Jake. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know what I don't know what is going to happen. I'm worried. I hope I hope I, it I hope it turns out to be good, but I am worried. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Are both streaming services still going to exist? Are I know. I mean, I've one. Yeah, I've been loving Crunchyroll Originals, and I don't want to see those go away. So not that I'm completely anti Funimation. They have a lot of great stuff on there too. Yeah, I'm not. I know, but but Crunchyroll Originals that have been coming out have been fantastic. So I don't want to like, you know, Tower of God and, and, uh, you know, some of these country world originals have just been absolutely amazing. I don't want to see them, you know, go the way of the dodo bird. 1.2 fucking billion. I never would have guessed that much. That's a lot. 
Holy shit, that's a lot. God, Greg, thank you so much, sir. It's Handy Greg. Oh, Handy Greg, thank you so much, <laughs> you handy son of a bitch. <laughs> Hands on with Handy Greg coming to Pornhub in 2022. There you go. <laughs> Eric. Videos of me beating my tiny penis over and over again. <laughs> Very violently. Yeah. Eric, thank you so much. How long has it been? It's been like two years since we had Eric on. Yeah, I, I don't remember when it was. I'm not keeping track, but for good reason. For good reason. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm. Kid- I've always. I Jake. I've always said I've wanted Eric back. Yeah, Eric's good. I ask for him every week, and you're like, no. I, I know. Say, you know, you've asked Brian, but you never, you never took action to invite him back until now. I just. I, I think they got the listener base back that they lost when they had me on last time that they thought they could have me on again. <laughs> yeah, and we lost them again. So we'll find that out. Guys, just like Augur left. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Greg. Just like Augur left over saying the doggy bags. Thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with episode 360. See ya. Later. Now, we're up to our long distance dedication. And this one is about kids and pets and a situation that we can all understand, whether we have kids or pets or neither. It's from a man in Cincinnati, Ohio, and here's what he writes. Dear Casey, this may seem to be a strange dedication request, but I'm quite sincere, and it'll mean a lot if you play it. Recently, there was a death in our family. He was a little dog named Snuggles, but he was most certainly a part of... Let's come start again. From coming out of the record. Play the record, okay? Please. <clears throat> See, when you come out of those up-tempo goddamn numbers, man, it's impossible to make those transitions. And then you got to go into somebody dying. You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what the hell they do it for, but goddamn it, if we can't come out of a slow record, I don't understand it. Is Don on the phone? Okay, I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a fucking up-tempo record every time I do a goddamn death dedication. Now, make it, and I also want to know what happened to the pictures I was supposed to see this week. This a god, last goddamn time, I want somebody use his fucking brain to not come out of a goddamn record that is, uh, that, that's up-tempo, and I gotta talk about a fucking dog dying. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. Ready like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before We don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Gonna toss it, gonna take it Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean it, race it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over counterculture pushovers Pop culture Leftovers Cool kids, what's to say has already been said. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture.
leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and we're the shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Toss it, good and taste. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over. Counterculture push over. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.